hot time, I said Booster When in cheese is time, man, I said Booster Leave that elsewhere behind, there's no need to be unhappy Booster If it's blood that you see, I said Booster There's a place you should be, you can't stay there With poison ivy, both of you You're heading off to the sanctuary The next stop is the sanctuary yeah. You watch out, kill himself You were chained in a cave This isn't how you should be Me amigos, it's time to get weird in here with a bunch of books this week from DC Comics. I'm America's sweetheart, Eric Shea. And I'm Jim Warner. And you're currently listening to the Weird Science DC Comic Podcast, episode number 176. Hello and one and all and welcome to the Weird Science DC Comics Podcast, the official and official podcast of WeirdScienceDCComics.com for the week of May 19th, 2018. Eric, you're sounding a lot better. Oh, than yeah? you did last week, you ended up getting a mic. You heard the, the word on the street. A new that mic. Your beginning section sounded like crap. You got a new mic and now you sound better than me, you son of a bitch. We're proud members of the Comics Podcast Network, proud. the Weeby Geeks Network, proud. the Batman Podcast Network, and the proud. Tangent Bound Podcast Network. Proud. You can find us on Facebook. It's a new thing I'm working at, Facebook. I don't like it's, it. Uh, it's a uh, bunch of people who ride pace cars. It's just for them, Eric. It's like oh. those weird dating sites that you have, you know, very particular things. I don't know things. what pace cars are. Pace cars, yeah, you know, and, and then car racing, the, oh. the auto racing. Facebook on at Weird Science DC Comics, Podbean at Weird Science DC Comics at Podbean.com, on Twitter at Weird Science DC, and we have a website, WeirdScienceDCComics.com. Eric, I'm going to apologize right now to everyone. I did not take any Adderall the last two days, and oh, I am not my. feeling well. They call that withdrawal. That's cool. Exactly. Certain, <laughs> certain people would call that withdrawal. I just call it I'm very tired and I have jumbled thoughts. We took the night off normal. last night. So we didn't have to record anything. Did you get back on a regular sleep schedule? I, I told people on the Patreon uh, news podcast that I fell asleep at 7 p.m. and didn't wake up until uh, this morning at 11, Good. which showed me I think my body needed some rest. I yes. went into work and said to you, you know, I have not gone to bed earlier than, say, 2.30 or 3 o'clock a.m. for the last month, and I get up at 6.30. And yep. I thought that basically once I stopped taking the animal, if I did, I would die. I actually, that's the only thing that was keeping me alive. That and caffeine. Sweet, it's sweet not the drugs. case. It's not the case, but I, I told everybody on the Patreon deal, say no to drugs, kids. Agreed. We have a Patreon account, Eric. I don't know if you're aware of that. It's at patreon.com slash weird science, where we have a lot of shows, a weird science pop culture show on there. We have news shows, other review shows, all this stuff. But we also have and a more. Patreon spotlight each and every week comes out on Thursday. And the two books on that are picked by the badasses of the Get Fresh crew on boop, the Patreon boop. account. Boop, boop. And this week they picked the Brave and the Bold, Batman and Wonder Woman number four, and New Challengers number one. So if you want to listen to those, you can go over to the Patreon account. But there's also something else, Eric. Don't, don't, uh, more. don't say yes. And there's more. Uh, if you act now, you can go over and listen to the special Patreon spotlight, which is Batman number 47. 
And with that, we said that we had gotten a lot of flack for being negative about Batman, uh, almost saying that we were saying the same, you know, things over and over again. People are getting sick of it. So if you want to hear that, I know it's not really pushing you to go over there, but if you want to hear us lose our minds about Batman, you have to go over to the Patreon. Who knows? That would Maybe be we're Batman. positive about it now. Who That'll knows? be Batman number 47. I, I told you, uh, as a little special deal. Hey, don't act yet, because <laughs> you're going to get more. Uh, this week on that, I am going to tell everybody on the Patreon what my evil plan is of having that Batman on the Patreon. There is a real – there's an underhanded evil plan, Eric, that you don't even know about. I got an idea. But, uh, you may have an idea, but you may not. Maybe my idea is I – I don't know. I, I, I can't even make up something. I think I told you the idea. I already, think you did. So I don't know why I'm playing that game. We also have a regular spotlight that comes out on the regular feed of where you're going to be listening to this podcast. So if you want to hear this, uh, you can just go to the regular feed one show before this one, Eric. It's amazing how that works. And that, that this easy. week's spotlight is Aquaman number 36 and Harley Quinn, Harley Loves Joker number two. It's a double shot because Reggie was going away for the weekend. We had to record with him earlier. And He's sightseeing in DC do that. today. He is. So basically we said, okay, we'll get Reggie's books and put that on the regular spotlight so those Easy will not peasy. be included now if you're if you're playing at home and counting that shows you that there are eric one two three four five five books not on this podcast a podcast that will feature one two three four five books one, so two, three, really four, this five one two three four five six seven eight nine no no, 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 no we don't uh, have that we, many I don't know. I don't want to. That's false advertising. But Eric, since we are talking about that, we're talking about the Patreon account and all that's going. There are the people that we like to call the badasses. And this is the badass roll call. Here we go, Eric. It's starting up. I'm going to raise the level a little. I'm telling you, I have not had problems with the levels in a while. I'm going to pinch it up a little as I go through this. And here we go, Eric. I, I'm, I'm delaying because I have to bring it up. We have Ron Freelich. Welcome, Ron. Uh, he is a new badass. We have Kenny Benjamin. <laughs> T-Funk. We have Larry Sick. Josh Vermillion. Abuse Mom in the Verizon Hole. Aldrin Stoja. All New Date. Demon. Havlin. Mark Roberts, which is Batman Beyond Mark. I told you I messed something up, Eric. G-Man. Manship. Brandon. Bobby Bain. Reggie Hancock. Andrew and Belfast. Fred, Fred Atine. Another new guy. Bill Beer. Eric G. Cellar Dweller. Danny the Street. Luis. Zach. Ulysses Jones T, Hakeem, Double A, Ron Monty, Simon, Swanee, Anthony G, Dave J, Ian, Missy T, Rob Lewis, P from NYC, Lone Wolf Marv, Jazz, Ruben, Ruben. and the OG Christopher Hyden. Thank you guys. And I'm telling you, as new people join in, if I mispronounce your name or you want to be called something different, let me know. I know some people don't like me butchering their names, but that, that's how I roll. I I, I'm not a not a smart no, man, uh, and I have problems. Also, it's funny too. Going, you're like like you're not a smart man. We sit there and we get these new badasses come in. All right, Eric. How do you think I we pronounce there, this? How's it spelled, Jim? How's it spelled? And he's spelled <laughs> out. Like, I have no idea, Jim. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm like, we're both dummies. Yeah. And with that, really, we're we're talking about you, Ron, Phonics works and for you, me. Fred. Fred, like, is this Fred a teen? Fred a ten? I don't know. He's a ten to me, Eric. That's Ooh. what I say. But yeah, uh, we we sit there and try. And usually, when I think I know, uh, you know, I I get the idea. I think it's this. It's never that. Well, it's that's what that. it is. Whenever it's I have a 50 shot, I screw it up every uh, time. It's, it's the worst. I always do. I always do as well. It's like when I thought about, should I do this podcast with Eric or not? 
I, I picked the wrong one. He chose, he chose poorly. poorly. <laughs> but as we end this section and get on to the books, I do want to mention we also have the Weird Science, I'll say it, Marvel Comics Podcast. I just Ooh. bit my lip. Oh, we all heard. The Weird Science Marvel <laughs> Comics Podcast. It's bleeding now, and I'm going to – you know when I bite my leg, I get an ulcer. This is just nonsense. Weird Science Marvel Comics Podcast that will be coming out every Monday. We're going to be dealing with the Fresh Start books. It is me, Eric, and Brandon. Brandon Murray. We found out last week, Eric. We found out the secret. I still don't know if he wants to know out that. Of the bag. Uh, Brandon, me, and Eric are doing that. It comes out every Monday. We're going to be centering on and focusing on the Fresh Start books. Uh, the first episode, we did the Avengers number one. Last week, we actually did Venom number one and the free comic book day, Amazing Spider-Man. And this week, coming up this Monday, we will be talking about Avengers number two. But yeah, if you go, that is on a separate feed. All free, you know, free podcast, regular weird, deal. Weird Science and comics, Marvel blog, comics podcast. Yeah. Marvel. Now you're just now you're just being a nonsense, and you're really weird. DC Dahmer books. It's it's weird science Dahmer books. Eric is what it is, and yeah, go over to that and check it out. Hopefully you'll like it. But now we're gonna go off to the books. Now we have waited for far long enough for the part of the podcast we love. The meat and the cheese and Books, the meat and cheese of the podcast, and I'm going to say that the meat, Eric, is going to be chicken, and Delicious. the cheese is American. There you go. All right. Pretty right Perfect. down the middle. Is that about the most uh, generic thing that you could have for meat and cheese possible? No, I say it's the most delicious. Oh, the most delicious. How about if I change it I'm not that a fancy pepper? fella. How about if I change it to pepper jack cheese? Would you be more into that? Because I, I hate pepper jack I still don't mind pepper jack. jack. I know you I hate it. I can't stand it. I, I, um, they almost tried to swindle some pepper jack on me today. At the Chick-fil-A. Who, who are they? I oh, said, okay. no. No, sir. I do not want that pepper jack. And somehow they thought also I wanted lettuce and tomato on a sandwich. And they don't know me, Eric. <laughs> they do not do know me at all. I'm like, <laughs> I don't know. I said, listen, I'm Jim Werner. The hell with you. Uh, it's funny. Tanya got a message from somebody in Quakertown that she knows that uh, out of nowhere sent a message is your husband Jim Warner who does a podcast and Tanya did not respond? She was afraid <laughs> that they were going to – like she's just going to let that lie because I said basically they're probably listening and like – not that they're like, oh, you know what? I, I think I know that name. No, as I say how crazy she is, that person's probably like, huh. 
I seem to know this, Tanya. And now she's afraid. She's afraid to say yes and tries to avoid them. So there you go. But this is somebody she knows, right? Yes, somebody that we went to school with, somebody that we graduated with. So uh, they wanted to know. But nothing, nobody that I would have associated with, Eric. Uh, Of course not. They did not run in my neck of the woods. Uh, So there you go. Your basement. No, which I mean – She's female. That's that's what I mean. Oh, that, that's, huh. that explains it all. But here we are with this week's books. We're going to start out with two books. We're going to have a couple sections of two with me and you and then, uh, you know, some other stuff thrown in there as we go. Uh, there's some big enough books this week, right? And yeah. uh, the, speaking of this whole thing, getting ready for this podcast for me was very odd because I didn't have any books this week to review. I mentioned it last week and I didn't really take that into account of getting ready for the podcast because usually I'll be able to, you know, we have six books, seven books. I would have done three, four, whatever. Until I'm just like, okay, I'm going to get ready, normal time. I'm like, holy shit, I haven't read any of these. Uh, I better tell Eric that I'm going to need an extra half an hour. Uh, And that's what happened because I did not review. So you're going to hear a lot of Eric Shea with blurbs, even though I'm filling in for some other people who did review the stuff on the site. Uh, that being said, going into this, I really didn't have a, you know, a, a word or, or a, uh, a grip on how this week was, positive, negative, or whatever, because I did not have a horse in the race. You don't read race. it to the day. No, I didn't have a horse in the race. I saw the scores, but it, it's a weird deal of just not really having anything to grab onto. So, of course, I grabbed onto Batman and yelled and screamed about that to anybody who would listen. But that's not yeah. what we're talking about in this podcast, Eric, because we're going to start with a book. Uh, that's the big book, I guess, of the week, and it is what? Justice League No Justice number two, written by Scott Snyder, James Stein the fourth, and Joshua Williamson, with art by Francis Manipool, Marcus Two, Hi Fi, and and World Designs. And we discover the four sites that represent the cosmic energies of Clue in this issue, but with no knowledge of what to do with them, our teams spend the majority of this issue bickering. Thankfully, Martian Manhunters around for a rah-rah speech that gets the teams to get on the trolley, but really the concept of these energies is still rather silly, but it does lead us to our cliffhanger reveal in Brainiac's son, Vril Docs, Brainiac 2.0. Yeah, uh, with that, it's a weird thing because we have this, we're getting it weekly. Uh, it is a month-long event, obviously, so it's four issues. When yeah. I read something like this, though, I always, you know, in the back of my mind, I think it's a six-issue mini, like, you know, a lot of the other things we go. So as I'm reading this, it's kind of, you know, not not much happening. I mean, really, there's, like you said, a lot of bickering, some explanation. You know, you get a it's big a reveal kit. at the end. Uh, but with that, we're halfway through. And yep. that's the one thing that kind of upsets me about this. There's not anything in particular that I really get angry about in this issue. It's okay. You'll see. I don't like it as much as I did the first issue. I think yeah. the first issue was really good. This one kind of takes a little step back uh, to get you, like you said, to kind of get the teams into place, but also have this bickering, which I don't need it. It's a weird deal where I'll say while we're going through it. You know, you're going to see, you're going to see Starfire throw shade at Sinestro. You're going to have, you know, these, but I know that these people would not get along. You know what I mean? I I don't really. I I I, just want to know, like, there's this formula to writing these kind of deals where you have to have these teams bicker and all this shit. In every story we see of this kind of a concept, 
And I'm like, when's there going to be that story that comes along where everybody gets together fine and just does the job? That's they what need I, to do? yeah. And that's what I, when this is going down, like you have stuff, you know, out of this, oh my God, Starfire doesn't like Sinestro. I, I could just go with that. I All don't right. really need that. And that it's weird what's pushing I never really what think isn't. of the two together, but whatever. No. And, and with that, you have this whole deal with these and like, you sit there, and when you're reading, say, like I said, it, Starfire, Sinestro, that seems to be one of the big things to yell about, while Etrigan just sits there in the back and rhymes a couple times and goes on his way. Like, you know, what are we getting? Oh, I, see, I, I don't recall these... reading any of that. No, because, there is. You know, whatever. There's, there's one, you know, one or two panels, and that's what kind of goes off for me in this is – I just want to see the teams do what they're going to do, and you're centering on some weird things here while all the rest kind of sit uh, you know, in the background. Like Starro, he is yeah. kind of featured, uh, but yet you right don't Right through the have, brain panel, like yeah, you and, and me, Lobo seems to be the number one. Like he's a number one. They, you get a little cyborg. Boy a, as well. Yeah, a little teeny Harley, but not a lot. And with that, what's going on in this – doesn't push forward the story enough for me to get a grip on what this is overall. Though I don't hate it. I, I don't hate it at no. all. It's just I want to see more of what's going on and not this bickering is basically what I'm saying. And, and with and that's that, the problem we have, like I said, with any story like this where you always have to have the bickering. Yeah. And at this point in my comic book reading career, no. it's getting a bit old. No, and then that's a long comic book uh, career there, Eric. Uh, you, you're there flexing your comic book knowledge at me. There's something I learned like this the week thing, from my Everybody kids. keeps making the comparison, even us, about you know the Avengers, you know the new Avengers yeah. and fresh start at Marvel right now. And this story, I haven't read Avengers number two yet. It came out this week, but I'm sure there's going to be some kind of bickering involved putting that Avengers team together. Oh, my goodness, Eric. There is. How did you know? But, yeah, there is. And and really, if you want to go back and forth between this and if you are reading that Avengers as well, it is kind of similar still because yeah. you get a kind of a down issue. The problem with that is we have four issues here, Avengers ongoing series. Now you can tell me that this goes on into the Justice League book, and you are correct, but it also goes into the Justice League Dark and the Justice League uh, Odyssey deal. So it's not like everybody's going to be in one book going forward. But with that, you have the whole idea. You start off with Amanda Waller, and she's heading off to see what the hell went wrong. And with that, trying to find the seed, quote-unquote seed. This cosmic seed yeah, of Earth that that was planted uh, by these, you know, Omega Titans, Omega Titans. and this is where you're going to get this personification. Where last issue we said we want to know more about what this, you know, wisdom, entropy, all these things, mystery, wonder, mystery. and wonder, and we want to see now. This is where Scott Snyder is going to give you a personification of those as trees. Uh, it's okay. Uh, I, when we do this though, I'm actually worried because you don't, you only see Kalu. So I can't say that everything is going to be like this. You know what I mean? Like, and, and now you figure that the way when the source wall broke, these trees should already be going about. Like, I didn't get the idea that if Kalu goes down, then the trees end up being, you know, big things all of a sudden at Earth. Right. Uh, you would think they'd already have those, but I don't think we do. And also you can tell me that going to Earth, it'll be some sort of other personification i don't know well that's the thing is because it seems like that by the end of this issue because of what amanda waller did to kill brainiac and his fail safes he's put into place already yeah that the seed is now active when it was dormant before so it doesn't even seem we have a tree to grow at this point it's still growing the tree and i don't know why like you know what planets do have these trees of these energies already besides for Kalu? And, and then with that, you have this where Amanda Waller is going. She ends up, looks like she's, you know, at one of the poles you know, going. And yeah. uh, 
you know, I, I don't get the idea of like, what seed is that? Is that all, you know, all four? And then they said, like, I, I, I don't is there anything going to sprout out of that single seed into the That's four different ones? I, I don't know by the end of this And issue. because of that, with that, as we're going on, I don't know if you did, but as we're going and we do go to the tree of entropy, the tree of wonder, the tree of mystery, and the tree of wisdom, you have these things spelled out about these trees. And I'm thinking like, is the tree of mystery like on earth? That would be the house of mystery, like wherever that is, is the tree. Well, well, that's and, the thing. It's like the, the house of mystery moves around, so who knows? I know. Well, the other thing would be like I would even think the tree of wonder, just because I'm generic and, and uh, stupid, would be Themyscira. But that's already spelled out as kind of not really in it. You know what I mean? Like I'm, I'm actually saying, for some reason because the, this is like th- when Mandalore starts out, she's three miles away from the Fortress of Solitude. Yeah, I kind of think that somehow the Fortress of Solitude is going to be something. Well, and and could that be the? I, I don't. I would know. say tree of wonder. You know, tree of wisdom maybe because he has like all of the you know the crystal fonts and things like that. Uh, the tree of entropy. You can only believe the way it's spelled out here would be like Bell Rev. Uh, I don't Arkham. know. And, and with that, I don't know if that's even what we're supposed to be thinking uh, because you, who knows? It's just and, the way things are laid out on Kalu. It's very weird. Like we have the tree of entropy on Kalu is sprouting out of a prison. Yeah, yeah. And it's just the whole thing just comes at you. And like just the idea too. Like we have this whole thing where we have these four cosmic energies and we have to balance out the scales because the tree of wisdom is putting out a lot of juice right now. So the wisdom of Mega Titan, he's all about to chow down on this. So we've yeah. got to get the other – energies up to snuff with where the wisdom yeah. is right now yeah so we go to the tree of entropy all right what do we got to do here well i guess we got to release all the prisoners and create some chaos yeah. I'm like that just seems weird well, here's the thing that i don't mind about that because when when we're going we're going through this and you do have the titan there he's going to take over all of the people of clue are freaking out and actually the whole team all the people in these this big conglomerate justice league are all getting attacked because they have brainiac tech on them and we saw that yeah. their suits are brainiac tech so and everybody sense. on clue hates anything to do with yeah. brainiac so, it so makes like sense. You know, all the freaking you know the computer freaking you know robots coming after him they're trying to take him down all the other clue are trying to like you're not here to help us you got brainiac tech on get the hell away from yeah me. yeah so they're trying to do this and they do end up fighting and realize by the end very quickly actually listen we, we get we might as well just do what brainiac said he said we have to be in these teams right let's get in these teams and go do what uh we have to do and the thing that i don't mind is you never get an idea in this where scott snyder's writing it and you're supposed like the, the teams don't know what they're doing so yeah. again i can say like okay we're gonna learn because the teams don't know what they're doing i don't know what yeah. they're doing well that's what i'm saying if, if the teams went to these trees and just said okay we have to do this this and this then i'd say well where did we miss this they i don't mind it because obviously we're not supposed to know yet because they don't mm-hmm. know so we're learning as they go but really i just the whole concept gets a little wacky i also told you the idea of using entropy as one of them uh, i think that scott snyder thinks people are a little too fancy and you may laugh at me and go like jim entropy that's not that crazy a concept or a word I'm telling you, we we told no. we said with avarice with the Green Lanterns. I'm telling you, when Jeff like Johns that. introduced the Orange Lanterns of avarice, I'm like, you're going a little yeah, bit too and, far. And, and people agree. were confused, and I think that the entropy, the concept, even in this, again. I can give them a little credit because in this, they don't even know what, you know, they're trying to figure out entropy. Like, should we just go and go to town? Is that this? Is it chaos? Is it me wrecking house? They don't seem to know. Uh, so I, I can stand with that. But really, as they go, they're just trying to figure out how to raise up these other 
trees energies, and, yeah. and energies and it's it's just it's a weird concept it's kind of a hard concept to grip uh and go forward with because we still don't know exactly what and and really when this goes down to it i also want to know like if that's the case you have the tree of wisdom where in brainiac's mind did he think harley damien flash and cyborg would be the ones to kind of go with that we don't know uh, so hopefully that gets spelled out. But you want to say what you know? Tell us what each of these trees, what happened at each. Well, I'm saying for each of these trees, we have the tree of entropy. And the thing is, the way that I actually do like because we did see our heroes put into this Brainiac tech armor, yeah. which actually leads them to where they need to go based on their teams that Brainiac has put them in. So I do like that idea. So like we can, they do split off to go to their individual trees. It's weird though. It's like, all right, we're at the tree of wisdom. How do we make Kalu dumber? Yeah. Yeah, this is so, the, okay. this I, is the I, problem. I'm going to go over here, and in my mind, it's like, all right, I, I've come to my spot. It's time for everybody else to do their jobs because I'm just going to hang here until everything else is at the same yeah. degree as my tree of wisdom. But we go over to um to the uh, the tree of entropy, which, like I said, is out of a prison. So I was like, all right, wait, I guess we got to start releasing the prisoners to create some chaos. And in the uh, the the freak, I can't even think of the goddamn teams now. In the uh, the tree of wonder. wonder. We have to, uh, you know, fight some magic using <laughs> ghosts and give yeah. them power so we can raise the Tree of Wonder up and, and then and the yeah. Tree of and that Mystery. Was, and again, you might get a, uh, a uh, Return of the King deal because it's they're going there and there's these ghosts that were the ancient rejected magic users of Kalu. Yeah, now we do technology. Now yeah. we, we've kind of uh, banished all like magic from Kalu because we, we deal with the you know, intelligence stuff now, not this freaking heathen magic. Yeah, yeah. But no, we, this comes from a world that at one point did use magic and all the ghosts of the sorcerers of the past are attacking our heroes. So we got to do that. And over with the team Mystery – we have a, a nursery that is holding all of these different planets in bottles and whatnot that the Kaluans have saved over the years and stuff like that. Yeah. And they're being attacked for that. It's like, well, what do we do here? Do we do we got to release all of these things? It's like it becomes very that strange. That one's really forced. Ideas. That one's really forced. Because, yeah, they're like, we can release all these planets. But And, and again, if Dancing Mike's out there listening, Eric, which I know he is, uh, this would be something that would probably infuriate him because as they're kind of spelling this out – it seems like Jeff Johns is making a new sector in space because they say if we well, release Snyder. all these – Scott Snyder, yeah. If we release all of these, it's going to open up a new sector in space, and they're not going to want this. And what? And it ends up weird to tie it in the mystery. The whole deal is, well, that's going to cause you know confusion, whatever. Yeah. No, it'll be a mystery. I'm like, eh, it doesn't work that way. Like <laughs> Just because you say it doesn't mean that that's what it How mysterious there. a yeah, whole oh my God, sector. It's going to be mysterious to see what happens. I- I'm telling you, it's funny the way that's spelled out, but very forced. But go on, because then you have the, the Tree of Wisdom, which, like you said, they're going to try to make it dumb. I-, I think that basically they called me, Eric. They wanted to transmit our podcast over the airways. That would definitely make people dumber. Uh, but yeah, and you go on, and now but- we're going to have but these individual the end, teams. We, we mostly stick to the tree of entropy, though, yeah. where they're releasing all of these, you know, these prisoners from this prison, the worst of the worst of Kalu and even beyond, it seems like, and it's still not really doing much. So, like, you know, Beast Boy's having his moment where he's talking to Lobo, and Lobo's like, look, kid, you just got to cut loose. You're on this team for a reason. So just become the scariest goddamn thing you can think of, which Beast Boy does. But the thing is, for all the page space we're doing, it's one of those like aggravating things where it works for the story because they don't know what they're doing. But as a reader, it's like, yeah, I don't know what you're doing. You don't know what you're doing. Yeah. So we're along for the ride. It's like, I, I want something to happen. I don't want you to keep doing It's almost like metal where they kept doing stuff. 
just that to didn't do work. It. So yeah. we read that for like a long time where they just kept, all right, we're going to, we have this mission. We're going to go do this. Damn, that didn't work. Okay. On to the next mission. Yeah. I'm like, I, I want to have some kind of resolution and we do have the smartest people in the world, but the whole idea is, I don't know. It's, I'm, try, I'm trying to figure out a way to put this. I just want there to be some kind of story because I am afraid like you, since we are two issues down of a four issue, many that things are just going to get resolved really yeah. quick by that fourth issue or just be like a little way to move into what we're dealing with, with the rest of the justice league, just league dark, just league Odyssey. Yeah. I don't know how that's going to play out. But one thing I do know is that back on earth, for some reason, green arrow was waiting for Amanda yeah. Waller there to freaking North pole. Yep. I wanted to know what the hell is going on because you know, a little while ago, all of my queen industry goddamn satellites went dark and I traced it back to the site that you were at. And somehow I followed you to the North pole. I don't know how I got here. Yeah. I'm with that. that. This is yeah. not green arrow. This and is me. Like, how the hell did you get there? Green arrow. Yeah. I'm with that. Green arrow is talking to Amanda Waller and says, you know, what did you do? Uh, the just league are gone. My buddies are all gone. And the ones that aren't gone are in stasis. Like there's nobody, yeah. I, there's nobody left. I'm just like, green arrow's like, why aren't I special? Like I even look and when they show the stasis thing, it's not even just metahuman. It's because Dick Grayson is there, Nightwing is in there, so eh, there's Green Arrow. It just seems to be everybody who was a part of these teams that are originally fighting yeah. Brainiac that yeah, were chosen they, to be the specials. Yeah, they are. They are in stasis to kind of show. It's just a wink, wink of why not everybody's involved. Exactly. Uh, but yeah, he's pissed off but because like Amanda saw from Waller. Like Nation Number Zero, like you know, two of the heroes we have at least still on call to defend Earth when the Omega Titans show up are Green Arrow and Supergirl. Yeah, which we haven't seen Supergirl, which is weird but uh yeah with this you have this powder keg all the teams are fighting until martian manhunter decides to transmit a soothing uh, you know an announcement using starro as yeah using starro to amplify his power you know to tell everybody calm down and we can we have to get together as teams this is what we have to do let's go and do it and yeah you have pretty much to me the two biggest things are the deal with these planets where they decide they're going to release these planets and then also in this prison where they're going down and they realize okay we're letting the bad guys out but boy they're really protecting something that's really bad like maybe must this be the is worst it. Of must the be worst. the worst of the worst down below you know our suits are still pulling us towards the center of the prison yeah. we must go further into this thing and by the end after when we're about to realize that amanda waller has screwed up everything because she believes the just league is responsible for everything terrible that's going on we do discover that this dormant cosmic seed on earth it's not so dormant anymore. No. And because Amanda Waller killed Brainiac and she dis- she figures out that because she killed Brainiac, it must have had a failsafe system to activate this thing, putting Earth on the goddamn map for the Omega Titans to show up. So I like this little bit where we just have, you know, Amanda Waller is all high and mighty every time we see her. I like that when this whole thing comes down, Green Arrow can just talk shit. You did this. This yeah, is your fault. Says you what did you it. did. God damn it. And with that, Amanda Waller does say – which might be true, we don't know, because Brainiac's dead, where Amanda Waller's like, we, you know, we tapped into his brain, we downloaded a lot of things, and he has let everybody, he duped them all. He duped them yeah. all to go to Kalu to save Kalu, uh, and pretty much, you know, put our, you know, our death, the earth is well, that, done that because was the thing of thing That was the whole thing in the last issue when we talked about how you're going to help me save Kalu, yeah. because if you don't, Earth is next. I've made sure of this, and it seems to be a fail-safe system that this would activate as yeah. soon as Brainiac would But again, would die. the way Amanda Waller spells it out, we're not even sure at this point that if they save Kalu, if it wasn't just to save Kalu, then they move to Earth anyway. 
because she says right. that she seems to think that she saw something in there that spelled out that they're just going to save Kalu and we're still screwed. It doesn't matter, but she could be saying that to save her own ass. But she does say that, and then they're just going to have to figure out what's going on. And then, you know, like you said, they're going to the seed, but what do we know? We don't know that much about that. No, but yeah, I, I don't know if this is a single seed for the world. If we have three other seeds that will spread out, yeah, I don't of energy, know. I don't and know what the deal is so far. why she would have known that. She just goes to this one area, and then when they go, like you said, they go down below in this prison and end up finding Vril uh, you know, side, Brainiac, oh, side 2. Brainiac 2.0. And he even says at this point, like, you were supposed to – you think that Brainiac was just going to let you chance. go and do yeah. these plans. He wasn't. He he had to be there. He's a big part of these plans. He wouldn't trust you. He hates your guts. And now that he's gone, you're screwed. We're all screwed, and we'll see how that goes. And it's funny with Real Docs, too, like Brainiac 2.0 being here because you see – like you know when we have the big reveal at the end of who he is, you see that he has the Legion symbol on his like armband kind of thing. Yeah. So it, it puts the Legion – like not the Legion of Superheroes, the Legion which is like you know licensed extra governmental interstellar operatives network back into play into the continuity. We did see – I think it was Stealth. I don't know if you read the Threshold series when I was telling you about it before, yeah, but yeah. Stealth showed up in that book, who was a part of Legion like Brainiac here. I just don't know how much we're like, you know, we're playing with with the continuity anymore yeah, because everybody seems speak. to be doing their own continuity, but having that armband, this Brainiac 2.0 here, it's kind of a big deal. Like it's opening up more stuff with the continuity than we like have seen before. If they want to. Some of yeah. these things they they throw out there, and we never get anything back with it. So you know, that, and it that's seems that you know, deal. real docs here was locked up. I would have to think from what we got at the beginning with the rest of the clue and saying we don't like anything Brainiac. So I think since he is the son of Brainiac, he was locked up thinking he was public enemy number one. Yeah. So we're gonna go from there, but that that ends it. Uh, yeah, it's okay. It's not it's not as good as the first issue in my mind. No. It doesn't make me that excited for the next issue because now I'm like, you know, we only have four issues and you're not explaining some very basic concepts. Well, that, I, that's, I, the, that's the one little bit that I do look forward to that they will hopefully explain everything to my satisfaction. I can't say that they will, but right now that's my biggest opt, like, you know, hopeful moment where I hope that everything does come together as more is explained with each other. I mean, of these what's four weird issues. though is, you know, the concept of these Omega Titans, they have been activated early because the source wall got. Yeah. Broken in metal, they're coming out. It's just an odd concept that they go to Kalu and everything's, you know, this is their thing. This is where they're going around to all the planets and deciding which one gets the power, or whatever. It's just weird to me to think that if it's equaled out on Kalu, that that would just stop them. Like, I don't know why that stops them from going to Earth and then going to the next planet, going to the next planet, but this is only four issues. So you can only right. assume that it will end on Earth. And what happens? I, I just – I don't have a grip of how this works, that if they go to the – they never mention like if they go to a planet and all is equal, that just makes them stop, that they don't know that they're, it's impossible for one planet to be completely in – you know, everything being well, equal. I imagine it's the Three Stooges bit where they all try to enter the room at the same time and they can't because they're and all And they together. can't. But then you know what you do? You go to the next room. Like this is where does that does that stop the process? Well, and that's we the never thing is right out. now I, I don't know what the process is because now yeah. we have the, the Earth seed is activated, but before Brainiac died, it was still dormant. For there's yeah. nothing for them to chow down on Earth. I don't know what other planets have going on for themselves. Yeah, but that, we're not that's what I'm saying. That right this is where maybe that the, you know Amanda Waller saying that she did see that Brainiac was not on the up and up and was full of crap and trying to fool him. Maybe that is completely true because that seemed why would Brainiac dying? 
activate that seed. It doesn't make sense. Because she says he, a fail he put safe. a fail safe in because yeah, he said to means, the justly before, if you don't help me, I'm going to make the, the earth no, the next to day. To me, the way he spelled it out was if you don't help me, earth is next. I never, I never thought that he was the one who was setting these up. How would he possibly be setting up something that was from Omega Titans from the beginning of time from the other side of the source wall? What is he setting up? These things are well, supposed to be. Well, they weren't on been... the other side of the source wall. They were at the end, edge of the galaxy yeah, waiting for saying, the whole the, universe to die But this is the out. problem is, but they were supposed to have already set this game up. Not that, you know, it isn't something that everybody else is activating. They set it up at the beginning of time, and when this goes down, that's when they were activated early. It's just an odd idea for me to think that Brainiac would be that involved. Uh, and if it's the case, then it'll all end on Earth anyway. Right. So I, well, just, I'm saying, like we saw from DC Nation number zero, we have the rest of the three Titans, uh, Mega Titans showing up on Earth as is right now. Yeah, but what you know what I'm saying though is that how it, did he get involved in this seed that would have been something they planted before to yeah. set up this game? It doesn't make sense. So I don't know why or how that activated when he got killed. Unless, like you said, he's the one who planted it. He went and found it. No, I don't think that he, I think he went and found it. And like, you know, while everybody was, you know, fighting him, doing stuff, I think he did stuff to make sure that it would activate in case of his demise. Yeah, but how how does a Brainiac activate something that was set there by Omega Titans at the beginning of time? Well, he is one of the smartest people in the universe. Yeah, but that's more than just smarts. It doesn't make sense to me. And now that I'm thinking about it, I hate it. I'm telling you, I'm getting angry because why would this have anything to do with a failsafe from Brainiac? Something that's supposed to be pushed to us as something that's from, you know, time immemorial and right. all this nonsense. And now it's just a plan for Brainiac. And, I, you know, it, it just to me, it just it doesn't hold water here. I think that right it, now it's that way. Like it's a, a way to get nonsense. back to Earth after Kalu. But, yeah, you, but know, you right could have had like that we, anyway. Yeah, you save we Kalu, that, and like, then they know, go to the next planet. That's all you needed to do, and then you have to stop them. Eventually, you have to kill the Titans. Or, or you know, why not? Why do these trees? You're going to have to kill them. If they're going to go through the whole universe, what are you going to go to each fucking planet and fucking grow trees? I'm going to water this tree a little more so that you stop. You're going to have to stop them if that's the case, and you're going to have to kill them. So just kill them now. Just go after them now, which you're not going to be able to do. They're too yeah. – Nonsense. Now I'm angry. What the heck? I said to you, I, I was going to review this book because I thought I was going to be more positive. Now I, I'm upset thinking of the whole story. Well, anything else? No, that's about it. Can I, we I sing really some songs, the Eric? I'll be more happy. <laughs> Do some karaoke. Uh, the art's really good. There is one I little thing I wanted to mention that is a little nitpick, and it happens at the beginning when Amanda Waller's talking on the intercom uh, to General Lane, I believe, is right. who she's talking to. Yeah. It really bothers me, and I, I know this happens all the time, uh, but for some reason it really – it really was noticeable at the beginning. I hate when somebody's talking in a panel and, and their mouth's closed. It drives me nuts. And there's a point where Amanda Waller, and I guess what drove me nuts at the beginning of this and why it drove me nuts, she talks like three times in this panel and, and her mouth's closed. And it just drove me nuts. I, it's just a nitpick. Uh, but it is something that bothers me. Just have her mouth open a little so I think she's talking. But the art's good. I, I like yeah. the, I like Francis Manipul's art and stuff like that. But uh, in the meantime, uh, the story – it, it's not going anywhere that I know what's going on. And like I said, I, I want to know. And, and by the end, by the fourth issue, yeah, maybe it'll all be spelled out to yeah, me. Yeah, I hope so. 
But this is the problem is this is like a Mr. Miracle deal. Uh, I can't just go along not knowing what's going on and, and be, you know, gaga about it. I can't. And, and this is starting to seem like there's not much logic to it overall with Brainiac involved and things like that. And if it does end up being a plan by Brainiac, what you've now done is you started an issue. You started this four issue deal with something that seemed huge, like humongous. If it's just Brainiac playing games or something, it really makes it less to me. And now we're just back to it being just a standard deal, not this Omega Titan beginning of time threat. Well, sure, the, this Omega Titan thing with what we have here, it seemed like you know these these trees of uh, cosmic energy, wisdom, wonder, mystery, and uh, entropy, it seemed that they have sprouted on Clue. I don't know if they sprouted anywhere else because like we said at the beginning of this – it seemed that the Earth one was dormant for now. I hadn't sprouted, yeah, but, hadn't done but anything yet. But the problem yet. I have is that it, it was really spelled out. This was universe wide. That they, yeah. you know, they were going to go to each planet. Boom, 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 boom. Well, what makes it that you know Brainiac just goes and puts a failsafe? Like what happens to you know some other planets out there? So you know, uh, you know, Oa. Well, oh, well, right. all of a sudden, but it, this whole idea of getting Brainiac involved to be able to set it one off, it's nonsense to me. It's nonsense. You know, Mogo, you have all the, you know, it just, it really lessens the story to me. It really does. And it makes it just the standard, oh, there's Brainiac, but it may not be. But the way they're pointing it out, that failsafe really throws me off. But anything else you, you got? No, no, I'm saying, I, I really enjoyed the art. Now. I enjoyed the art in this issue, and I like to. I want to see where we're going because I'm so interested in the story overall. It's just this issue was a little down, in my opinion, from where we started because we had to spend so much time bickering, and with the team not knowing what they're supposed to do and us both not knowing what they're supposed to do, yeah. it just kind of slogs along. Like, here's a reveal of this, and okay, we don't know what we're doing with it yet, but we're gonna. But like, yeah. it just kind of slowed down the pacing of what I thought we were going to get for this big, you know, cosmic story. So I gave it a seven out of ten because I still really enjoy the idea that like we have all these separate teams having to go and yeah, do I liked, stuff and I work together. Yeah, I like the teams, uh, but yeah, I'm giving it a six, and it's a lot of art there in my yeah. score because it's just we're halfway through this deal, and I'm more confused now that I think about it than I was the first issue, and just. Thinking of how this progresses to get to Earth, and if there's going to be these, you know, four trees on Earth, are they going to do this and that with that? And if that is the, I mean, even that, thinking forward, and if there is that, then we're just going to get the same thing again. And I, I think that that's kind of a weird setup for all of this. And it just it just doesn't really get me. Well, I imagine it'll go along the same lines of what you're talking about. Like what like we can't just keep you know stopping them like this. We might stop it on Clue in the fashion that Brainiac wanted. By the time we have realized that Earth's on the dinner plate, we might have to say, all right, look, we have to get our shit together and just go after these big bastards Yeah, and again, you say that, and then we have next issue where they're going to decide that, and then the last issue they're fighting Titans, and now we don't really have much of a story through the whole thing. We, I think it's a weird thing to just have four issues anyway. It right. should have been maybe two more. Whatever. We'll see at the end. This is only the second issue, so we'll go on to the next book, though, which is another one of your books, and what is that? Superman Special Number One, written by Peter J. Tomasi, Patrick Gleason, Mark Russell, and Ian Flynn, with art by Scott Godlewski, Gabe Altieb, Rob Lee, Brian Hitch, Alex Sinclair, Tom Napolitano, and Carrie Andrews. The Superman celebration continues in this issue with three more stories about the our Man of Steel, with the first one really being the only reason to show up to this party because it's Tomasi and Gleason's farewell, but for some reason it's a di- it's on Dinosaur Island, and I hate Dinosaur Island. Really, though, the stories in this are nice and look great, but also you won't miss anything by skipping this book. 
No, you, you won't. And uh, Tomasi Gleason already said goodbye in, in Superman. Yeah. And, it, and it felt more proper than this yeah. year. This seemed like a P.S. goodbye again. Yeah, I, I actually, yeah, I actually wish these were reversed. I wish we would have had this before where you had that and then had that last bit with the, you know, everybody changes good and all that. Yeah. Uh, I guess they just, they wanted it's, to it's have. Almost, it's almost like what we had, though, in um, in the new 52 at the end of the DCYU with Batman number 51 being Scott, Scott Snyder's Snyder, goodbye, yeah. and then we had the James Tynan number 52, which felt like a retread, but less, and it really just kind of downplayed the yeah. whole thing we had. I'm like, oh, should have switched that around. Yeah, and I still like this. It's just, it is a P.S. Bye. <laughs> P.S. Uh, we'll miss you. Bye-bye. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, with that, it's okay. I like Dinosaur Island. I, I don't mind it. I think it's kind of fun, uh, but this is like, really, let's get to Dinosaur well, Island very quickly. It's mutated into zombie well, dinosaur like, person island. Back to- we get back to Dinosaur Island. Oh, what's going on, Captain Storm? It looks like he's about to die. At any, I'm oh, sorry, yeah. I don't even know how he's still alive at this moment. Because when we get to Dinosaur Island, John, John's been feeling bad. We, we made yeah. a promise, promise to Captain Storm. we got to go back. You're like, you know, Dad, you on board? Yeah, I'm on board. Yeah, so on let's board. go. And Captain Storm, he is ready to give up living because he's surrounded by dinosaurs yeah, as it done. is. But then when Superman and Superboy show up. Hey, what's going on around here, Captain Storm? What are those? I don't know. It seems like the dead bodies of my old friends have somehow mutated into yeah. soldier dinosaurs. Yeah, everybody like, who's died you, you here. Too far. Uh, yeah, now they're zombie dinosaur hybrid soldiers with helmets on what and going to town. It's crazy. Uh, and yeah, he's about to just go down. A T-Rex has, has kind of cornered him on a cliff face. And he's like, you know what, baby? I'm going to take you down with me. But God forbid, I don't want to be here anyway. Uh, because as it goes on, I then, changed my mind about staying. Take yeah, me home, yeah, please. I'm telling you, as it goes on, when John and Superman come and they teleport in using uh, Manchester, Black's cube. They get there. They end up inside the T-Rex's stomach, kind of bust out. You know, it's the standard deal. That was uh, kind of a fun moment. It is fun. And it's not what the usual is, is when the hero Drax, uh, anybody has done this, where they're like, oh, well, and just jump in the mouth and then come yeah. busting out. We've seen it a million times. It's kind of a different play on that, which was fine. Bust out. And there, you know, is, uh, what's his name there, with he's about to die. And he's, they're Captain about Storm. to... Yeah, yeah, and he's about to die, and then they take his boot off, and the motherfucker ha- has a reptilian foot. Uh, shit is going wrong here on my dinosaur island. Wrong, Let's get the you. hell out of here. And that's the weirdest part, because we have this whole story that becomes about, you know, Captain Storm being a man out of time, a la Captain America. He has to yeah, get acclimated yeah. to the world of today from when he left it during <laughs> World War II. He's got a dinosaur leg. And the thing is, there's some shit going on in Dinosaur Island that I think would make a more interesting yeah. story than that because oh, yeah. you've introduced aspects and then said it's farewell. Crazy. I'm like, why would you it's do crazy. that? crazy. And he says, listen, I, I know that I have a dinosaur leg, but we got to go back to my cave quick. Like, okay, they thinking, go back. Is this going to spread? I don't, That's what I'm thinking. I, I think he even says at one point, I, I thought he would listen, if I become all dinosaur, kill me. But they go. He goes back to the cave to get all of his guys, uh, the losers, dog uh, tags, yeah. dog tags, so that when he does get back to the regular world, he can go and go to the families of those and end up, you know, giving them to them so they have some closure with right. them. But yeah, you go back and they're kind of hanging out. You do have this thing where Superman does trust Storm enough that he gives him his his identity and John. Secret identity, John yeah. and him. Yeah. And they say that. I just think that that was kind of. It was a little forced in just to have them be able to walk around with them and not 
be Superman and Superboy walking around, but it's okay. And, all right, okay. Uh, even at the one you point, don't have they an do... identity, or, and all your friends are dead. Who are you gonna tell? Yeah, yeah. And that uh, they end up, and they do take him uh, over to Silas and Cyborg, and they get rid of his his reptilian leg and give him a robotic one. And then Cyborg's just like Cyborg has become pushing the pretty much the plastic surgery of the DCU. Oh, anything about, wrong is with him? Matter machine. Well, I'm telling you, he wants everybody. Machine aspect on a oh lot of my people. god, that's all he wants. He needs to be like, finally, I'm more man than you because hey, we can fix that eye of yours. There, he's like, nah, nah, nah I'm kind of like boy. the eye patch. I, I where's a headband when I need one? And yeah, he even right, says to luck. John, he's like, hey, pirates never get out of style, right, John? And rubs his head, and I think Superman's like, listen, I don't like you touching my young son. Get out of here, pirate. Uh, but yeah, they go off and they're talking. And I don't know how you did things in the 40s, but in today's yeah, day, listen, we have a personal space yeah, with children. You don't do that stuff. They're going to get on Twitter and really lose their shit over you there, Storm, with that eye patch. Uh, but yeah, they go inappropriate. Up, <laughs> hashtag inappropriate touching. And they go, and they're, they're talking, and he wants to go around and you know give these dog tags. And there's a yeah. funny little bit, and I really did like it, where Superman's like, listen, I looked into this. The, the best detective I know, he looked at it, or not he, but they looked into it. And figured out all these families. Unfortunately, you do not have any relatives. And he's like, that nope. makes sense. You know, he's like, thank God. I thought my wife got remarried. I, I would have killed her. Uh, but she's dead. He was an only child. So his line's done. But he, he doesn't seem that upset about it. But yeah. he's going through, you know, he's going across the country. I, I was part visiting. dinosaur. Maybe it's best my lineage. Yeah, he's like, done. listen, yeah, and I'm done now. Uh, but he's kind of, you know, he's trying to get acclimated to the world and things like that and going. And uh, with that, you find out that the detective was Lois. I thought that that was really cool. I actually yeah, really it, made, it really made me smile. And yeah, you have Storm just going around Captain Storm. He's going to go to a VA he's hospital, gonna, help people. And out. he's also, you know, it's like, you know, he, he left the one of John Cloud. It's like, all right, it's time to go and do this one. To, you know, like I still have to go and deliver all these dog tags. And the whole idea, too, is like, I'm going to go to a VA hospital, see if I can help people. Like, yeah, you're going to spread that dinosaur disease, aren't yeah, you? All I can think of, huh? Here's, he's going off to the sanctuary, Eric, is what I was thinking. <laughs> Drive Maybe. me nuts. Drive me nuts. But yeah, you have it where Lo – and it's weird too because they're talking uh, – Lois and Clark are talking then and they're, he's like, oh, yeah, you know, thanks for that help. You know, you're, you're a detective. Oh, you, you told him it was Batman, didn't you? No, no, you're the best detective. And, and then he finds the letter and she's like, yeah, but I'm like, that's a little off. <laughs> they're it talking. Is he's like, what is this? He's already – they've already talked well about it now, but that's fine. Because before he left and he left a letter on Lois – like on his side of the bed, on his Telling Lois that him and John have you know scampered off to Dinosaur yeah. Island for yeah. a fucking We're trip. We're off to Dinosaur Island. Do oh, she never even found the letter. All no. right. No, so you go with that. It, it made me laugh, but uh, that's the end. That basically they're shutting the door, you know, Eric. Next time on you leave our point of existence. Wake yeah. me up next time, buddy. Yeah, wake me up. Well, let me know. And then she says at the end, you forgot oh, baby, to shut when the you door. Wake up, make the bed. Yeah, really. Stop your drinking. You, you sleep until noon, baby. <laughs> but yeah, he's like, consider it shut. So that's the end again. But never the end, Eric. But yeah, and then you go off to Mark Russell's story. Uh, and it's okay. It's basically yeah, – It's not bad. If you're a Simpsons fan and you saw the baseball episode, a Homer at Bad, I believe it was, it's pretty much Jose Canseco at the beginning. It is. Uh, he just has to go save. He's coming back to Earth. He's depowered. He has to kind of sunbathe a little to get his powers back, but yet shit's gone wrong. He's got he has a, to he's save gotta fight him. a giant freaking Atlantean pill bug, yeah, you know, roll that bug. back in. I swear to you, when he's like, all right, little guy, roll back in your And as he's rolling this thing back to the ocean, I'm like, 
you are causing so much destruction. I, I yeah. Just maybe have it roll back in a just ball. Just destroying. Now pick go, it up. Go, I know that up. you're you're weakened, but go to the but... sun, recharge a bit, <laughs> yes. pick it up because you were destroying half the metropolis. Yep. It, rolling it's all this going big bastard down. back to the ocean. Yeah, and then you have where uh, this old guy uh, Superman goes and saves him, but he wants him to go back and get pictures. Superman's well, like, thing. "Listen, buddy, this, this I don't that's get time. collapsing. This old man's stuck inside. They're all young. You got to go back up for the old man." I'm like, yeah. the only reason this building is falling because, you know, Clark just rolled that fucking pill bug yeah, into it. Yeah. I know it. He better go get that old man. But then the old man wants him to get the pictures and possibly like his newspaper, maybe his slippers, Eric, that yeah. he sees very fond of his chair. Yeah, the piano. <laughs> but yeah, he ends up. And it's, it's kind of sad, too, because as it's going on, Mark Russell seems to really be pointing out that this guy might have Alzheimer's. He says, yeah. I'm starting to have problems remembering things. At the Without end, my when, pictures, I won't yeah. be able to remember what my wife looked like. And then Superman doesn't get the pictures. Unfortunately, it collapses. He comes out. He ends up he saving a dog. He goes back in to get a dog instead, yeah. yeah. And it's funny because the old man's like, oh, no, without my pictures, I'm not going to remember my wife. And Superman's like, huh, you know what? As long as you have her in your heart, you're always – the guy's like, no, you don't understand. Here, you wrote a dog I have now, Alzheimer's. Yeah, I have Alzheimer's. I'm not going to remember. I need these pictures. Didn't you read Batman and Wonder Woman Brave and the Bold? They painted paintings so that they can remember <laughs> things. I need these pictures, you son of a bitch. I'm you not basically, well enough to take care of you, this dog, you, Superman. Don't give them to me. Do you see me? I'm an old man. I can't remember. I'm not going to be remembering to feed this thing. In the meantime, you also seem to get a origin story of crypto at the beginning and then also you know the the throw-in of the funeral of clark's parents things like that and it ends up with uh what i would believe is crypto them say jonathan telling superman listen just because something is you think it's bad it, it might not be that it might be hungry it might be upset whatever and that's what leads superman to remember that and this pill bug as well that we saw that he learned a lesson well from his father uh, but yeah, that, that story kind of just ends with a poor it, it, old man not having the pictures you, of the his beloved wife. If you look wife, beyond the whole thing that we're trying to throw it's at okay. it, it's, it's supposed to be it's a nice just story a and you can actually deal. get a lot of niceness out of it for what telling Superman you. is, even depowered. But when you start thinking that, about I'm how telling you, that old guy. Are, this old man has nothing left and now he has to take care of a dog. He doesn't have a house. He can't remember shit. And now he has to take care of a dog. No, I'm guessing this guy – 70, 80 years old. Yeah. He, he, why is he taking care of a dog? Well, why are you doing this, Superman? You are putting this. I don't want a dog now. I'm not 80. I'm getting close. Once these pets in this house die, they're gone. I'm not getting another one. I don't got time for that. That dog's going to shit all over the place. This guy's going to get kicked out of his. And also, that's the other thing, Eric. A lot of places, he's going to have problems finding an apartment. They're not oh, going to yeah. let pets. His he's, last one's rent controlled. He can't afford new apartments in Metropolis. He screwed this guy royally. He's messed with this guy's life. Uh, but then we get the last uh, story, and I like it. I, 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 like, it I like that. I like that Mark Russell story enough. It's just, yeah. you know, the standard issue deal to show that Superman is always there to help people. Exactly. You know, so Superman he may not is think Superman. Ahead. He doesn't think ahead, Eric. But, yeah, the next one is, again, another bit of Atomic Skull continuing. Yeah, well, the influence Atomic Skull, yeah. running up that, like, continuing that uh, continuity we had from Superwoman. Yes. Yeah, and continuing it. It seems like this is becoming something big now. We've had it uh, in this week, and where you have atomic skull last there. week was how jordan the green lantern yeah. core now and I we like have another it. atomic skull showing and up. i like it even though this one also it ends with almost like a who he might be going bad but i, I like know. this one i actually I like really to think he's not i i would like to think so as well i like this a lot because it also this is where this one ian flynn actually goes a step 
more than what we saw in Hal Jordan, which I like with, with the mentioning of the fact that the the prisoners were being tortured. They were yeah. being really tortured. So that points it out here, and I do like that. I also like the fact that it seems like Superman has not really gotten to talk to Atomic Skull since this, and Atomic Skull seems to be very, very happy that Superman actually just acknowledges him as uh, an equal. Yeah, well, it I took think a little bit of time needs. because there's some animosity to begin yeah. with because Atomic Skull is holding in a lot of pain from him being tortured at Strikers Island. And like right now, they're going after Shockwave, who was another escapee during yeah. that Strikers uh, Island escape, you know. And so now he's Atomic Skull being, you know, the MCU, like, you know, metahuman that they have, the, the major yeah. crimes unit metahuman who's working with Maggie Sawyer. He's got to work with Superman, who he just loathes yeah. and just believes that Superman just looks down on him, talks shit, and doesn't and, and, think yeah. anything of these and, people. And not even just that. He also thinks that because most of these people – and you even see where they show uh, when Atomic Skull got arrested, and basically these guards even were throwing shit at all of these prisoners. Yeah, <laughs> Maybe Superman will save you, kick him in the face and shit like that. Yeah. So Superman, even it seems when they were being abused – uh, was part of the abuse of not be, not him himself, but the name thrown out there. Like, where's Superman? And, and Atomic Skull and might have been thinking, like, and saying, like, well, where is he? Yeah, he where is he? He saves everybody. He's not he saving saves us everyone. from this torture. And throw into the fact that a lot of these people were originally arrested or caught by Superman that, yeah. that really – it, it's well played out here. I think it's really well played out. You even get at one point where Atomic Skull has like the, the angel and the devil on his shoulders yeah. and the split panel. I like it. And I like Atomic Skull a lot. I like this Atomic Skull being part of the police. And it, it's good that Superman in this, he knows about it, he acknowledges it, and he accepts it at the point where they're going. But at the one point, you do have, you know, the whole idea where he's going and is he going to stay on the good side? Oh, exactly. Or is, thing, because when they go after Shockwave, Shockwave is powered up to the point where he can actually shatter he, yeah, the atoms of yeah, Superman and stuff like that. Superman. He's like, come on, Atomic Skull, you come in here, you help me now. And Atomic Skull, he goes and knocks down Shockwave and, you know, helps Superman and they subdue him. So pointing out the whole thing, like he had a choice to go back and be a villain with yeah. Shockwave, but he chose to stay on the side of good and, you know, work with Superman, take Shockwave down. Yeah, and he says, after all, who knows what the future holds because Superman says, you know, and Atomic Skull is still not going to be like, hey, you're a great guy. And it's funny, too, because he has him. He's like, thanks for your help today. And Atomic Skull looks very happy. But then I think he kind of remembers the nonsense again yeah. and the, don't patronize me. You know, you call it optimism. But he, it seems like he does, he does want acceptance. He does yeah. want people to like him, but he still has that anger. And again, right to the sanctuary. I'm telling you, as I'm reading these books, it's driving me nuts this week with this whole sanctuary deal. But, uh, no, I hope not. I, 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 it just seems that way. Like all these books all have somebody who has some issues villain. like this. Yeah. And, uh, I like it, though, and I like the idea you have a very evil Atomic Skull at the end, like, we'll see, who knows, and like, he's looking at his Atomic hands. Skull, who knows what tomorrow brings? The Superman flies away, she's like, yeah, who knows? <laughs> yeah, I'm like, no, oh, don't say stuff like that. Yeah, don't. Now that you said something, now I'm reading it very sinister when I had optimism uh, in my oh, heart I'm early. telling you, the way he says it after, yeah, he's like, don't patronize me, but I like it. I actually liked it. It tied well into the continuity that we had and what we're going to have going forward, and I do like the idea when that Superwoman book was canceled 
I I don't know about you. I think we may have mentioned it on the podcast that I really thought that this whole Atomic Skull redeemed police officer thing was just going to be forgotten, completely forgotten. And what's the best part of that series overall to begin with? Yeah. And so I I like it. I like that it's being referenced in some of these books. So that that, and it ends with that. Uh, What would you what did you give it? Well, overall, I think that the Superman special plays way better than that Action Comics special yeah, for I the stories too. it chose to tell and the way it was. Because, you know, Action Comics, we did have Dan Jurgens, a story which was really good in my mind. We had another Mark Russell joint, which just uh, seemed to be yeah. a political satire to degree. And then we had, you know, uh, Max Landis's Christmas special issue, uh, a story just thrown in that felt really out of place. Here for Superman special, for all the stories that we dealt with, they all felt like they belonged and, you know – we got even though I thought that the Peter J. Tomasi, Patrick Gleason thing was a little bit overplayed because of what we got previously, how well it worked there. Not yeah. so much here. It was still a nice story. So I gave this actually higher than Action Comics special. I gave this a seven out of ten for what it is. Yeah, I think I'll go seven five. I, I actually like it. We were making fun of that Mark Russell story, but I, I like that nice enough. enough. I mean, anytime you have anything like this, you're expecting to see the, this is what makes Superman super. And in that, you do have that, where he is being depowered. Uh, and, and I also, I'll give Mark Russell credit that he doesn't go to lengths to really, it's just Superman returning to Earth and saying, yeah. boy, I could use a bath. And then I really have to sunbathe because I'm a little depowered. And then you go from there. You don't have to go too far because once you go too far, that's when we see things get all messed up. So I actually enjoyed that enough. And it just made me laugh at the end when that poor old man, that poor old man, Eric, he's poor old never man gonna, with a dog. Now. He's going to be homeless with that dog. But yeah, uh, seven five for me. But with that now, we're going to stop a second and go off to the first mail section yo it's mail call it's mail with jim hallelujah it's mail with jim oh yeah it's mail with jim hallelujah it's mail with jim amen it's mail with jim hallelujah it's mail with jim amen let's hear Jim, you can go home now, Eric. You are not included. Done and done. You are not included in this here mail. You are not the star of the show. It's mail with Jim. That's all I have to say. Mail with Jim. There you go. Oh, he's gone. Oh, thank goodness. Now I can go. I can slip out the back door. But yes, hello and welcome to the first mail section, Eric. And if you want to be part of the show, be the star, if you will, unlike Eric. I'm your back door, man. Unlike Eric Shea, you can email us at weirdsciencedccomics at gmail.com, just like everybody tonight did, Eric. They're not allowed to get a hold of me on Tumblr anymore. That is no longer allowed. And the first email is actually an email that came in last week. Uh, Hakeem emailed us. It came in very late. I I, I love Hakeem, but he must have thought that we were doing the mail at like 2 a.m. It seemed. It wasn't that late, but it seemed. Uh, but so I told him that we would be talking about it this week, and it is. The first email and here we says, are. what up, Jim and Eric? It's been a what while up, since I wrote in and just wanted to give you guys an explanation of sorts. The truth is I just jumped ship from DC Comics. That's oh. it. Gone. Out of here. Adios. Happened around three or four weeks ago, and I did wonder what was up with Hakeem. I was in the process of writing an email to you guys giving some, let's say, some colorful opinions about Doomsday Clock and fuckwit Jeff Johns. 
Ooh. He says, uh, let me tell you that email was so freaking R-rated that when Anna read it, she was looking at it as if someone was describing a very detailed village massacre. Even the children. It was a manifesto. Even the children. She deleted the draft and sat me down for a talk. She made me realize something. Why am I wasting so much time and money on something that is making my blood boil? Really, right now, Akeem, tell Anna to get on that first plane and, you know, talk to me. She needs to tell me this as well. Shouldn't a hobby be a pleasant escape? Oh, God. <laughs> this is going to be the last email we ever read. I'm out. I'm out of here. Something to look, look forward to, Eric. Uh, then why am I doing this? Why am I spending $100 a month and wasting countless hours reading comics about a universe that just doesn't <laughs> click for me anymore? Not only not clicking, but it's making me downright angry. Wednesday, I didn't tell you this actually. This is my email. I'm disguising it as Akeem. Wednesday after Wednesday, I'd be getting my DC books while she got her image and back issues of books. She would read them with a big smile on her face while I'm reading mine, fumming and fuming and cussing. Why aren't I having the same experience? Is it comic books or is it the brander? I change that to while I'm reading and fuming, Tanya's just laying there and sleeping. And I'm like, boy, that, that looks really good. So After good. much reflection, I weighed out a few things and realized something. It's not comics. It's DC. I spend hours a week on my Marvel Unlimited app. I don't know if you realize this, Eric. I'm a fan of said app. Reading I've heard through it's a good app. Tons of comics that I adore. At every instance, I get to have some free time. I get pumped every time I open that app. I came in on Rebirth hoping to catch the continuity from the ground up. While I had a blast in the in the beginning, I just don't have that feeling anymore, and the Doomsday Clock pretty much sealed it. He, he has to go with my deal, and I, you know we're going to have uh, some advice for him later, I'm sure, as well, when we get done the email. But my advice is... Don't even worry about that doomsday clock. That's what I'm doing. I don't even think about it. In fact, Eric, I may even have a song about it this week. There's a vision problem at DC Comics nowadays. It's as if they come up with an idea, run with it, then suddenly change course, hoping to adjust to something. And the end result just turns out a mess because the final product is nowhere near what was the initial concept. I I think that as you go through this – you're going to realize this happens not just at DC. This is this yeah. is a problem all the time. Plus, there is one thing that you ha- you can't count on, and that's the human being part of the process, Eric. And that unfortunately usually doesn't robots help. we need, yeah, huh? Yeah, that's what we need. We need uh, comic writing robots and and drawing robots. We need and don't program it with the Jim Lee AI, or you're not getting Please. shit. You'll never get it. Here are a few examples. Rebirth begins setting up an epic showdown with Superman and Dr. Manhattan about the concept of hope versus despair with a few intriguing twists regarding the timeline and arcs of other DCU characters. End result, an imitation Rorschach. He says, Eric, number two, make a Man of Steel movie hoping to tie into the line with the Dark Knight trilogy about Superman. End result, creating a universe that threw a ton of characters all of a sudden that is now a jumbled mess. That I can't speak about. Number three, TV. Create a young adult TV show about Green Arrow and result a TV division that's just all over the place and way too oversaturated. Again, you have to realize the uh, TV part and the movie part, they could care shit about the comics part. These two, oh, yeah. they do not work hand in hand. They never will. They don't care about. And in fact, at most of the time that we hear, they hate each other. They can't stand each other. They fight about who can be included. It is not that you're talking now Warner Brothers, not DC. Uh, so if you're upset about DC, that's fine. But yeah, this all this other stuff is Warner Brothers issues. But I agree to a degree because well, I stopped agree. watching the show as well. But that's the problem. Yeah, but that's that's not going to change anything with my comics. And really, what you're you're 
hoping. But I want what, good superhero shows too, well, Jim. What we were hoping was that with DC moving to California and kind of being closer to Warner Brothers, you would have this thing. But this is something that you would have heard us yell about two weeks after we started our site. I mean, you you'll always have you know that Arrow show came out. Eventually, they tried to tie it into the books, and the people about comics hated that. And said, yep. fuck off. And then they went back to not being that. You had a Supergirl show come out. They didn't even have a book. And so all that nonsense. But yeah, and the movie stuff, uh, that doesn't seem to ever want to jive uh, with what's going on. But the decisions being done at the company are just confusing as hell. They give us one of the best animated superhero shows, Young Justice, and then pull the plug after two so seasons. Fans scream and beg them to launch more of that series. They instead replace it with Teen Titans Go. Uh, also, that seemed to tie into merchandising. I- I'm telling you, this all yeah. this stuff is just bottom line stuff. You just sell the toys. Yeah, it's just bottom line stuff. And me and Eric learned from from that whole debacle that if you don't sell toys, you cancel the show. That's all it's about is the That's toys. That's why has, I buy toys yeah, so well, often and to try to with that, the whole thing. It has nothing to do with if the show's good or there gets ratings. The money is in the merchandise and there was none. Super Sons being a fan favorite and good selling book gets canceled for no fucking reason. Yeah, we'll see how that goes. And it's a company that's just too all over the place for a guy like me. Marvelous. Didn't I see something today? Somebody put up something in the, uh, the Slack chat about how they're like coming back with the Super Sun Adventures. Yeah, I, yeah, I, I don't know. I, I saw that. That was a rumor or something, but we'll see. We'll okay. See. Yeah, I'm I, saying, I, I didn't, didn't look all into it. I didn't know if anybody else yeah, did. Like, I, I actually you? tried I to find the story and couldn't at one point, but we'll see. And if that's the case, it sounds like nonsense. Marvel is pretty easy to follow, very clear cut, says you. Again, now I'm going to get – I'm not going to defend either, but we're doing that fresh start deal. Uh, but then you have all these other books continuing and that aren't fresh. Uh, I get confused still. You have a shared universe on screen that everybody loves, uh, an app to help you catch up on the comic continuity and TV shows that are simple to follow and are cohesive with each other. Again, though, you have the, you know, you have the TV shows and the Mara, the movies where I see other people are complaining like, oh, that's not how that was supposed to go. Uh, you know, and things like that. So there's people who complain, but am I saying everything that Marvel does is great? No, personally, I find a lot of the movies mediocre and overhyped, but at least you don't have to burst a blood like vessel it. trying to make sense of it all. The good franchises survive and the bad ones are scrapped. Uh, you know, he says the inhumans. Uh, I, I'm not a TV guy with stuff like this, and I haven't even oh, seen – I just thought he meant the Inhumans in general because they're garbage. Yeah, I haven't even seen all of the – I don't watch any of the DC shows. I don't watch any of the Marvel shows. I watch one season of Arrow. That is all I've watched of any of the shows in general. I've not watched any you know, Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. or whatever that is. And uh, the movies, I haven't even seen all of the DC or the Marvel Universe movies. And it's weird because no. at the point where you have this and we have Me a and this girl work or throwing shade at you no, while you're out the lunch about you not seeing Ant-Man yet. That. I doubt, I told you, I'll never see it. I'm not interested, yeah. though I like the Strange. comics. And with that, that's what I was going to say is, I mean, is it is it crazy that we have a DC Comics podcast and I have not seen Justice League yet? I've watched about a half hour of it and got fucking bored out of my skull and I never will watch it, I don't think. But that's the thing is, doesn't matter. We talk about comics. We don't talk exactly. about the movie. So it doesn't it does bother me a little that I'm like, well, wait, I really should watch this. Doesn't bother me that much. I never finished Batman v Superman, and I don't think I ever will. I just they don't interest me. But I'm going to see Deadpool two on Sunday, Aaron, and I will damn right. I will probably enjoy that. So I just go bit by bit and watch what I like. Am I no longer a Patreon supporter, Eric? He asked. Hell no. 
As I told you guys in another email, as long as I have money in the bank, you will never lose me as a Patreon supporter. I still Hooray. listen to Jim's other reviews, Necessary Nonsense, Pop Culture, Back Issues, just skipping the DC ones he's doing. So he may not ever hear this email. So <laughs> when an alert came on my phone Tuesday morning showing Weird Science DC uploaded Marvel Podcast number 1, I was overjoyed. I went in this Wednesday and loaded up the Fresh Start Marvel Comics, and holy crap, was it epic, he says, Eric. I'm selfishly hoping you guys transition away from DC and focus more <laughs> on Marvel, but there's absolutely no ill will if you don't. We're just I told him. I sent him an email and said, we are, are going to have that Marvel Comics podcast, but it's, it has to just be the Fresh Start books because we yeah. don't have that much time, and it's one of those everybody can jump in. Thank you for everything. Wishing you guys all the best, especially with the Marvel podcast he's just with with that marvel podcast there hakeem still a proud ass badass patreon supporter p.s fuck jeff johns he says at the end so there you go he's one last bit thank you as he i i need the door sound as he leaves he just left the dc part of our existence you'll be back you'll be back i'm telling you i just go for the comics and yeah we get angry about the comics and the thing is what I would say to Keem, if he would be listening to this, which he may not, I would tell him that there are ebbs and flows of this. There was a point yeah. in our podcasting and our site deal where we were at an all-time low, and we were very upset about it. I had to talk, and me and Eric both had to talk about World's End, Future's End, and Batman and Robin Eternal at one point, like almost all together, and it was getting very upsetting. All and, weekly books. Yeah, all weekly books. So we'd have to talk about those. Then the DCYOU hit, and we had a bunch of nonsense. So yeah, and then Rebirth happened, and we were excited again, and we had Great. all this things. Everybody else seemed to be excited, and now, too. now, I'll admit, we are down at that point again. We're at at this point where it's getting low again, but you just have to ride the wave. You got to ride. And the thing it. is, we see we see coming in with all these solicits and announcements. There's being a, a lot of shakeups going on at DC Comics yeah. right now with what you know Scott Snyder's doing with the Justice League, like event right now leading to the other Justice League books, and just the shakeup in different writers doing different things. You know, it does kind of lead to some excitement as long as the readers know that this is coming, and other readers who aren't reading right now who have yeah. dropped it out, like you, know that it's coming might be a decent place to jump back on to see yeah. what's going on in the DCU. Yeah, I'm telling you, you just have to kind of ride the wave, like I said. And, yeah, we're having a lot of stuff. I, I mean, we just talked about uh, No Justice, Justice League No Justice, yeah. where that first issue got me real excited. This this issue, you heard, I'm not as excited anymore, but that can change next week. It's one of those exactly. where you got to go week to week and month to month and see what's going on. But I also understand if you're not enjoying it, yeah, step away. And this is where I think that if DC had an app like the Marvel app, you may have had Hakeem actually say, listen, I'm not enjoying the current stuff right now. You know, There's some a lot of, that of stories down, I like I'm going back but to. I can go back to an older run, you know, a Grant Morrison, Batman and Robin. You know, you can go even further back and read those and that might spark your interest again. Yeah, this Ron Mars Green Lantern's killing it. Yeah, and with that it, it would spark your interest again or might but also it may also you might realize, boy, you know what? Now I see what said guy is doing now. It kind of does mirror this or it is kind of like grabbing that Perkins and stuff back. like that. Yeah, so uh, I I think that's another reason why DC are fools for not doing that app. But I've said that so many times. The next mail is Dancing Mike. And Dancing Mike says, hi, Jim. Greetings, Eric. And hello, mother. First of all, a big shout out to the Get Fresh crew. And he wants wants a classic Get Fresh crew sound that I do not think I have anymore, but I may. Let's see if I have it, Eric. Let's see if you know what this is. 
Get fresh cream. Whoa, whoa, I knew it. Oh. <laughs> 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 yes, I'll, I'll, never, I'll never get rid of that. And I, I love but Brian from Arkansas. I love hearing from him. We haven't heard from him in a while. Him and Charlie Drew. It makes me sad yeah. each week where I'm like, they're going to they're, they're gonna get, they're going to get a hold of us. And I'm going to be so happy. But so I'm sitting here finishing my last Samuel Adams winter logger of the year. I thought oh, I would write in oh, yeah. about one of my favorite Hard subjects. Days. Yes, from the home office in Ducktown, Tennessee. It's time for the top 11 beers at Dancing Mike's house. Now, what uh, also upsets me in this, Eric, is that it's an, it's one of these, we have been, have these mails of the finishing the winter logger of the year like too many times now. Like, I, I think that we, we've been doing this too long. And now they're not in any particular uh, order here. Uh, he's got backups for his backups. And as always, they're in no particular order. Yeah. He says there's, you know, he's got a lot more coming, but number 11, no surprise here. I've got plenty of Miller Lite on hand. Is it in 12 ounce or 18 ounce cans, Eric? Yes. Yes. Number 10, Modelo Especial. Yes, it is the official beer of the UFC and their commercials got to me, and I also like it. Number 9, Samuel Good. Adams Boston Lager, a true American classic. Too hoppy for Number me. Number 8, Samuel Adams Fresh as Hells. Fresh as Hells, Eric. Can I get a, I, I'm not, I'm can not I get a Hells Yeah from you, Eric? Hell yeah. All right. Number 7, Samuel I, Adams I don't know what that is. Keller Beer. B-I-E-R, beer. Yeah. Number six, Samuel Adams Coffee Black Lager, like buzz beer from the Drew Carey Show, but better, Eric. So you have the Coffee Black Lager. The other day, me and – I haven't thought about buzz beer in yeah, me, me and Logan ended up going to Arby's because Tanya likes those those sliders. She likes the chicken uh, – Buffalo chicken sliders. And uh, with that, Logan asked to get the Frappuccino something, some nonsense. Uh, Double mocha bullshit. Some d- nonsense milkshake there. And I'm like, what does it taste like? And he's like, it tastes like coffee. I'm like, why, why the hell are you getting a coffee milkshake? You, you're 10 or maybe 11 or 12. I'm not sure, but you shouldn't like Might be 14. Who knows? Get, get chocolate or, or vanilla. Jesus Christ, you got strawberry. I'll slap you, though. Number five, Samuel <laughs> Adams smoked lager. There you go. Uh, I don't like a, Smoked lager. I hate smoked beer. I had this I don't even one. know if I've ever had a smoked uh, beer, but that sounds I, terrible. I talked about it before. We ended up uh, one time getting a case of – I wish I could remember what it was, but it was a German style of smoked lager, and it tastes uh-huh. like beef jerky. And it was – you know what it tastes like? Yeah, I it don't tastes like somebody spitting out beef jerky juice into a cup, and it was nonsense. Don't need that. Nonsense. Plus, I think that the case we got, unless this is a style that it does, Michael, have to tell me. Uh, it was not as, you know, carbonated. It didn't have a lot of bubbles in that, hence making it seem more like a thing of somebody Spick spitting up, yeah. out juice. It was awful. Number four, Samuel Adams Noble Pills. So good. And someone may have bought the Samuel Adams American Craft Lagers box, Eric. <laughs> there you All go. Right. Uh, number three, Scrimshaw Pilsner style beer from North Coast Brewing Company in Fort Bragg, California. All right. You have number two, Innis and Gun. Oaked Age Beer from Edinburgh, Scotland. I'm I'm thinking that's Garth Ennis. It's spelled different, Eric, but I'll yeah. still go by that. And James Gunn. They got together, Eric. We can all get along and make they a beer a together. Number one, Old Stock Ale, also from North Coast Brewing Company in Fort Bragg, California. It is 12% alcohol by volume, or as they call it in Buffalo, a light, refreshing breakfast drink. 
That was yeah. like that Sammy Klaus that I get. It's that beer that they only brew once a year on Christmas, and it was like 13%. Boy, that, that knocked me on my ass. It really did. Yeah, pretty much. I, I like Miller's Light, so I stick to Miller's Light. I like the Miller's Lights, do you? I like the you Miller's like Lights. Miller's Lights, yeah. I, I don't drink, Eric. I don't know if you uh, have heard. I'm allergic to hops. Uh, yes, and you can tell that when I'm on the basketball court. Boom. Boom, Eric. That's about all I've got for this week. So until next week, thank you for all you guys do. And remember, as burn victim Mae West would say, whoosh. Eric, there you go. And that is yeah. uh, thank you, Mike. Uh, thank you, Akeem. That's the end of mail section number one. We're going to go off to more books. One night I fell asleep when I had been smoking. I woke up with my bed in flames. Multiple cosmetic surgeries, and now I live in constant pain. All the scar tissue makes my skin feel so tight, it cracks and it oozes and weeps. Someday I'll find you. I am a burn victim. All yeah. right, we're back. <laughs> we are back. That was a request for one Eric Shea. He asked me to That's do right. that this week. There you go. It's one of those like a horror movie. You, you don't want to see it, but when you, you do enjoy it, though, right? Oh, yeah. Yeah, you love it. But we're here for the second part of books, and uh, I would like to call this the green section, Eric. And Damn right. I didn't, even, didn't even think about it before, but I? it really is a green section. Uh, the first book we're going to be talking about is Green Lantern, said Eric will do the blurb. Uh, and if anybody hasn't, uh, you know, heard, I don't know if Eric would address this in his blurb, but this is Tim Seeley's last issue. He got pulled off this book uh, two issues early, which is Weird. very odd. And uh, that kind of – Doing some of the it, best work that Green Lanterns have seen pulled yeah, off. Yeah, we actually have really enjoyed it, which is pretty much the death knell of anything in this world. If me yep. and Eric like it, you're you're done. Uh, with that, at least it does end with a, you know, an ending here, kind of. Uh, but what really you like that gets... Lethal Weapon series? Well, well, yeah, how about yeah. that, like, that main character? Yeah, really. Like? Sean William Scott. It's now Bam. Stifler. Uh, uh, you like Brooklyn Nine-Nine? That's your favorite? It's canceled, but now it's back here. So see, right. sometimes things work out. Um, yeah, it's a shame that, that you have Tim Seeley leaving this book because I think he actually is doing really good right now and I'm really enjoying it. Now it helps that it's tying back to something that we wanted to see from the Dark Side War and Jessica all yeah. going. But it's a weird deal that this does feel rushed to me to end. Uh, and so that's an odd thing that he didn't know that. And maybe that's the problem. Maybe they're like, listen, you have to end this story, then have some others. So really get done this 47. Like this 47 should really end. Hey, all right, I'll do that. I really didn't want to. I wanted to continue a little, Yank. but I'll end it. And then they're like, yep, right from you that sons of bitches. comes out from the freaking side of the stage. Yeah, yeah just get out. some. Yeah, from, somebody hits the gong. Uh, Charles Nelson Riley's, nah, nah, nah. there you go. Yeah, Rip <laughs> Taylor throwing goddamn confetti around in there. You go. Chuck, Chuck Barris is dancing, and there you go. The unknown comic comes out to replace you for two issues, Eric. You don't need that. But yeah, it's a shame because we really like it. But go with your blurb. Let's hear what you have to say. Green Lanterns number 47, written by Tim Seeley, with art by V. Ken Marion, Sandu Florea, Dine Ribeiro, and Dave Sharp. 
Jessica of the mind is confronted by the men who killed her friends, and it's up to Simon to make sure that she doesn't see their faces because this act will unlock the realm of the green that, that is buried inside Jessica's mind and allow powering to come back into existence. Thankfully, Simon, thankfully, Simon's <laughs> known as the miracle worker, and after a heart-to-heart talk, we Helen see that Keller. Jessica... After a heart-to-heart talk, we see that Jessica has the willpower to tuck this darkness back where it belongs. Boom, Eric. Very well done. Very well done. I, I didn't interrupt you because I, I respect you and your blurbs. But yeah, the Thank miracle you. worker, is he? Uh, yeah, I, I'll tell you right now, I love V. Ken Marion's art. I always do. I, I think it's really good. Uh, but with this, like I said, you, you have these issues leading up to this. Uh, we do start with something that we have been bitching and moaning about, so... We get it. They used the battery. We, we have not seen this. And I said to you, this has to mean that they're going to get at least the battery separated. But it really seems to me that by that issue 50 with Dan Jurgens, we're going to see, you know, as solicits come out this week for the, uh, the August deal and stuff like that. I, I really do think that Jessica is going to be off this book. I really do. And I think that this was to get her kind of story resolved here. You have this battery mentioned a- after issue after issue of not having it to me so that when Hal does show up and separates it, people aren't just like, what the hell is that? It, it's yeah. now spelled out. Well, I'm saying it, it does odd. spell out later on in the issue because I, I do think you're right in the idea that Hal will show up like we see at the end of this and separate the battery. Yeah, but they're there bitching is this whole and moaning thing. And, and stuff Yeah, later. there's this whole thing, though, that like, you know, Simon says, why do you like, you know, when he's trying to reach Jessica of the mind, it's like, yeah. why do you think that I'll put our batteries together so we'd have to face each other yeah. when we do our oath? Because we're both technically kind of villains at a time. So yeah. we keep each other honest when we get to do this. Yeah. And, and with that, it's funny because when they do use the battery at the beginning, not facing each other, that's fine. No. But I did like the idea that what we said is they never really use it. No. It kind of has, you know, underwear on it and stuff. So I'm telling you, I think we're right. You know, they, they haven't used it. It's almost like when I bought my Bowflex, Eric, the Bowflex, which is also known as a coat hanger. <laughs> basically but yeah you, you have that to go with and then we go back of the mind you have jessica a power ring deal the green and, going. Realm. and with this the whole idea is that you know simon doesn't want her to see the faces of these killers because this is going to make her go full out and stuff like that it's going it to allow powering to come out of yeah. her mind to be and back into that, existence though, it doesn't jive that well as this issue goes on to me. It just kind of ends with a, yep, that's why I didn't want you to see that. And a lot of these things just kind of happen to happen where well, you get I the agree. Justice League gets sucked just, up. Just and, the whole idea that we're of the mind, this whole idea that the, the yeah. realm of the green is in the back of her mind. And like, you know, Valthum might have died out, like, you know, when uh, the Black Racer touched him. But the realm of the green, she tucked away and it's infected yeah. her over the years or how, many, how long she's been a Greenland or yeah. whatever it is. It just gets a little too convoluted and too complex to really yeah. put in this final issue because I was having some problems the last issue talking about it and even just understanding the concept of what we're dealing with. And I don't think it's really resolved all that much no, here just to get down to the whole heart and heart talk of the whole thing. Yeah. And that's what makes it seem to me like it was a little rushed, that yeah. you had this set up and never really resolved Not it. Not saying I that mean, I don't like the issue, though. No, I, I like the issue enough. But yeah, at the one point, you see Singularity Jane break free of the chains that we thought 
were kind of nonsense anyway yeah. because of what was going on. And Simon with took that, his ring off. Yeah, with that, you you get them sucked up, and also you get the you know you you look real ugly, baby. She looks <laughs> disgusting there, and she's that this Justice League starts getting sucked up in this black hole deal again for what and why, and it, it just seemed like a very forced way to actually have to make Constantine. You know, step up his game and a little. Even that whole aspect of Constantine, because him and Jessica's sister Sarah, they rush away as the Justice yeah. League is getting, you know, sucked into uh, singularity, Jane into her black hole of nothingness. Yeah. But the whole idea then, where we, you know, we have Jessica's ring is inside of her room, uh, Constantine has Simon's ring, and yeah. now we're going to use these to contact Jessica, yeah. actually contact just Simon yeah, using Simon. black magic or just magic in general. Yeah. As it just seems kind of weird because you know Simon, yes, you could say he's connected to his ring even when it's not with him, but we're inside of Jessica's mind inside this black hole, and then Constantine's using weird. magic to contact Simon with the ring because somehow they've reached inside the whole aspect of like, all right, you're in my realm of magic and nonsense now, Simon, so I can contact him. It doesn't jive just because like I've been bitching this entire time, like even though I love this arc, think it's the best thing coming out of Green Lantern. Our catalyst for it is Singularity Jane. And I don't know enough about her. Is, yeah, is she this yeah. fucking black magic goddamn demon of space? I don't know. Yeah, and it's funny because as Constantine's going up, because as this goes on and things are happening, you end up with the apartment, Jessica's apartment coming back, in, you know, out yeah. of this black hole. That's when the Just League, they get sucked up then. Uh, and even with that, it just, that was just an odd way to get them it was. out. Constantine's like, let's go, uh, with Jessica's sister. And wh- go why up is this and black hole here on. when it seems that every time we do this anyway, like we, Singularity Jane yeah. sucks up the victim to do this. Like we even see that, like the Just League are facing these problems where they're, they're dealing with their darkest moments, like Batman's yeah. confronted with his yeah. parents' death and, and, and whatnot. With that, it's why just do we there. have a giant black hole consuming Jessica's apartment? Yeah. Compared yeah. to everything else that we've it's, seen with Singularity Jane. It seems like that's some of the things that just seem forced because all of a sudden the Just League gets sucked in and then the apartment, when the apartment comes to, just so that Constantine has to be the only one and it, it relies on him to go into the apartment and he goes yeah. with Sarah and it and made me laugh. we don't even laugh. need to go there. No, and he, it's so funny to me though when he's walking up with Sarah and I swear to God, I'm like, boy, he's just going to get get it on. Shag, and then yeah. at the end, he even says like, hey, is there any way I can date Sarah? He's it's, just hey, sitting Simon, hey, Simon, bro. Uh, you yeah. think there's any way that Sarah let me date a sister? I mean, Jenna's going to let me date a sister. Because he's like, come on, Sarah. She's like, well, what are, you, what are we going? Uh, I'll show you. I'll show you in a minute. But he goes and with I'm that. i show you a magic trick. With that, I think a lot of people are getting excited because you have him there. He picks up the ring. He's like, we're getting this jewelry. We're going to do this. And he, you, you realize, like, oh, my God, we're going to see a Green Lantern you, Constantine. You say excited. I was getting furious yeah, well, until it, it didn't work. work. Yeah, it didn't work. I, I think that everybody – I'm telling you, I'm not going to think that even if he did get it on there and he became a Green Lantern, it's only going to be for a couple pages anyway. People just like to see what the look would be and what – you know, he'd have a trench coat fucking Green Lantern, uh, you know – uniform and stuff that right. people would you know people like that yeah i'm telling you i could go on right now and how many times can i go and not see superman as a, a yellow lantern people eat that shit up so i actually thought that was going to happen and have v ken get a little deal that maybe that's something that he can sign down the line <laughs> i'm sure he's like oh man this is gonna be awesome i'm gonna have this people gonna want to get me to say oh shit it didn't work and then he just uses it to contact simon just so they have this way to pull him out and with that also when jeff 
Jessica and him come together in the mind, uh, he ends up getting his uniform back on. Which is weird. I'm and, just like, it's kind of like he almost leeches the power off yeah. of the power ring or in Jessica's mind now. Or she's making him do that. She yeah. wants to see him in uniform, but whatever. But it ends up basically that Simon does not want her to go full bad. So he's trying to no. keep her from seeing these guys that killed her friends. In the meantime, it's all resolved of like, hey, thanks. That That's great. And also, oh my God, I realize now, thanks, Simon, you told me that my ring – I have my friends in it, and that's who's been talking to me. That's why I have a different relationship with the ring. Well, I, uh, I actually really like this part of the whole thing because actually at this like moment it. here is what it's Tim Seeley so was. Forced, so it just ends like that. Well, it's well just Tim so Seeley went on like you know Twitter this week to put him. I actually ended up having a conversation with him with him because I didn't know what I was saying. No, I was actually upset you. at first. Um, <laughs> It turns out I'm a big dummy, but what he's saying yeah. here, because when we see these panels where Simon is fighting Power Ring and trying to talk about, you know, what makes Jessica Jessica and stuff like that, this is supposed to signify Jeff Johns' prophecy for Simon Baz coming true from all the way back at Green Lanterns number yeah. 20, talking about him being the miracle worker, the being miracle able to work. do stuff and how he could reach Jessica and talk about, you know, you are a different kind of uh, – Green Lantern than we've ever seen, Jessica. Your willpower, your your need to keep your friends alive is yep. what made you uh, able to have this ring the way it is. Like you, your willpower and this whole need that you have was is what it was able to affect the ring for all the stuff that we've been seeing in this run leading up to this thing where we have seen these yeah. weird constructs hanging around Jessica and it really seems sinister at a time. And even you know talking to her in a loving kind of way yeah. while, while she's going to sleep, games, just watching TV. About it stuff. Um, yeah. It seemed really sinister leading up to this, but it seems that these things were like, you know, it's how Jessica kept her friends alive. Yeah, and her these are like, are you know, alive her ring screen. is just manipulating her, her own willpower to keep them going and alive. And it's a real thing. It's like, you know, the idea of who she is and how she uses her willpower is what brings her down back to being just Jessica Cruz and not power ring. So Simon being the miracle worker, as you know, Tim Sillier says, you know, Jeff John's prophecy came true. This is what allowed her to step back from the edge of darkness. Yeah. And with that, then you have the Just League, like you said, they're seeing like all these horrors of their life to kind of get scared and upset that Singularity Jane would want to be feeding on. Superman's the best. Horror. I'm telling you, you go down. Yeah, that's all it is. I'm like, you know, his parents did die in this continuity, you know, his Earth parents, John. Both of them. And uh, yeah, and then his regular, you would think maybe you'd see Krypton being just, yeah. I, I don't understand. It's like, Batman's like, oh no, my parents, they're dead. Yeah, Barry Flash, my mom's dead. Cyborg, he's open up. Apart. Yeah. yeah, and it looks like even Wonder Woman is like she's there. Leaving the best is the best is though she has a big smile on her face. She's like whatever. But Superman has a box of kryptonite. Oh well, that's what he that's what he's upset about at that yeah. point. Uh, but yeah, they all come out, and this is where it's almost like one of those things that you know Simon with Jessica. Uh, they're performing feats that nobody ever would. You have the miracle worker, like you said, but you also have Jessica being pointed out as being this very special lantern. How she came about, and it's good because you do have that thing in the back of our minds throughout all this. Is that whole idea of Volthoom and how she became a Green Lantern. It kind of seemed, you know, a little, I like that it's showing that she is even better and stuff like that because I like Jessica well, Cruz. And even the whole idea, too, that when we leave this issue, the realm of the green, it seems to still be in her mind that she's locked back away yeah, because yeah. she has the willpower to keep it at bay and keep it from being in our existence, like out in the open. Yeah, so, like, yeah. you know, we even walk away with the concept that we might see this again coming down the line. Say somebody has, a, like, affects her in some kind of way that opens her mind. Yeah, we can maybe, see Power yeah. Ring still come back. But right now, Jessica Cruz, 
is a goddamn – she could be a weapon, but she is a fucking powerful Green Lantern who yeah. has the willpower to keep this at bay. And not only that, just even send Singularity Jane yeah. to the realm of the green yep. from it. Like you know, when she was inside of uh, Singularity Jane, she just pulls Singularity Jane into her, just yeah. leaving Jessica Cruz. Which is, like, it's pretty dark uh, because yeah. then she just gets attacked by what we saw before. Uh, you know, with the just dead, the previous power ring bears, yeah, with the uh, the the power rings that were dead, and then pulling her down. But then we go off to, you know, we go to Mogo then, and you see the Guardians pretty much like you got to go. This is nonsense. You know, you can't have now, this. You got to get Jessica Cruz, uh, and get she's gonna she can't she has to be dealt with. Well, it's, it's the weirdest it's a, part because what they spell out here is like the Ring of Lantern two eight one four point six has been altered. Its AI is overwritten by sheer willpower, and like they're like most impressive. Yes. But alteration leads to death, and once again, a ring has been used to kill innocents, many innocents. And I'm like, yeah. who the fuck did Jessica Cruz kill? Uh, I guess I, maybe I, they're saying I, maybe they're confused with the, the her friends in there, and they think that because of that, you know, they they wouldn't know. They, I, I maybe don't. They I'm telling you, just, just the that, idea that and, the guards are saying this out of nowhere. I'm like, I don't know what we've yeah. missed so far because this well, seems almost like it was added in, and we missed something. Yeah, I just I'm like, think that they're Jessica mistaken because here's the thing: they're he, Hal's going. He's like, if anybody's going to take it away, I will. He's going. We know she's not going to lose the ring. She's in books going forward, yeah. even if she isn't in this one. Uh, so. It has to be a misunderstanding. I think that maybe with that alteration, that kind of set off the, you know, the alarms or whatever. And when they went to go find out, uh, there are people that are in this ring in this realm that are dead. And maybe they're just going to blame her and think she did something with this and how will figure it out, whatnot. But I just, the whole thing with that, him going to earth, them bitching and moaning about the dual battery and how it's nonsense and things like that. And then the way it ends and having her in that Justice League Odyssey book. It would be very odd to have, you know, you read a Green Lantern's book and you have them around. You can't have Jessica in space doing nonsense stuff without Simon with that battery. So at least that's going to happen. But I actually think that maybe she'll leave this book. I don't know. We're going to see. It's an odd thing because it's a plural Lantern's book and we'll have to see how that goes forward. Now, again, it's not selling great. Uh, It's okay. Uh, but we'll see how that goes. But yeah, at the end. And like while you I said, love V. Ken's Marion's artwork, I think it's how Jordan is phenomenal at yeah, the end I, of that I last really page. I really love it. Yeah, it's so good. But yeah, I love his, uh, his artwork. But yeah, we end then. And what did you give it? Overall, I gave this a 7.5 out of 10. And while I had some problems going forward with some of the concepts they're throwing at us and how things kind of seemed rushed at the end, I really enjoyed the whole thing, you know, showing how powerful Simon Baz and Jessica Cruz are together. Because yeah. even though this is a Jessica Cruz thing, we really had Simon step up and prove that he is the miracle worker that Jeff Johns put out there. And after talking to Tim C, I'm like, you know what? That says because I would really just see this as a Jessica Cruz issue if he hadn't gone and pointed these things out and how like – V. Ken Marion tried to make the panels very similar to that prophesied stuff that we saw in yeah. Green Lantern number yep. 20 in the New 52. And that's why I was confused at first because it was so similar. At one point, I'm like, am I looking at he's he showing pages from this new issue and I'm nah. missing all these captions? Is that yeah. what's going on? Uh, but no, it was though. that. So it was a great little like duality to that whole thing. And overall, like I said, a 7.5 because I love the art. And this has been my favorite arc of Green Lantern so far. Yeah, I, I agree. I'm going to give it a 7.8. Uh, I liked it. 
I, I know that, you know, we're talking about some little things, nitpicks and stuff like that, but I did like it. And I like the idea that Jessica, and I like the idea that it fully explains why the ring was acting like it did. Yeah. And I like that setup that he was kind of setting that up with that sinister deal and things like that. So I like the explanation. There's a, there's a lot like of sinister undertones to that going on to what Jessica, possibly she killed her yeah, friend yeah, before until we'll we found see. out. Yeah. She's like, yeah. God damn, there's a lot of darkness in the background that was making me go down a rabbit hole that I didn't need to go yeah, down. Which I like. So we're going to yeah. move on to the next green book, Eric, which is Damage Number 5, written by Robert Venditti, art by Diaz and Nieves. Uh, Trevor Scott, Alan Pasolacqua, and Tom Napolitano. We continue with Damage this month by learning a little more about what made him and why he wanted it in the first place. While the Hour Man connection is not so surprising, it is cool, and there yeah. isn't much else here except talking in the sewers, a mysterious hint in a dream, and Gorilla Grodd joining up with Ivy. My excitement oh. of this book is waning, not just because of Damage himself, but the generic feeling of the story and the generic version of the guest stars. Uh, these guest stars that show up here, it's one just crazier this, than the next. Yeah, and it's one crazier than the next, but it's like we're not going to get enough of them to really delve into things. So you're getting very generic versions of them. You have Poison Ivy here who basically shows up and is yelling and screaming about the green. At one point tries to shake it off that you pointed out to me. But really, are we going to get enough time for that? And again, that seems to just point me to saying that that's part of the sanctuary stuff. That Which is again, weird because we didn't see it in the Tom King story. I don't no. know why we would do it here, especially since the last issue. They had to point out this happens before Batman. Yeah, unless 41. it's just going to be the next issue, which, you know, you have this continuing with Grodd, is she going to save the day with that? And if that's the case, why make your your hero here, Damage, be the second fiddle? And really, with this, he is. He, he is the second fiddle in this issue, at least, if not the series, because you keep adding these big guest stars. You had Wonder Woman. You have all these people showing Suicide up. Suicide Squad. Yeah, Suicide Squad. Why? Why not make your hero the biggest character in your book and he's not he's not even close no. and we're getting really half, half the time ethan was in this book he was asleep yeah. for 23 hours yeah he's asleep and pitching that he can't be damaged because he needs more time and nonsense because <laughs> you and then he can't off... be damaged because he could hurt some people That's, yeah so you, you end up starting off and there is you know poison ivy attacking him with sugar cane there you go. Yeah. He's getting attacked. You see the, you know, the timer's going down. Then you go Sugar back high. in time to the test of kind of showing what happens after this hour of power ends. And, but we know this. We know that he ends up, but there, you know, you get that little thrown in. Oh, it's, you know. With the flashback, like, why can't we break this hour threshold? I think it must yeah. be the miracle we've added to it, you know. And like, you know, like our man, we're like, we can't break this. It takes the body 23 hours and to recover from the extents it's pushed through with the miracle added to the damage solution. Yeah. Well, and here's the thing. You like that aspect. You said before. I that do. We thought I, that's just, what it was going to be. I'd rather have our man, but yeah. Yeah, but also we don't need two pages in, in the fifth issue telling us just a little bit of tidbit added to what we already know. We already know that he only lasts an hour. This just shows you they tested it and we get thrown in the, you know, the hour man connection. That's fine, but why now? Why wasn't that in the first issue? And then we go like forward with it. Yeah, well, we go for it. You know why? Pretty it much, it was just it was just acknowledging that I was right, so I yeah, appreciated that aspect. You appreciate it, but really, we're also there. I don't know if you looked at the page count it's less still. I know that it's not the 16 pages that the one was, but I think it's still only like 18, 19 pages. And some of this is just filler. They do not have enough story 
for each issue. So they're throwing in a flashback of something we already know just with the little caveat of throwing an hour man. Does nothing though. Okay, an hour, hour man. I got you. It's cool. But really, what else? Then you go and now we're going to deal. Remember the unknown soldier, Jim. Yeah. And he has a dream about the unknown soldier, which pushes him towards wanting to go to DC. Dream where a guy when he was passed out before that. Just a Ethan. Just remember the unknown soldier, which we haven't had anything about this beforehand. But now it's like, all right, I gotta, I gotta make my way to Washington D.C. because that's where the tomb of the unknown soldier yeah. is. So that's where I'm going. Yeah, in that I thought he meant the character, but that's so you know I, you keep going. And that's do. what's weird with the character in this universe. Again, maybe that's the ne- the guest star less than the last one. <laughs> there you nobody go. Wa- nobody wants the unknown soldier. Uh, in the meantime, you have just Ivy freaking out because she does have these guys that were with Ethan trapped with Ethan. They get up and up. he actually gets him out. And I, I don't mind the concept, this guy helping Ethan and basically he's helping him because he doesn't have enough time to help all of his friends or get everyone out. So let's get and the plus, guy who's a monster. All of them. Exactly. Yeah, let's get the guy who's a monster that can end this. And he gets him and they go off in the sewers. And talk, and that's really it. And the, and the they, big they, thing of this too, like for the way we've seen the Poison Ivy character in the past, and like you know, currently, like the most recently before this, in the uh, or Besides Birds of Prey too, I guess. But yeah, yeah, nobody is playing this the way that this issue is playing it. Where we have, you know, last issue we were shocked to see that Poison Ivy was done up in the whole green kind of skin kind of look yeah. that we don't see in any other continuity in the series, like you know, any comic book right now. And then when she sees the rest of these plants cut down from when, you know, Ethan was rescued. And it was, she, and it was, yeah, the plants that were keeping them captive. Exactly. So they They're have, cut they down. Cut them. She's losing her shit. Then all of a sudden the green skin goes away. Ivy kind of, ah, and then like goes and has white. a moment of clarity. She's like, people don't deserve this. There are other ways. And all of a sudden the poison ah. ivy, the green, yeah. whatever it is, the insanity in her mind of poison ivy comes back. The skin turns green again. And we just go back to the poison ivy that is just the eco-terrorist, I love yeah. plants, humans must die. And, and that's, kind of that's the weirdest thing, and that's the poison ivy. Again, I, I said, I, hero, villain, eh, it's up for grabs. Wherever you're going to play it, I, play I it. don't know what they're playing with, though, because we know like the poison this, ivy yeah. is going to the sanctuary. We're adding this whole kind of mental uh, like you know, yeah. problem, almost a dual identity aspect to the character. When we've already seen, though, that after this, the reason we're going is PTSD and not a split personality. Yeah. And with that, I mean, I could even say that maybe we'd talk to Robert Venditti and he would say that, you know, they, the story was written before. All of a sudden, Tom King did this. They have things. Sure. So you have to point something out. I think out that's the aspect this. for a lot of things. Yeah, I think so too. Uh, with that though, I hate this version of Poison Ivy where she just goes nuts because a vine is cut down that was holding a guy. It, it always, when I, when I see this version that's so over the top, and this is what I'm saying about the generic versions of these characters showing up. You know, you have Wonder Woman show up and like, I know the truth. Yeah. You know, wonder yeah. and uh, all that. Now you have Poison Ivy this, and I wonder, like, I just imagine the story with this Poison Ivy where she's just walking down the street, and, and I've sent Zach out to cut the lawn. She fucking loses her mind because he's cutting grass. I yeah. mean, basically, that's what these guys have done. They cut a yeah. vine, and she loses her mind. It's such a generic version of it, and with that, you don't even know why she's doing this. It's just the quote-unquote, you know, like you said, plants are great humans suck and and it just doesn't hit 
And you go then and you see where this guy is helping, you know, he's helping Ethan. But in the meantime, the guy who was driving that truck originally where he, Ethan got picked up and, and brought there. And then he our, took him to his cousin to yeah. start working for the, like, you know, the labor. Our favorite team shows up here. Mr. Leash's team? Yeah, Mr. Leash's team with, with Sniffer and the paparazzis. <laughs> I was, I actually thought that the paparazzi, he would have left the team to go handle the royal wedding that went on today, Eric. But no, he's there. He's the guy who goes. Also, we get the next deal. What, you laugh about that. Freaking, I walked out in between the mail sections there to go take a leak, and I talked to Jessica. She's out there watching the, this yeah, wedding ceremony yeah, now, just now, bawling her eyes out. I'm like, yeah. God damn, is I'm going gonna back live, to record. Is she going to live tweet something that happened 12 hours ago? Then you yeah. go, I loved it, though, too, because they start they, they start beating this guy up. They want some information, and then they're like, ugh. I'm going to let Handyman take him. Here we go. <laughs> we have another goofy name. Handyman. Then you get the paparazzi there. You got to excuse Handyman. I love roughness. paparazzi too because paparazzi looks – he grabs your head. He, he looks into your eyes and then somehow your thoughts go to the head. back of his head that look like I don't know what. All uh, right. Uh, I'm seeing in the back of paparazzi's hand that <laughs> – Ethan's shaking hands with somebody else. Oh, my God. All right, kid. who is this somebody else there, you? Mr. Hernandez? You made some deals. Now, it's like they're looking at, okay, what'd you do, Mr. Hernandez? Oh, uh, what I'm seeing is he's a very uh, courteous man who likes to yeah. shake a guy's hand and look him in the it, eye. It's, it's funny like to me, that. too, because paparazzi, in my mind, before, like, in the last issue, we were making fun of him and talking. Yeah. I, you know, I got the idea that he could, like, you know, read somebody's mind and find out about this. For some reason, because of my idea who paparazzi is, when I saw this panel here before, before we're talking about it right now, yeah. I didn't think anything of it. I didn't think that this was transmitting through the back of the skull. I don't even know what I thought. I just yeah. kind of looked over just, it. And I, but yeah, All right. That's what it does. You got the information you needed. You know what the best is of now this it's is? No, it's so nonsense. The best is, too. Why didn't they have paparazzi? There he is. He's got his mohawk. He's got a special look there. Why didn't they have him wear like a hood or or a beanie? Something covering that monstrosity of an empty, I don't even know what, a TV screen on the back of his head. He's just walking around. He's just walking around life. And then, you know, he's got the TV there. You it's think just not- grow his hair out of it? It's just, I, I don't you think know. You're shave that bubble it's, in the back of your head. It's fucking nonsense. He has to go. He's like, he, he combs his hair and then has a fucking handyman come and, and use the Windex on there so that you can see clear. It's nonsense. The, these Next people, life, handyman. these people are nonsense. It is so, this is Sniffer. where I said, <laughs> Sniffer. And, and that's the worst know, part too, because I can't and remember I the character's name now because you said that and all I can think of is Sniffer. <laughs> oh, it's so much ridiculous. This when can we stop talking about these books? Mr. Leash's crew. Yeah, Mr. Leash. You got Mr. Leash. Oh, then you go down in the sewers, uh, because you see a handshake. Oh my goodness. He, he talked to somebody else. And then you go in the sewers. There's Ethan and the guy there. They're eating the sugar cane. That's gonna give him energy. He's just gonna say, "Listen, I and can't help you. I gotta, I gotta, I gotta rest. I, I can only do this. You know, you get a little bit of that. It's still, you know, nothing. It's just well, that's nonsense. the thing is because now it's been 23 hours when he first broke Ethan on it. Look. I need you to turn into a monster. I can't. I can't right now. I need to rest. Now we've rested in the store. He's been asleep for 23 hours. He wakes up on the dot. He's like, all right, I need you to turn into that monster now. Yeah, that's it. I, I don't want to hurt anybody. I don't think you will. Okay, wanna, monster time it is. I don't want to hurt anybody. Maybe this time I can control him. Hey, there, damage in my head. 
You, you remember what we said. We're going to have a plan, right? Fuck you. All right, that seems like a plan. Let's go. And he turns into damage again, and he's going to attack Ivy. He goes out, and you have Ethan in his mind just basically like, listen, I got a plan. Screw you and your plan. And he's going to attack, and then we see that Grodd shows up out of nowhere because Grodd, Ivy has Grodd promised. soldiers. Yeah, he, uh, Ivy has promised Grodd a jungle kingdom. I, I don't know why she had to get involved I, with damage is, to for do the this. Way that, for the way this is... It really seems like we left Central City at the end of that Gorilla Grodd arc. <laughs> the soldiers are taking him away on his throne. Yeah, on he took over back. their minds. And in the background, besides for being wanting the Speed Force, he also wanted a jungle city. Yeah, he wants he wants a jungle city now since he didn't get the Speed But the, it's really true. They left the flashbook with these guys kind of taking him away prisoner. Now they're there. And this is where – And a lot I, more I, guys it seems like. So maybe yeah, they got more. all the way back to Gorilla City. He and took he, control yeah. of everybody, came back with his Gorilla soldiers because at this point he had planned on having the Speed Force. But he also wanted and a jungle I, I city. Just want, Can't I wonder, have plan yeah, A. And I, plan I wonder, B it is. I wonder if Robert Van Diddy realizes that when you end each issue with another character attacking and you kind of just roll your eyes now it really yeah. means nothing it's nonsense plus i saw some people in the slack chat pointed out you, you kind of went a little off the beaten path here or you you kind of skewed this a little he has fought wonder woman and pretty much you know stood ground with her now oh, he's yeah. gonna fight some gorillas these are just guerrilla warriors from Gorilla City. Just got choked out Grodd, by Ivy. Yeah, he is going to destroy them. He is going to rip them apart. Eric, things are about to get bananas. They are. Ooh. He's going to kill people, and it's just nonsense. I can see and, the appeal. <laughs> uh, yeah, really. If I was them, appeal. I would. I would split, Eric. I'd split right now. It's nonsense. It, it, this book has been complete nonsense. Now, I was well, into really, it the first don't two really issues. Like this plantain. Sean. Oh, Jesus Christ. Now you really, you really ruined it, Eric. You re- I'm not even going to try to make something because I can't. You got nothing. I, uh, I, how about this? Like, oh no, that's a, that's a black spot on his career. You know, they get those spots, Eric, when they're, I don't uh, buy those. They're ripe. This story is ripe for action. I'm done. I'm done, Eric. Now you made me really hate it. But yeah, you're starting the sum. I just don't know why anybody's buying this anymore. You had the – this is the worst too. Just think of this. I tell you here. Uh, hey, hey there, buddy. This is DC's version of, of the Hulk, except it's not very interesting. No. It's not good. I've read some Hulk. There's problems. The Hulk is a character that can be tough to write for because of what he is, but I've read some good Hulk stories. This isn't a good Hulk story. Plus, you ended, if I'm not mistaken, you started with Tony Daniel art, correct? So you had really good art. The thing that infuriates me as I'm paging through, you end up with this. You end it. You have Gorilla Grodd show up, and then the next page is an ad for Tony Daniel to be in Batman. I'm like, you son of a bitch. You, you bailed on this book that was supposed to be pretty much your showcase. All these books are supposed to be these showcase of these artists. And in this thing, he's talking about how he always wanted to be with Tom King's Batman. And he bailed. They all bailed. Everybody should bail on this, including the people buying them. They're nonsense. They're no good. They're just not interesting. You are making these characters. All of them seem to have handicaps to what they have to do. And you're introducing characters new. And yet I know nothing about them. We are five issues. Issues in, I, I barely know, soldier. barely know anything about this <laughs> nonsense. 
Uh, so I, I, I'm See, the thing you. is, Jim, that you got to realize that this right here with the red, it is the War of the Immortals. Oh, <laughs> that's what it is. <laughs> it's the War of the Immortals. Actually, I thought that uh, Ethan grew up in a shit-ass town that he wanted to put on the map, Eric, by burning the shit out of it. Or maybe no, no. Have... He's a group of people who have come together who can't <laughs> go without a mile of each other. Well, which one? Because also it may be that he can't go through a portal because he'll dissolve because he's got to be near a glowing fucking bone. <laughs> which one is it? Is Talia showing up and then want to fight the Leviathan <laughs> with a cone of silence? I think what happened is whoever is the main editor around this, they they have a power, Eric, the cone of nonsense that is around every one of these books. Please stop it. Snap your finger and end all this nonsense in issue six. Get, Get rid of these books. They're all terrible. I can't stand it anymore. Where's Hakeem? Get, get me over to your house. I'm going to go to Canada. Me and Hakeem will sit there and we'll laugh together as we go through the Marvel app having a grand old time. Where's Anna? She needs to talk me off this bridge, Eric. <laughs> Nonsense. These books are just not, they, you, they don't they, they don't treat them with respect. Why should I? Why should I pretend that these are important when DC has shown that they hate them, that they're just throwing them out there from the pages of metal, from the pages of nonsense is what it is. I'm He's losing my mind over damage. The next. The anger is getting more at each one. I'm telling you, I told you when I read that. What was that last? The new challengers yeah. on the Patreon deal. I said this one is now solidified that I hate every one of these. Uh, where where is the karaoke, Eric? I need some fun in my life. Nobody knows what you're talking about. <sighs> I'm sweating like a I I don't know like a schoolgirl. I don't know. Did, what that did, means. Did they sweat? <laughs> I'm sweating like a. No, no, I was gonna make a really an. There you go. Right? <laughs> so what would you give this issue? It's Jim? weird. Uh, I give it a ten out of ten. I loved it. I Not just I just I just wanted to. I, it was a twist. It was a, a twist. I give it a fuck you five. Fuck all these. I'm done. When we get to issue six of all these, I'm done. I'm completely done. I I I want to hang myself right now. Do you mind? Can I go do that? I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna do it. What do you? Pretty give dark, it? There, What do you Jim? give it? I'm pretty just, dark. I'm, <sighs> go spit, Eric. Go spit, damage. <laughs> no, I think I'm going to give this a 5.8 yeah. out of 10. Each <laughs> issue does keep getting worse and worse. And the, like you know, like we were talking about, the whole idea of the guest stars being bigger than the character itself while also not knowing anything about yeah, the character. I, before I lost my mind, I, I think I had some legitimate points with oh, this. Oh, yeah, you did. <sighs> but no, all in all, it's, it's, it's not a very satisfying issue that no. just kind of makes us seem pretty pointless because – you know, Ethan, he sleeps for 23 hours, gets up, and we just do some more damage to the point where we find oh, out it's a cliffhanger. Yeah, it's, and, it's not, and, and I, I like the, the art enough in this issue, yeah. but the story is not very satisfying. I, I've calmed down now. I've calmed Good. down, and I just want to point out, you, you really – and DC themselves, they're, they're playing around with the idea of damage. It is their version of Hulk. I mean they're yeah. not going to – they don't even seem to not – even they don't mind this comparison. It kind of seems to be, you a know, joke. a little joke and stuff like that. You have uh, Sideways, who's their version of Spider-Man. Spider-Man and things like that. Well, if you're going to do that and you want to really spell it out like that and really go and play this joke, you have to be better than. You can't be a lesser book than the ones that you're trying to ape as a joke to get people into these. Ape. You just can't. <laughs> oh man, that would have been good. Let's rewind. I don't know what's going on, but he doesn't want to be a monkey's uncle, Eric. No. 
No, that did, that didn't hit. That didn't no. hit. Uh, oh man, I I think there's a bunch of them. See bananas there? They come in. Oh, they bunches. come in bunches. I got they you. They come in bunches. No, man. That's also terrible. He's going that, to. I think the, that's worse than my plantain. Where does he shop at the Banana Republic? How about that? Would that have been no. good? Oh, no. Well, I'm gonna stop now, and we're gonna go off to some mail. Yo, it's mail call. It is the best podcast a week, even though Shay is such a freak. I've got to hear all the reviews and the mail with Jim. And I've got such a long way to go to make it to the end of the episode. Oh, and we're back. Uh, we're all right. Back. All right. We're here with mail section number two. Dueling dose. egos is done. Oh, my goodness. Yes, it is. Or is it, Eric? Is it ever done, Ooh. truly? No way. Uh, mail section number two here on the podcast is going to start with the Hollywood kid, Luke Hollywood. He says, what's up, Jim, Eric, Reggie, Chris, Brandon, Trevor, Josh, Jeremy, Andy, Abby, and everyone else in the Get Fresh crew? Boop, boop. Oh, my God. He wants a, a clip that we don't have yet. But, Eric, what would you say if I told you fresh start? Fresh start. There you go. <laughs> I'm going to have to grab that for next week's mail. Real quick mail for me this week. I've got up, my last couple final exams on Monday and Tuesday. So it's about time I went into full-on cram mode. But I couldn't miss out on my weekly mail. Cram mode, that's what I do when I put on my jeans, Eric. But boom A mixed Ooh, week fatty. for books. No, I never wear jeans. So there you go. A mixed week uh, of I know books why. for this fatty. week. Oh, you son of a bitch. I can't wait till we have that live show at the New York Comic Con, Eric. And then people will see. I can't wait see. either because I'm not going to be there. <laughs> people will see that you are completely correct. I enjoyed a lot of my books, but there were a couple that left me scratching my head a bit. Brave and the Bold number four was very interesting lore-wise, but I would agree with you guys on the Patreon spotlight that before a book featuring Batman and Wonder Woman, they barely showed up in it. I'm hoping this was just a case of the issue four build-up to the grand finale and that Sharp can drive it home in the next couple of issues. Seems like that's the story that he wants to tell Batman and Wonder Woman were the way. They were the delivery system to I'm allow DC Batman to let them. Batman and Wonder Woman aren't just painted on the wall. <laughs> because I don't want to forget them, Eric. Superman special <laughs> was like the opposite of Action Comics special for me. With Good. Action Comics special, <laughs> I enjoyed the main story a lot more than the side stories. But uh, this time around, I had a blast with the side stories and thought the main story well. was just all right. That poor old man. That absolute highlight was the Atomic Skull Spotlight at the end. To, in between him showing up last week in Hal Jordan, the GFC in this spotlight, I would definitely be down about this, Luke. for an Atomic Skull and an MSCU Mini. If freaking Raven can get 12 issues, surely my boy Skull can get six at least, right? I like to call him Tomic is what I I'm call I'm actually him. mad now because I think we were talking about it earlier. I just said the MCU, Special oh Crimes Unit. Oh, my goodness. MCU. Uh, that's, that deserves like, hey, in the MCU. Yeah! Is that what you do then, Eric? You hit that? No. Oh, that's I, 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 that's I, I, think CSI. I said it wrong, and uh, now it's bothering me. Yeah, okay. 
I was sad to see Sealy jump off Green Lanterns this issue. This latest arc has been one of the strongest of all the Lantern arcs since Rebirth. God and I definitely think he was steadily improving since he first jumped on the book. This is He knows. He wrote this way before we recorded, Eric. So he is, in fact, first. It jumped on the Psych- book a couple of months mean. back. It seemed like he had a story in mind till 50. God damn it. Now he's stepping on my toes, Eric. Especially with the last page cliffhanger with Hal. So I really hope uh, these next two issues aren't just filler until Jerry jumps back on the book <laughs> oh, oh they're gonna be the, the guy who's jumping on is the guy who did that one shot the second one shot of nightwing where you had roy damien and uh and right, dick going I around I that person's it's name more right it's morakai michael morakai or Mor- morrissey Mor- Mor- we don't know we don't I know don't it's malachi holy crap Get away, our children he, of the corn. He walks behind the road. Yes, he is. Now I'm getting goofy. What time is it? It's getting late. Uh, with that bell. It's time for some Adderall. <laughs> really? Where are, the, where are those pills, Eric? You got the pills there for me there? Actually, I, I drink Adderall right Oh, there you are. Why are you Why are you calling to me, pills? I, I, you know I told you I can't, I can't dance with the devil tonight. I told you to wait till tomorrow. Tomorrow we got to go see Deadpool 2 at 6, 6 p.m. That's late. I'm going to need you then, Pills. After my early bird special. <laughs> Don't do that, Pills. Don't do that to me. You know I got to get away from you. I'm not chasing that dragon no more. Uh, you have this where I think that they're going to be a inventory type issue. Uh, and we'll see. It would be a weird thing, though, if, if we're talking about the inventory issues. And I, I mentioned on my news program about that, that I legitimately oh. this week talked to you. Yes, Eric. Everybody's talking about it. Uh, I ended up talking about, say, when I was talking to you at work and kind of trying to dissect what you would need to do to do an inventory issue. And I said I was right. talking to you barely listening to me at that point but you do get these generic stories in and walked away yeah you did and then I, I i started sharpening the shiv that i was working on but i decided to wait till maybe next week for that right. <laughs> that's for future eric to worry about but now uh it'd be weird to think that the whole thing like i always take that the workshop the dc workshop is where they get a lot of these fill-in issues it would yeah. be weird for somebody at the workshop to be working on a two-issue green lanterns book that That'd be very odd, but who knows? We had Lansing and Kelly, which I, I pointed out. I'm just out. saying that we ended on that cliffhanger. We got to have some kind of resolution. Well, you, that, you may not Dan have Dan Jurgen's whole arc. Like, I, I have a feeling on. that maybe that's what it is. I, I really do. I don't think that they'd get a surprise writer in just to finish that up. Then why not have? You know, well, it's a surprise to you and me and Tim Seeley. Yeah, Maybe well, that's not a what I'm saying. Why writer? not have the guy writing the story finish it up? Why get a guy that you know seems to always I be writing these? Now, the the weird thing is it really points towards what we got with Lansing and Kelly in the Green Arrow book, which was a two parter. That also referenced the DCYOU and George Bush being president. So we'll see how that goes. Finally, I was sad to see him. Uh, I, I'm, now I'm lost. I'm lost there. At least we got the annual to look forward to next week, he says. Before I wrap things up. I don't know. I think I think I deleted some of his mail. Before I wrap things up, it's time for the weekly My Hero Academia update, Jim's favorite section. I got to give a shout out to my boy Batman Beyond Mark on the Slack chat for all his official and official Get Fresh crew. Beep boop, boop, boop. My Hero Academia fan dub voice selections. He they ended up on the Slack to sign him because I did point out that the reason why I haven't watched it is because I wanted my son Logan to watch with me. And as he said with the subtitles, I ain't reading my TV. 
He may have yeah, said it right. a little smarter than that, but I think of it with us. I really wanted to watch a Transformers Headmasters this morning, but I ain't reading my he, damn he, TV. I'm telling you, he's got covers, coveralls on, overalls. He's got some hay in there. I ain't reading my TV. All right. Straw hat. Yeah, straw hat. <laughs> Maybe a banjo somewhere with some guy who can barely see, possibly you. They were inspired choices. Oh. I know all the fans of the show got a kick out of that list on the Slack chat. But if you didn't, it's great incentive to go watch the show so you can join in on the fun too. LOL. Oh, and I remember last week, Jim, you were talking about the stigma that real fans just watch the subversions. To be honest, I'm no Rockefeller aficionado or anything. But for me, I prefer watching the dub versions because I me like too. the voices of the characters in English. And it helps me to imagine the characters' voices when I'm reading the manga. You're one of them, are you? Noob. As long as you enjoy I'm telling you, I went to the lengths of actually getting fanned subtitled versions of things back in the day. Well, that's what I watch on YouTube. Yeah. Back in the day, I was ordering shit from every corner of the earth to get a hold of these fan sub things. As long as you enjoy watching what you like. Oh, I'm sorry. Fan sub. No, no. I'm fan dubbing. No, there's fan dub, and it's, it's just one guy in his garage. Hey there, my hero academia. What's going on there? I don't know. Hey, things are going wrong here in the Turns schools. Turns out this person doesn't read Japanese and all, and they're making their own <laughs> script up. That's what I would do. It's just with these crazy, hey there, guy who wears a hat. What you doing there? I don't know. i, I got to tie my shoes here. Oh, my goodness, you hit me. Why'd you go and do that, guy in the overalls? There you go. End scene. As long as you enjoy watching what you like at the end the of the day, <laughs> who cares how you watch it, right? <laughs> That's what noobs say. Your boy in leak slip, the Hollywood kid, XO, 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 Erica, and there you go. Fan award. I cannot wait to do my fan dubs. I cannot wait to do it. Now, there is actually a fan dub of a show that is featured right now. It's only in Germany. I don't know if you've heard this. It is called uh, Blind Man and the Jerk Off. Uh, right now, oh, yes, it, yes. it has not come over to the States. It's on. It's actually ended season four. Uh, and if you can get it, you should watch the fan sub version of that because at the end of season four – Sub or dub? Uh, either or. If you could get either or. It's, it's a really good show. If you could get it, at the end of season four, the blind man actually has – a eye transplant and he she ends does. up getting the eyes of a serial killer that they were tracking down earlier in the series and at the end Jerkoff who is Yuri Yerkoff he's he's the Russian yes. cop who's come to America uh, he ends up worried because when uh, he thinks that when the blind man comes to you know comes out of the surgery he may end up seeing through the eyes of a serial killer we're gonna have to see how that works out I can't wait till season five dun, dun, dun. can't wait till season five goddamn cliffhangers that Yuri Yerkoff is one of the best characters in TV right now. Andrew in Belfast you. is next. He says, hey, Jim and Eric, hope this correspondence finds you well. I'll cut to the chase. I'm going to get on my soapbox for a few minutes, and then I'll let you get back to talking DC. First, though, right. a matter that will become a plague on all our houses and start to sleep into other fandoms like DC if we don't like to, or we don't take a stand. That stand, my friend, is the Star Wars franchise. He's, he's a Star oh. Wars fan. Yes, that franchise that we love so much and only want good things to Four has been hijacked by a bunch of very crazy, very sinister forces, gentlemen. As you know, I removed myself from the formal Star Wars online scene a few months back and subsequently wrote to all book publishers and merchandisers to say stop sending me review materials. He's getting free stuff, Eric. Wow. He does not want it. 
I'm getting hundreds of pounds worth of stuff to review in the post each year. It's funny. why That's like the Kessel Run, Eric, when you say pounds and worth. I don't understand why weight is so much there. Gentlemen, I'd fallen out of love with a lifelong yes. hobby and interest. Yeah, I'm a dummy. <laughs> Tragic, I know. Cue a few weeks later, having sworn off the sheer weirdness of online discussion on the franchise killed off by either Rain or Ryan, I'm not sure, Johnson, I've never uh, heard what it is and I don't care to learn, to my horror, that odious little man starts up again making public pronouncements again to hype up Solo. Now, this man annoys me more than King annoys Jim. He has found a strange way to support Ron Howard this week by taking to Twitter and harassing fans, still criticizing his film, and giving them little lectures on the hero's journey. Uh, Jim knows all about the strange, round-headed little man's behavior because I've been messing with him, uh, raising uh, all the week. He just keeps sending me shit. <laughs> I get angry. Then articles started. You tell me about it. Yes. Then articles started to appear celebrating how he has divided the franchise and finally gotten rid of old fans. And that's what I told you. People are that's celebrating. Son of a bitch. That me and Eric do know, you know, don't like these new movies. So let me use the outlet of this podcast to explain some basic economics to these weirdos. Lucasfilms bought a franchise for four billion dollars. Johnson's film, which was a success because people went into it thinking it was as good as Force Awakens, it most decidedly wasn't. See your fine Patreon analysis. Yeah, we did do a Patreon uh, show on that. After this, they have to sell Solo to fans, a film that is the equivalent of making a Casablanca prequel, but saying you'll do it without Bogart. Harrison's for Harrison Ford you. is Solo. You idiots, not this little jerk so we have the harrison factor plus the once bitten twice shy factor post the last jedi add to that the fact that kathleen kennedy sacked lord and miller and then brought ron howard who was a gem and a professional in who subsequently had to refilm 75 for 70 percent of the movie 70 percenter so they have went over budget rain johnson has cut their audience in half by cutting out the most financially solvent part of the fan base i.e not young wannabe media types Adults, who don't have yeah. a job and they were cast one of if not the most famous character of the saga how dare you i'm still a luke no, guy no, he's right i'm still a luke guy even though han is the coolest I'm still a luke Damn guy right. from the beginning the seat the seats aren't selling still on the I'll, audience i'll give you this luke was way cooler in jedi than han was yeah the audience projections on rotten tomatoes has fallen all week alongside the awful critical response all, all these changes. and i mean return to the jedi not last jedi don't ever call yeah, last that's jedi it. jedi, jedi, or jedi I like anymore. You. all these changes are linked with twitter uh which disney marvel and dc all seem as i'll see as sounding boards but here's the thing you nut job execs most paying fans aren't even active in these discussions on twitter or don't engage with you they think are nonsense. Uh, I wish I was one of those. You are testing your audience against around 150 to 200 yappy accounts who essentially were randomly fortunate enough to be early Twitter adopters. Now, this is also taking it back to comics. This is what Christopher Priest was saying is the biggest problem right now at DC and Marvel Comics is they are listening to the few that go and yell things on Twitter and basing their whole companies off of that. But they are not good or loyal fans anyway. If Twitter is what they want, then the fight back starts. Here, I, gentlemen, have established a covert operation across Twitter and YouTube forums and am actively building a rebel alliance among intelligent and disgruntled Star Wars fans. I'm personally Patreon funding YouTubers supporting the battle who 
whose subscriptions are growing at an exponential rate, and am DMing people like Ethan Van Skyra, who is on the same page as so many fans, and who have also given a really loud voice for these displeased with the direction to rally around. This is bankrupting me, but we now have them rattled. Rattled, I say. I call on all Star Wars fans in the Get Fresh Coop, beep, boop, who want to protect the franchise to back this drive and help back change at the top. This time, we are ready for them. I think you'll agree that there is a poetry to a small band of rebels taking on a corporate empire to fight back starts now. Good day, gentlemen. P.S. Yes, I'm a grown man and need help. LOL. And yeah, it, it's funny because as growing up, as an older guy and seeing all the movies in the theater, I'm talking original trilogy especially, you know, yeah. you, you had these guys and, and never was there anybody who completely agreed on everything. Like I said, I was a Luke guy. Han by Empire Strikes Back, a lot of people became a Han guy, then he got frozen and, you know, things like that. Or the person who was insane in the membrane back in the day that said that Return of the Jedi was their favorite at that point, Eric. But there God never damn. was – an idea that I was like, you're not a fan then. No, it's weird. This no. whole thing now, it's, it's a combo. And again, I talk to Eric about this all the Fucking time. G- and it's like at junior high, I started a Star Wars fan club as an yeah. like a, as an elective kind of class like to have like once or twice a yeah. week in school just to bring the Star Wars fans together. I think my cl- my like after school – like not it wasn't after school. It was like a last period kind of thing. I think we had seven people in the entire yeah. eighth grade of that junior but high. But even then, and that yeah, was because it because people were afraid to be beat up or something. But I'm just saying in general, though, these people now, a lot of these people on Twitter and these people who are the most vocal, uh, in one post they will say, listen – Star Wars is something that should bring everybody together. It's such a great thing. Bring it all together. And then one person goes in, hey, all right, that's great. You know, didn't really like, you know, Last Jedi that much. Get the fuck out. They, they, you're out then. It's all or nothing. And that's, so not, much for that's not a fandom thing. And this is what I try to say. And really, you want to keep going. This is what we get with Batman now. You get these certain things that people get. Uh, they're zealots over it. And if you don't agree 100%, if you buy uh, just out of nowhere say, you know what? I didn't like that last issue. You're, you're, you fucking asshole. You're a jerk. Oh, why don't you write better? It becomes an attack. And the weird thing is, is that these are people who are kind of betting on the idea that now you're allowed to speak freely. Now you don't have where – when I was a kid, if I said at points, hey, I like comics, I wouldn't have been beat up. That, that is way overblown. I would have been made fun of though. They, oh, I would yeah. have been made fun of people. Like, oh, look at that comic guy. And I was. Yeah. But with that, that's what we got. We have now that with all this progressing, you have a, this attitude that, hey, now I'm allowed to speak my mind. So I have to be awful like the other people. It, it's just twisted and turned now where the awful people are the people who like this geek stuff. Now they become the bullies. I don't understand. When is I, it going to be I, somebody saying I don't want to bully? You know, I, I grew I grew up loving Star Wars my entire life, and I didn't even tell you this. Where I was at Toys R Us last week, and you know everything's for sale at Toys R Us. I mean everything. There was this thing that I thought about buying for about a minute. It was an oversized land speeder that sat on top of this one display thing oh, yeah? that was in the middle of this big Star Wars aisle, and it was like you know like three feet by four feet kind of thing. It was this big ass goddamn land speeder, and I'm like, you know what? For what this is, it's pretty affordable. No, you know what? That was a nice thing I once had. I can't say yeah, that I'm a Star Wars fan enough to go thing. and buy this, Jessica. Let's walk away. I told away. you that New Hope 
It, it, it really is one of the most important things in my life. I mean, it really is that to the, and I'm not saying that as a joke. I'm not saying it. I'm not even overblowing it. I think I'm underselling it. If you could go back and see what that movie helped me, you know, get through things, but also just be something that finally at, at that age, I found something that was mine and found something that I was so into that I finally realized there that I wasn't a serial killer in the making with no feelings it made me feel eric and, and with that. that though it's just like i said you get these groups now and a group that should be happy to be able to have everybody express their feelings it's it just leads me to think that with this whole thing and it leads into the whole deal where you had in school like no more bullying no more bullying well you know what you'll never stop it you never will it's the groups that change it's now you know you had like if you said it was the cool kids and the jocks then and they were the nerds they, 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 and then you have it's a revenge of the nerds but now the nerds are the bullies and everybody else is running scared you can't say anything without somebody attacking you and then you start to try to argue, and a lot of these people, their arguments end with, says you, nice try. That's, that doesn't end an argument. And I said, if you're on Twitter and you say nice try to me, I'm telling you, you are lucky this isn't 1978 and we're on the schoolyard because I'd punch you right in your goddamn face. I'd knock you out. And, and that's why people do it now because there's no – they're not scared. <laughs> I, I need some fear. And half of them, they don't even tell you their names or what they <sighs> – yeah, where is it? Yeah, I guess, I don't know. And then what's going to happen is now it's going to all reverse and then it just goes through these cycles and I can't stand it. I can't stand the idea. And I said, I said to, uh, to Andrew where I have kids, he has kids and his kids are a lot cuter than mine that we hear from the rent raise. But the, <laughs> the, the idea that you're growing up in a, a lifetime right now where you, you basically better tell your kids, you better be awful. Are you, you're going to get eaten up alive. Like it's celebrated to be awful anymore. And I don't understand it. What, what happened to just being a good guy or just, you know, mind your own goddamn business? Next is Brandon. Brandon says, sup, fellas. Quick question for Eric Shea. Before we get going here, oh. I swear I hear you saying you watch these movies that just came out, and I know damn well you did not venture in the public to do so. So the question ah. is, are you able to watch fuzzy-looking movies? He, he knows you're watching it on the stick. He, he, of but course. he goes, he hears you. Oh, Eric, watch that. Oh my goodness. He runs the stick and it's the worst copy. So he says, are you able to watch fuzzy looking movies on the stick because your lack of sight makes you see everything in a blur anyway? Or do you find HD quality things on the dark net from your cam girls? I am unable or refuse to access. Share your black magic secrets, baby. What, what is it? Now I'm telling you, I think he's referring to the fact that I, I said I watched Deadpool 2 on Thursday yeah. night. And uh, I did watch Deadpool 2. It was a, a kind of the, – the quality of the video wasn't bad. It was a little fuzzy probably to most people. To me, it doesn't really matter because I can't see that well. The biggest problem is finding something with a decent audio yeah, those, quality because really it does matter to me. Really, this yeah. did not have the greatest audio quality. It's one of the things where I said I saw something to the point where I had the gist of what this movie yeah. is. I caught most of the movie, but – I still want to go back and rewatch it at a decent quality copy yeah. because I know I missed some stuff. Like, you know, I actually put it on for just last night, hoping that, you know, there was something new, like a decent, better quality copy or whatnot. And I turned it off within five minutes because we were missing some jokes in the beginning of the scene. I'm like, ah, it's not worth yeah. it. I'll wait to watch it again. But for the most part, I caught most of the movie. So I could say, say to myself, hey, you watched it, buddy. Yeah, yeah. Eric, he comes in. 
and, and he watched this copy, this fuzzy copy. He's like, I don't know how or what happened, but Superman was in that movie. I, I don't think that, that was the case, Eric. I don't think so. I think no, that I it, don't was, think so. it was a bit blurry. Just like to let everyone know in the GFC, boop, boop, no, I am officially a Buffalo Bills season ticket holder, graduating from just several games per year that I'd usually get for free when we were out of the playoff hunt to attending the whole shebang, even the upcoming Monday night shit show that will burn down a large section of our city. Shout out yes. to the ticket broker, Sarah, who after four years of calling me and leaving voicemails on my phone, finally got her money. Long story short, I basically paid to shorten my lifespan by a minimum of four years. The vest is currently undergoing preseason alterations for a primed and ready 2018 season. I am also putting in an order for a pair of Zubaz cargo shorts to go with that beautiful Sweet. vest and debating on on what headwear to gear up with this year. Opinions are Obviously welcome. a headband. Yeah, a headband. Batman Ninja. Holy cow, what a piece of shit this movie was. I enjoyed legit maybe the first ten minutes before it goes completely off the rails. It feels like it's about to end about seven to eight different times and ends with a triple changer throwdown for the ages that would give oh, no. Jim enough material to drive Eric crazy for the next five years. About the only way to tolerate this movie is with a big bag of narcotics in a room full of buddies as you roast it out loud. You, you got them narcotics? narcotics you you say. got them narcotics, Aaron? I think that's how I'm going to get through the rest of this podcast. In which case, I can see where you're going. Books, Batman, hopefully the next three-issue arc isn't used to set up Joker for the Sanctuary. That would still be two others running around anyway, so no biggie right. I was going to make a joke about the triple-changer Joker with the three Jokers. I did not. To be honest, there isn't a thing in the world I find less interesting than exploring the concept of PTSD in a world that's filled with superheroes. Tom King is like the buddy you invite out who just always brings up his ex-girlfriend no matter what, except in his case, his ex-girlfriend is PTSD. And I still don't give a damn. If Tom King wants to tell these type of stories his, to his editor, if he even has one which we all know he doesn't, should suggest he explored these concepts in a Vertigo book a la Sheriff's of Babylon 2 or something like that. Maybe uh, revive that lineup instead of killing Batman to the point he's getting art germ variants to boost his ego. That is true. Superman special. Well, that's it for Superman books for me for a while. Good run by Tomas Gleason. And while this issue wasn't stellar. Where's that door closing and sound? These, <laughs> where, where is that sound, you ask, Eric? There you go. Or possibly. Door slamming. Door slamming. Good run by Tomasi Gleason. While this issue wasn't stellar and the Saturday afternoon special issues could be skipped altogether, I've never bought a Superman book so consistently and I re and regretted it for the most part. That's a win for me. It was also never even close to – and he said not regretted it. I read that wrong. It was not – it was also never even close to the point I'm with uh, the Bendis King books where if I buy them, it's basically for the hate read only at this point in time or because it's just a character I've collected forever. I hope they, Tomasi Gleason, get paid together again soon i enjoy the Me fresh too. take on characters they bring along with them new age of dc heroes if you guys vote to stop talking challengers and immortal men does that mean i get out of reviewing them on the site no and you no. also have damage so shut your mouth can we forget this ever happened <laughs> get, <back to> work, <laughs> yeah, get to work right now he's like booster tied up in the fucking cave i mean i'm okay <laughs> with sticking with damage and seeing it through but i think i text jim three times a week saying i've read challengers and i still have no idea what the hell to write about and then me and eric just yelled about it 
No justice. Pretty yep. decent. More brainiacs than you can shake a stick at, and I'll see this out. But I'm still on the fence about buying all of these Justice League titles coming up. I don't know if I feel like committing to all three or four or however many there are, and I have a feeling I'll default to whatever one Batman is on and see the others out after reviews drop to find out they're not farting around. Williamson doesn't inspire me much at all, and anything in Tynan is okay, but I could use a little break. Because I, I think Williamson's decent on anything that he's not yeah, doing that, with the that's Flash. true. And I have hopes for the Flash War. I really do. I think that when he has these things, the buttons started out okay. It just, you know, it didn't really – it didn't jive with what was going on in the regular books. It kind of got shoved in there. But but I could use a little break from his style of writing. I Jensen, that he meant Tomasi. Or Tomasi, I mean Tynan. And it is weird. You go from a, you know, the Bat team now to the Just League Dark. Like I, I would like him to do a single – guy book or girl right uh right. I, jens brandon and, and what they're going to talk about now eric is what do you think do you think it's the x-men wedding special number one i am trying to remember what was on <laughs> it the goddamn is the poll x-men and I can't special remember. number one i gave you a softball and you didn't take it you swung and missed because you can't see I can't you can't see. see it all but we're gonna go to no deck perception. we're gonna go to listen to uh brandon and trevor talking about that and then we're gonna have a well, section we're gonna have cape carson as an interstellar eye with reggie and and chris and then some other things jeremy josh and all that corner stuff and then we'll be back with some more mail again Welcome, everybody. This is Marvel Minute. I am Brandon, as always, joined by Trevitt. Trevitt, how we doing, man? Not bad. Just got back from T-Ball. How you doing? Uh, yeah, I just woke up, actually. I had kind of a, uh, I don't know, long night. My mom took the kid this weekend to Pennsylvania to visit some cousins, so she was off playing. Nice. Played a little Dice Masters with some buddies last night, Fortnite. We were drinking while the girls were chatting away. So, yeah, it was a good time. Uh, I, I really need some work on Fortnite. I go on streaks. Like, I'll be really good for two games, and then I guess I just get shoved into games with, like, all really good people, and I can't even get a shot off before I'm murdered. So With the All-Star. Yeah, that's why I have, like, a crew of All-Stars that just make me look good that I play with. <laughs> Yeah, I actually do better on my own than when I play with people because I'm like so worried about other people and following them and I I don't pay attention to what's going on around me. So, uh, yeah, anyway, we're not talking Fortnite. This is not the Fortnite podcast. This <laughs> is the Marvel Minute and the vote was put up to you guys this week in X-Men Wedding Special. Won by a large margin over uh, Claw or Hunt for Wolverine, Claws of a Killer number one and... You read the other one a second ago, right before we hit record. What was it? Uh, Infinity Countdown, Daredevil. Oh, yeah, 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 Infinity Countdown, Daredevil. So this was a tough, tough choice this week, but outstandingly, overwhelmingly, you guys picked X-Men Wedding Special 1, and here we are to talk about it. Uh, we got a big team on the book. Three different mini stories inside here, kind of set up a little like an annual. Uh, we got Chris Claremont on first story with Todd Nuck and Rochelle Rosenberg. Then Mark Guggenheim chips in with Greg Land, Jay Liston, and Jason Keith. And then Kelly Thompson is the last go-around here with Marika Ceresta and Frederico Belli. Right? That, yes. Okay. That explains a lot, uh, the Greg Land part, because I thought his art looks a little off for him. And yeah. he always he normally works with Frank D. Armada, uh, so that makes sense, that Jason Keith instead. 
Yeah. Um, well, yeah, we're going to get into the blurb here. This was a four ninety nine joint and tell you what this was all about. Uh, this is what happens when you don't pay attention to solicits and advertising material. You get what we call here at Weird Science DC Comics being man-shipped. Uh, so that's exactly what happened this week in the Marvel Minute poll. The X-Men wedding special is designed to seemingly draw your attention with Kitty and Colossus on the title, along with the big words of wedding on the front. When in reality, it's just a annual in disguise. So what do we really end up getting inside here? We're about to get into it and find out. Uh, and yeah, story one was, like you said before we, we jumped on here, uh, probably the best one of the bunch. Uh, this was the one done by Claremont. And if, if you don't have you know much of a background with Kitty Pride or you haven't read any of her older stories, kind of goes through a pretty decent step-by-step um you know, run through for the most part of the beginnings of her origin and, and her joining the X-Men and, and, you know, all leading up to where she's currently at, um, you know, in, in her relationship with Peter. Um, did, did you understand this part when they go to the bar? Are they working at this bar, like bullshitting and working here? Or are they like back there drinking and serving drinks to people? I, I didn't. Um, she's <laughs> I didn't she's working at the bar as like a bartender, <laughs> but. I feel like uh I think this is a dream. For some reason I don't feel like she's actually working at that bar cuz uh Nightcrawler does show up and then you got yeah. like the ghost of Logan and the ghost of her dad like all the people that are important to her like friends. Yeah. Are there? It just seems weird. Yeah, it's it's kind of a I don't know. I don't know how to explain it. Like uh, a weird ending to the story because then she starts, you know, like Trevor said, chatting kind of with these different spirits and stuff and, and, you know, basically the different men that were important to her in her life and, and they kind of help her ease her doubts about, you know, wedding. Um, and then by the end of the story, she, she kind of accepts it and is ready to move on with, with her big day and kind of has like a ironic line at the end of the story with, you know, I do or whatever. Um, and that, and that's about it for this one. Uh, it's a good, good um, story. If you don't have much of a background with Kitty pride and, and kind of sets her up for what she's getting into here next, uh, you know, and the issues coming up in X-Men gold, I guess. But um, yeah, I, I don't know if you know, Kitty and stuff, there's not much you're going to, you're going to pull out of this that you didn't already know if anything at all. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. They go through everything. Her early X-Men, Excalibur, astonishing. Like they hit yeah, all they the major like her important story points. Yeah. Yeah. Her um, relationship with Wolverine. Cause she's like one of Wolverine's, uh, like Wolverine's like one of her surrogate father figures, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And like they are sure to mention she's great at martial arts, like maybe even better than Logan and shit like that. So, uh, yeah, then we move on to story two, and this is the Mark Guggenheim joint. Um, and this is the bachelor party where all the you know main X-Men dudes still alive uh, kind of hang out at the mansion at different points in time, headed off to Vegas. And they're off to a demon-filled casino for you know part one of their bachelor party adventure night. Um, right before we kind of join the dudes in entering this casino, uh, we, we get this quick rundown and connection to this demon and, and his history with at least old man Logan uh, and how he's fired from this casino and then gambling at the casino he's fired from and then crosses paths with other X-Men, which pisses him off. And, and he basically starts this entire fight. Uh, 
<laughs> for no purpose other than he knows old man Logan and they fought at one point. Um, and then the head of the casino dude who also kind of seems like a mutant comes down or a demon and breaks it up. And no, it's guess, Wong. Oh, is it? Yeah, it's Wong. So okay. yeah, I guess he takes over the casino after Damnation. All right. I said I didn't read Damnation. I didn't know any of that. Uh, I, I didn't know this demon casino was still hanging around after Damnation because about all I read after that, after the first couple issues, was the Scarlet Spider tie-ins. And the new Scarlet Spider issue does a good job of pretty much ignoring any of that ever, <laughs> ever fucking happened. So, uh, yeah, I didn't, I didn't really know that. But, yeah, so that, that all ties into this, it seems like. So Wong breaks him up and then charges the X-Men because they mentioned they got a bill. Yeah. Uh, with the damage when they didn't even start the fight. Like, it was all this no. fucking demon's fault. Like, straight up, 100%. Well, the weird part about this story is that uh, I think it was the I don't know if it was the last I think it was the last issue of X Men Gold was all about the bachelor party and at the end um, Colossus gets taken away by the Nano Sentinel because uh, th- where they go after this when they go to the 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 club or whatever the nightclub at go- the very end yeah when they go to the nightclub Peter goes to the bathroom and then the Nano Sentinel comes in. Cause that Nan lady sent him after him and, and, uh, and she, he gets captured. But when they're at the seats, like in the bar, they're all sitting around talking and they're talking about how bad, how like crazy the night's been and it can't get any worse. And then someone says, Oh yeah, it's not going to be like it was at the casino. And then at the bottom, there's an editor's note that says, see wedding day special. And I'm like, uh, That's just- this is a fucking prelude to the, what already happened in an issue of yeah. Gold that release. That's kind of bullshit. I didn't know I, that. I thought that was weird. Cause I was like, what the fuck? That's not even out yet. Why would you tell people to see that? So they yeah. can see events that transpired before this issue, yeah. even though we're going to be moving forward anyway. Well, I hope <laughs> in a trade, they would pull these fucking six pages out and include it in that X-Men gold trade. You know what I'm saying? So it at yeah, least yeah. makes sense. And then that would at be that a lot point, better. notes, not necessary because it should be positioned. <laughs> Before that issue of X Men Gold, you know, I, I didn't, I didn't read it, so I don't know how how the chain of events go down in that issue. But uh, that's interesting. I, I've given up on X Men Gold, frankly. I, I don't mind X Men Blue so much, ironically, because I I hate the kids from the past still being in the in the present. But uh, um, yeah, I I've given up on X Men Gold a long time ago. Uh, yeah, there's there's uh, I can't. I'm still. It boggles my mind how it still sells like sixty to fifty five. I know. Copies. I think just because like people think it's the quote unquote main X title, and that does. I think so too. Know what I'm saying? I think those uh, people and just should the cast save the their money in it being you know more of like the cartoonish cast. From yeah, like yeah. The 90s. I think people should save their money and get X Men Red instead. Yeah. I think that should be considered the main X Men book. Yeah, but. they really need to retitle all those, like in and just Uncanny and um, Astonishing it again or something. You know what I'm saying? Like, just yeah. go with two titles. Um, I'd like to see that go back to. That. I mean, with the O five, um, judging by the news article about like what the story is going to be about, I cannot see them being around after extermination so yeah, maybe after that um, they'll do the uncanny nonsense. yeah they'll redo all the titles yeah oh, man. can see that because the x-men kind of operate on their own relaunch schedule for some odd reason from the rest of the marvel universe but uh anyway off track here and we're moving on to story three because that pretty much ends as yeah trevitt said they they 
are off to the nightclub and then yeah, read the latest issue of X-Men Gold if you want to find out more, I guess. Story three is the Bachelor at Party. Um, yeah, and I don't know. There's not much to say about this one either. The, the girls all head off and they're going to a karaoke strip club. Interesting combination. I never knew existed. I wonder if these exist in the real world, but that's where they're off to. And, uh, um, yeah, they, they enter Kitty's like hesitant. She doesn't want to go at first, but the, the girls all get her in there and she takes a bathroom break eventually and wakes up kidnapped and in the sewer <laughs> by, uh, Callisto. Is that how you say the name? Callisto. Uh, Callisto. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, Callisto is basically going back and forth with Kitty after they throw fists with each other for a little bit. And she's like, listen, if, if you break Peter's heart, I'm going to come basically cut you. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> and, um, and Kitty's like, that's fine. We're, that's a deal. <laughs> that's that a goes deal. back to the party. <laughs> and it's like now having fun. And I think Callisto sends a bottle of champagne for them all to pop at the end, right? Yeah, I think that was her. I uh, think that was her. I, I, the initials were kind of hard for me to understand what they were writing there. Um, but I, that's what I got from the, the wraparound. And then they, yeah, they have a good time. Um, that's about it. You know, did you got anything to add for that story? <laughs> uh, no, I mean, did a nice little reference for the Rogue and Gambit yeah, series. They did a shout out for that. But, uh, but that's about it. I mean, nothing much there. Yeah. So buy, borrow, or forget portion of things uh, is kind of where we're at. I don't know. I I was more excited when I thought this was a wedding issue. I don't know um, if I would have loved, you know, just reading through a superhero wedding. I'm very interested to see how these things go down because I guess I I haven't really read one because when Superman and Lois kind of came back, they were just married. You know what I'm saying? Uh, So they didn't really deal with that. Uh, so I'm kind of interested to see how they address it. If it'll be kind of like a sitcom wedding and like there's some crazy event that happens all the way on the run up to the actual vows, which will just be a couple pages. Cause I, I don't find reading an entire 20 page issue of people just, you know, running through a church type wedding. Very interesting, but uh, we'll, we'll see what they're all about. And uh, yeah, that's what I thought this was, but that's not what we got. Uh, we got the bachelor parties and, and some lead up, to the actual wedding. So your mileage may vary depending on what, what you think you're getting out of this. I didn't get a whole lot. The the one credit I can give it, I guess, is that it does a tight job of tying into other X-Men books currently out and, and, and uh, like, you know, just ongoing continuity that, that way. But uh, you know, that, that's really kind of the only shout out besides the art looking decent. I, I can give it uh, the stories aren't really too solid and there's not much there to to wrap your your mind around or enjoy so i'm gonna give it a forget you can save your five bucks there's nothing really here you absolutely need to read to enjoy the upcoming wedding or or follow the current x-man line you know what i'm saying like peek at it for free on the internet if you absolutely need to is is my suggestion uh but yeah this is a forget for me yeah i don't what do you think (laughs) what do you think I'm uh, right now. I'm thinking I'm I'm super concerned about the 80 percent humidity in this room and how my comic books are starting to crinkle. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but, uh, I'm concerned about other things is what you're saying. 
<laughs> uh, I mean, I think that's that's uh, that's all I got on my mind. No, um, I, you know, I wasn't really excited. I didn't expect much from this. I enjoyed the return of Claremont. Uh, I already knew most of the stuff that was in there, but I still enjoyed reading it. The casino stuff was a complete wash and waste of time. Yeah. The Kelly Thompson thing was uh, was okay, I guess. Nothing to write home to mom about. The yeah. art was decent. Um, Jean Grey got to pick the first song because she's been dead for so long. Good for her. Um, one thing I just realized, the last time I read a, a wedding issue, I think it was like a, I was 11 years old, and it was, um, it was an X-Men wedding. It was uh, Cyclops and, and Jean Grey getting married. Yeah. And uh, funny side note, that was an issue number 30, and Kitty and Colossus are getting married in X-Men Gold number 30, so I think that's kind of funny. I, I, don't, I don't know if that's a funny coincidence or if they planned it that way, but um, but yeah, this is, uh, you know, this, this is, like you said to me earlier, there's really not much to say about this. <laughs> I know. I said really this is going to be probably our quickest Marvel minute ever. It yeah. might be. It's, um, you know, it's not awful or anything. It's just a waste of time and it's not worth $5. Like yeah. I could, I could really. This should have been like DC zero quarter issue special or something. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Yeah. It should have <laughs> been, it should have been cheap because it's, it's a waste of time and they kind of duped people into buying it. And like you said, it's like a, it's like an annual like they tricked this you into buying been, if like these companies want to do something cool for free comic book day this would have been a perfect free comic book day thing to just give to I, think so. you know I think saying? so i think so i think so i can justify this being free like read this and you're like <laughs> oh all right this is okay for free i don't mind it got yeah. some, some okay parts to it but um but for five bucks no fucking way yeah. uh forget it that's it's the consensus. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, we're, we're going to wrap this bad boy up. Sorry it wasn't really much longer, but uh, that's what you guys picked. And uh, there wasn't much meat on the bones here, <laughs> you asshole. So, uh, <laughs> kidding. I love you. Um, but we'll have a new poll up on Monday for you guys. Hopefully we'll have kind of a better lineup of books. It, there were some good books last week, but uh, not really the ones that made the poll. So we'll do a better job yeah. of trying to do that for you. Uh, maybe not lean so heavily on some number ones this week, and uh, we'll be back. You can find that poll at Beamer3660. Trevor always retweets it, and he's at? Trevor Trev. And that's where you guys can find us. So look there, uh, get your vote in, let us know what you want to hear, and we'll be back to talk about it next week in seven days. So until then. Peace out. Talk to you later, guys. Peace. Once in every lifetime, comes a love like this. Oh, I need you. You need me. Oh, my darling, can't you see? Young one. Darling with a young one. A young one. Shouldn't be afraid to live. Love. There's a song to be sung. Welcome back to the Young Animal segment on the WeirdScienceDCComics.com podcast. My name is Reggie. My name is Chris. And we have our weekly offering for you this week of uh, what we called May 16th was the day, right? 
Uh, it's uh, Cave Carson has an interstellar eye. Number three, written by John Rivera, art by Michael Avon Oming, Nick Filardi, and the backup by Paul Maybury. So right now it's time for Cave Carson to do a little psychotherapy with the help of his cybernetic eye. So it's cyber psychotherapy. Mm-hmm. If you recall, he you know there was this whole war between the laser monks and the Najire, and Cave wants to get to the bottom of it, and he's going to go inside the brain of somebody that has sort of come around to thinking that the war maybe is foundless, this war, this endless war. He's not feeling it. His name is Zot. So near as we can tell here, Cave, Dr. Mark Barstow, and Zot the Laser Monk have a, shared a quasi-spiritual brain link that's may probably, you know, out of meditation plus technology uh, that mm. allows Cave and Mark to stroll through Zot's mind. And, of course, they're all on some psychedelic drug, but when aren't they, right, Chris? I mean, that's true. That's pretty much every day in the Cave Carson world. Uh, also, in the real world, they are all nude, but we'll find that out later. Now, uh, while they're in Zot's brain, Dr. Mark Barstow takes the form of a bat, and he says that of the two test subjects that he tried uh, before doing this, uh, you know, real run, only the bat survived, so that's the safest form that he can take. So that's got a 50% chance the bat would survive this. Uh, Cave is actually spelunking through Zot's brain, checking out all of his memories, and he asks Zot about them as he goes, and this is where we learn the history of the laser monks. They had a difficult, toilsome life, until the progenitor, who looks like he could have been Cave Carson's cousin, right? Mm-hmm. Pretty much, except he's got, he got you know what? I I wonder if he's supposed to be Stanley. Uh, I wonder, right? He's, <laughs> he's got he's got these kind of tinted sunglasses and yeah, kind of a Stanish. Oh, it, it would be Stan from the seventies. It wouldn't be modern Stanley. I anyway, that that is a conjecture. But anyway, the progenitor he shows up, teaches them to harvest crystals from within the planet. This forces them to kind of spread out from their area, become a little more nomadic, and they find new resources. Uh, it also looks like the work becomes a lot more dangerous, though, right, Chris? Mm-hmm. Suddenly they're getting chased by frog monsters. Yes, so it, it, it's, <laughs> that's it, the end result, yes. But Zot doesn't mention that. It's, it, it's, it's interesting how we come around to seeing that their, you know, their savior, their progenitor, was, was kind of a prick. Mm-hmm. Uh, after a while, the laser monks were also then able to trade in stories. What? I don't really, I don't really get this stuff. <laughs> <laughs> the stories and the crystals are together are somehow like the uh, like the pink crystals that are being mined here create stories. I, I was very unclear about how that worked. Yeah, but it looks like, like it looks like the progenitor was the progenitor was the one telling them. So something uh, anyway. But life was much less toilsome after that. They were with the crystals. I guess they had some dough. Uh, even as the stories began to lose their impact and value, and then not long after that, the progenitor disappeared. Ascending to the outer realm, and then the Najiri showed up, and a conflict began. Mm, as Zot thinks of the Najiri, things get a little dangerous for Cave and Mark. Zot's brain space also begins uh, spouting some black goo. Uh, while this happens, the Najiri uh, continue to converge on the Laser Monk's headquarters in the real world. However, Chloe and a small detail of laser monks are there waiting for them. Uh, Chloe's got herself a red and blue striped Uzi with a red bulldog's face on the side, and she refers to it as Uncle Jack. Cool. Uh, why not? <laughs> Is that a? You think that's a reference to a a wild dog? Oh, absolutely. Yeah, there's no question about it. That, that's like as if that's he's there with her in spirit, you know. And it, I'm cool with that. And that's actually like you know, like this stupid paint jobs on guns is like a very huge modern thing it's a it's a big sure. trend to get these uh kind of like stripey paint jobs so it's all within this culture i love to see it 
Yes, and something Wild Dog would definitely do. Absolutely. Uh, Here you get close. They're trapped in a, uh, like a domed, uh, like a, like an American Gladiator's laser cage. Yeah, it's, yeah, basically, the, but yeah, the, the bars are made of lasers. It was just, mm-hmm. okay. Now, while in there, uh, Tomo tries to uh, commit mutiny on Lord Gout. Remember, this is their thing. However, yeah. Chloe shoots his hand off. Gout kicks Tumo through the laser cage, and his body is sliced and diced into yep. chunks. <laughs> so now we see what the stakes are here. Uh, with the Najiri captured, Chloe is able to link Cave and Mark with them somehow. Something. Maybe. Maybe. Something, something happens there. The Najiri get involved in this thing that Cave and Mark are doing <laughs> in Zot's mind, but it's unclear how. But then again, I'm not sure if it would make sense even if they explained it to us. <laughs> So whatever it is the case, they are still diving deeper into Zot's brain, and that's where they find that what's been stressing laser monks and Najire is these glowing Metroid things that feed off people's pain and anxiety. Yeah, those are uh, Thetans. Oh, don't let's not get it. Don't get. We don't want to get sued here for uh, by certain Tom Cruise-ish characters. <laughs> so uh, anyway, the reason these creatures are having trouble taking root in Zot and. Uh, and the, why he was able to doubt the war between the laser monks and Najiri in the first place is because there's a fragment of the imploded star Adam. That was that rock star from the first issue that was an actual star. Remember that? Yeah, the, the prince-looking guy. Right. Uh, kind of like Prince meet Little Richard. That's what, that's what I had said. Yes. About that. <laughs> uh, so this fragment of star is what's allowed Zot to have his daydreams and memories, despite these crawly embryos inside of him wanting to generate fear and anxiety. They sort of, like, repulse these little gross snot rockets. So uh, Scabe decides he must go deeper and, uh, and bond with these creatures, and that's pretty dangerous, says Barstow. An alien brain bond within an alien brain bond. We're getting brain bondception here. Mm-hmm. Uh, he focuses a red beam from his cybernetic eye on, on one of the those gooey monsters, and then he's within the black and white world of their origin, and Zot is now with them somehow. Mm-hmm. So, <laughs> all right. Now, it seems the progenitor was desperate to find more crystals, you know, after he'd given them to the laser monks to mine them all, of course. Or he'd gotten the laser monks to mine them all. Right. Uh, he, he was so obsessed with having adventures, and uh, therefore, more valuable stories. Uh, the progenitor touched some black goop, which wound up consuming him. Uh, a young laser monk came in to check on him, and he was infected by the progenitor. Uh, this was the birth of the amoebas that feed on meanness. <laughs> So the progenitor didn't assent to anything. He was greedy and uh, wound up becoming uh, one of those snot monsters. Yeah, it's funny, though, how this shows that, you know, it's all about your narrative, folks. You know what I mean? Like, uh, the the, the victors control the story of history. So uh, there could be a lot of snot monsters in our past. Anyway, so (laughs) things start getting hairy in the brain world while Zod pieces this betrayal together. Uh, Chloe shows up to rip, rip the helmet from Cave's head. That's allowing it all to take place, and that saves them. And that's uh, this is where we find out that they are all naked, sitting in a full circle. That's where we get some. We get a little bit of full <laughs> frontal, folks. Uh, yeah, I have no more to say about it. They, you will, you will see Dork. Uh, the Najire are impressed with Cave's work here. They're they're here, like they're okay. That's cool. They're hanging out. But then a laser monk shows up, starts zapping away with his forehead diamond, and the Najire think it's a trick. They've been ambushed. Cave points out this is just what the emotional egg yolks want from them. Uh, just then a massive phlegm monster rises from a brackish pool. It slaps Cave across the, well, Cave, and then uh, mm. it seems unbeatable, but Cave Carson's got a plan. 
Yes, he yells to Zot that the monster is feeding off the crystals from the cave. So Zot gets the Najiri to team up with the laser monks. And then they concentrate the crystals out of it? Something happens there. Like, they just kind of hang out. Like they stand near it, and the crystals just pop out. And it, even with a noise, skapow. Skapow. Okay. <laughs> it looks like the progenitor's skeleton slides out as well. Uh, as you might imagine, this leaves the creature weak. So uh, Chloe blasts it with the Mighty Mole, which causes a big explosion. Now, Dr. Mark Barstow takes a ladle of the goo before that, uh, so that will come into play a little bit later. Uh, outside, Laser Monks and Najire are expectorating blue blobs out of, like, every orifice in their faces. Uh, mm-hmm. And out in space, the remnants of these blue blobs meet up with fragments of Star Atom, which bothers them, but then all of it gets sucked up by some robot with a vacuum cleaner? Yeah. Whatever, that's fine. Uh, that was in space that, balls, right? I guess so. You know, someone's got to do it, right? <laughs> that, that, that was the space mom. She was like, yo, damn kids, never pick up. Uh, back on the planet's surface, the Najire and laser monks have erected a monument to the progenitor. Uh, it's his bones ringed with pink crystals, so I think it's also sort of keeping him in stasis. Hmm. Uh, these these crystals like hovering, hovering around it. Dr. Barstow gives his sample of the goo to Zot, explaining it still has interesting psychoactive properties. He'd been sipping it all day, and seeing what he sees, he's tripping pretty hard, huh, Chris? I'm telling you, this guy's, oh, yeah. he's pretty messed up. After that, Cave and the gang say goodbye. Off to new adventures. Many cycles later, Zot is running a cantina. Large pink crystals jut from the ground, and uh, we uh, guess stories are back, right? Because they come from the crystals? And Sure. Maybe? <laughs> I, sure. Just, I, I don't even know what the... <laughs> I really yeah. don't know what any of that stuff was about. <laughs> now, it also seems that Zot and, the, and that Najiri got together and they had themselves a kid. And he sings a Star Adam song to it as a lullaby. Well, that is a beautiful ending. And the backup is. is another recording of Cave Carson as an educational podcast, which continues the story from last week. Just real briefly, looks like Cave had to make a difficult decision, leave one of his teammates behind in a unique way, and that probably won't end well for him, I'm thinking. So so this issue was a visual treat, huh, Chris? That's really the main thing I would say about it is it's uh, the next best thing you can do to actual doing the psychedelic drugs. (laughs) What do you think of this story? Uh, The story, it was was confusing. It was kind of muddled. Which, but you, when you read something like this, it almost has to be. I mean, I, I didn't, I maybe understood every third word, but I know I enjoyed it. Mm -hmm. (laughs) If that makes any sense. Um, Well, you you got the big, the big beats, right? That that two two warring factions have been mind controlled by organisms fighting over something wrong. Yeah, yeah. Uh, You see, you got that much. That's Uh, about it. That really would be the, (laughs) the, the whole thing with the stories. I don't know what was going on there, i got to be honest. And I did, I did love that the, you know, Cave Carson's a cave explorer, so they actually have him, yes. like, mentally spelunking. I yeah, thought that I, I was like really... that. I thought that was a good... And the fact the fact even that Barstow is a bat, a cave, Yeah, you know what I mean? Like, that bat. was definitely, yep. uh, that was cool. Uh, and, like, yeah, it's the visuals that really, this oh, obviously oh, was okay. where they, they let aiming, they let oming, uh, they were just like, go nuts, you know, have fun, and... Uh, oh, yeah. It was, I think, to good effect. Yeah, you know, I, I had some troubles. with These pink crystals have never been cut and dry for us, no. right? Like, what what do they do? They go through dimensions. They're made of stories. 
it, yeah, they they do what's convenient, I guess. It's, I guess uh... it's whatever you. <laughs> we can be whatever you want us to be, baby. You know what I mean? Uh, yeah, I really am not sure what's up with that. However, it's not really breaking my heart, and I really had a good no. time with this story. And like the overall story, the idea, I mean, you probably could see something like that on you know similar on Star Trek or any a number of sci-fi um, shows or you know what I mean books or whatever. But uh, oh, yeah. this it's the introduction of this intense psychedelic imagery. That just kicks it to another level and makes it uniquely cave. Another thing I loved about this, Chris, from what I can tell, I'm, I'm going to call this a two-part arc. We could go to three, because technically mm-hmm. it kind of leads out of that Star Adam thing. But this this Laser Monks Najire battle, it, we only we it was only these past two issues. Only you're right. these two issues, and yeah, I have to love that. Whenever I see it, I have to. <laughs> <laughs> bring it, break out the bugle and tootaloot because I mm-hmm. I hate these endless six issue or longer arcs. Oh yeah. So seeing something like this and seeing that essentially what looks like they're going to go off to the you know new alien of the of the month, which is what I would. That's cool. I'd like to that's see a little bit of that. Yeah. You know what I mean? So that really perked me up a lot. But uh, to me, a lot of this, a lot of my feeling goes to the visuals of this. Uh, you know, if you've come along this far and you like. Oming's work. This might be one of his best single issues, as far as like, for sure, uh, the look. Although you know, it's not like he comes. He's been uh, lax on the other ones. Uh, trying to see what comes in next week here, and uh, couldn't couldn't tell you if my life depended on it. I'll be honest with you. I don't know how to find anywhere to on the internet. Yeah, how does the <laughs> internet go? But uh, anyway, I uh, I gave it an it's eight point five. Either Mother Panic or Shade. I, it's got to be, that's what it is. I know it's either one of those two. But it, uh, to uh, just to wrap up with the score, I gave it an 8.5 so, out of 10. I was glad to do it. I really was very positive about it. What, what would you give it, you think? I'd, I'd probably come in right around there as well. I, I'd be between an 8 and an 8.5. And yeah. Because, um, like we said, the story is kind of bonkers. It is a has, all has, over the place. has some clunky parts, you know, where it's like, what? Okay. And it's and it's also, as you mentioned, it's also a very stock sci-fi plot. Right. So it's uh, kind of just like, it's kind of like <laughs> taking a regular plot and, you know, feeding it mushrooms, and this is what you get. <laughs> but... Uh, <laughs> But I, I enjoyed it. I, I thought it was really good. The backup was decent, um, which I don't get to say very often. Uh, this this copy actually came with a backup, so yep. I read it. Uh, <laughs> oh, you actually read it too. Wow, that's even that's even something better. Uh, it is, but yeah, I, I did enjoy it. Um, the, the, the backups have been cool. This they, they are sort of like, you know, it's what do you think it is? It's this podcast, which was related to. They mentioned it last issue, right? He thought the laser monks knew mm-hmm. them because of the podcast, and uh, you know, it's like a little. Three pages, a little bit of another story. So, and what's what's great about it? Like you have this, you have Cave Carson doing a podcast in the DC universe, where like to us it's it's very interesting, but to the DC universe it's probably the most mundane stuff. Yeah, it's just like I went into a cave. It's like, well, doesn't Superman have a podcast? Maybe right? it, really, it makes you wonder if these other guys. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like I, I feel like Booster Gold would have a podcast, right? I feel oh, a couple yeah, of these definitely. guys would have podcasts. So uh, maybe that's a whole other genre to explore. Would be mm-hmm. the podcast within comics but uh as we mentioned and i'm still I, I couldn't tell you what the hell's coming out next week my life depended on it i really you know what i mean where, where do we find this information out these days uh yeah shade or mother panic next week i really don't know which Maybe. one yeah. i think it's mother panic right isn't that the one that's been like i think that one comes in i think that's the order that it goes yeah. here well while we vamp here i can check <laughs> we will figure it out but uh Mother Panic, Mother Panic. This, you know, Cave Carson, I got to tell you, and I think so far, 
I'm enjoying this run of Cape Carson more than uh, the other one, the, uh, what are we called, Cybernetic Eye? Yeah. Um, which we liked a lot, too, but that one really dragged along and yeah. uh, essentially was one 12-issue arc. Uh, mm-hmm. You could probably break it into two, six. There were kind of two acts to it, but it really was just one dragged out arc. This oh, one yeah. is much more peppy. I think it's, like, a little more silly. Cave Carson seems less dragged down by, you know, the less of a cross to bear. You know what I mean? Sure, uh, sure. Chloe, Chloe's puffing that pipe all the time, so, you know, she's doing all right. Uh, I mean, even even while she's fighting, she's puffing this little pipe. So. She is. She falls asleep with it in her mouth. She does. This, <laughs> this is a lot of drugs going on in this book. I'll tell you what. That's that's definitely like a hallmark of this book. But uh, yeah, I'm enjoying it. You know, I, it's this. It's really just thinking about it. It's really making me uh, not thrilled that these comics are ending at six because yeah. some of these are pretty good. Uh, anyway, what are you gonna do? That's right. That's life. <laughs> but it's we, not over. Broadway said so. That's right. For some future day, we will get another Doom Patrol. Our but kids will tell us about uh, how this all turned out. We will. Yeah, exactly. You know, <laughs> I have no, I'm not holding my breath for that. But I think, even though we kind of uh, fumbled the ending here, I think I, that's all we got for it. Chris I got anything so. else for yeah. Uh No, that, that'll do it. And uh, next week is Mother Panic. All right. Next week is Mother Panic number three, I would guess. Right? Sure. That's right. Yep. So uh, looking forward to that, and we'll be back to talk about that. But if that's all we got for him, then I think I'm going to tell him to keep it young and animalistic. Hello and welcome to another edition of Crossover Corner. I am your host, uh, Jeremy, and I'm here to talk to you uh, today about the Wildstorm issue 13. Uh, We've had a bit of a hiatus, a little bit of a gap between the end of uh, the previous story arc and the beginning uh, of this new arc with issue 13. Uh, I don't mind. It's always a good thing, I think, for... Uh, creative teams to kind of uh, recharge their batteries, shall we say, particularly when the art is as good as John Davis Hunt's artwork is here. Uh, I don't know about you, but I really appreciate the the level of detail and the level of thought that he puts into his work, and I don't particularly want to rush him uh, in in that regard. So, yeah, we've had a break, and uh, but we're back. And uh, we're ready to go. Uh, Before we do, though, I do just very quickly want to apologize for not being able to do an audio uh, of Michael Cray issue seven. Basically, you can put that down to just being very, very tired and uh, having too much, too much marking to do and and all that kind of stuff. Um, I I do mention it, though, for a couple of reasons. Um, I was talking to uh, Andrew in Belfast on Twitter last week. We, we were talking about comics in general, the Wildstorm in particular, and I just said, look, I said, I said, if you if you want to pick up Michael Cray, now's probably a good time to do it. It's it's getting better, 
uh, it's breaking out of the kind of the formula uh, that's been established in the first few issues, and it's all the better for it. And lo and behold, uh, writer Brian Hill tweeted in the conversation and said that he appreciated uh, my reviews and that my reviews helped him to go with his instincts, I think he said. Um, which is which is always <laughs> it's always a little bit humbling, very humbling, really, and and also uh, always feels a little bit strange when you have that kind of interaction with creators who you have been um, kind of honestly critical about. But it was really nice of him to say that, and it was a really uh, it was really gracious and very generous thing to say, and. Uh, I appreciated that very much, and uh, I'm happy to say that to what extent uh, my reviews had anything to do with it, I don't know, but but he has definitely kind of uh, stripped back some of the stuff that I think in the first few issues of Michael Cray was really unnecessary. I, I don't think we needed the the support team around him. Uh, I don't think we needed to necessarily rely on uh, Christine Trelane to kind of give him all the information that he needs about these twisted versions of characters in the DC universe. I I, I think uh, it's all the better for it. And issue seven uh, features a John Constantine who is uh, very similar, really, in in many respects to the uh, the the one we are familiar with, but he's. He's just as tricky, and he's just as kind of flippant and cheeky. Uh, but he's just that little. He goes that little bit further, and it's a really interesting. It's a really interesting take on the character, and I think Hill's doing something really interesting with with him in issue seven of the Wildstorm, Michael Cray. And uh, for it's the first time in a long while I've been able to say this, but I I recommend that you pick it up. I recommend that you have a look at it at Michael Cray now, uh, because I think that there's some interesting things going on with it, and it is it's kind of fun, kind of interesting, uh, a bit weird, a bit dark, um, and uh, there's some interesting stuff going on with the characters. So so do pick that up uh, if that tickles your fancy. Um, right. Oh, and one other thing, uh, I've been ragging on the arse a lot in Michael Cray. It it's still not. I, I look there's a certain a level of subjectivity when it comes to art you, you like what you like at the end of the day um i can rec- recognize that uh, that n stephen harris is a competent artist it his style uh, so far uh, in this series has really not been for me i will just say this though ross campbell on 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 colors has made a big difference you can you can see it um, in uh, in the way he colours uh, faces, uh, there's a little bit more shade and light, bit, uh, a bit more definition there. Uh, there's a there's a subtlety to some of the colours. Uh, and again, I'm not dissing uh, Diablo Kelly, who was uh, who was on the book previously, but there is just a the, Campbell brings something slightly different uh, to and better, I think, if I'm being absolutely honest with you, better. Uh, he brings something better to the to the art. And uh, it's uh, again. I, I think it's a it's a step forward in the right direction. We'll we will see how things progress. Obviously, but uh, anyway, uh, let's move on to the main title, uh, which 
uh, is back after, I don't know, it's been about sort of seven or eight weeks, I think, since the last issue. So it is, of course, written by Warren Ellis with art by John Davis Hunt. Colours by Steve Bucciolato. Uh, and I mentioned Colours before with Michael Cray. Uh, and I've mentioned this before with, with Wildstorm, but Bucciolato's colours do make a difference. Um, there's, there's, a, there's a cleverness to them. There's a subtlety to them. Uh, Davis Hunt's art is... Is very uh, is very down to earth. Uh, it is very uh, I want to say realistic. It, 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 and Bucciolato's colours are, are really quite subtle. And there's a, there's a very subtle uh, colour palette uh, in play here, and it does just look fantastic. Letters, as they always are, are by Simon Boland. Uh, the cover price is three dollars ninety nine cents, and it is of course uh, published by DC Comics. Here we go. The last month has been a wild storm-free time, but with last week's issue of Michael Cray and now a new issue of the parent title on our hands, all that is over, and it's time to dive back into the rich, complex, and slow-burning narrative that we've come to know and love. I hope that, like me, you fruitfully use the month's hiatus to meditate on the realities of life and death and the endless struggle that stretches out all too briefly before us as we shuffle through this veil of tears. Or perhaps you've instead been wondering just what the implications of the events of issue 12 of this wonderfully involving series will be, whether Mitch's death will go unnoticed and or unavenged, whether IO will be able to make use of the data they've just filched from Skywatch, whether Skywatch will do anything else to punish IO for its indiscretions, or perhaps you've been wondering just what John Lynch has to do with any of this. If so, then welcome to issue 13. Answers await. Uh, they they do as is often the co- the case with this uh, comic book. Uh, answers do await, uh, and they beget more questions. So we'll see how that goes. Um, we start with Mitch. Uh, well, Mitch's body, uh, uh, Mitch's animating spirit or mind or soul or whatever you want to call it, has uh, long since left the building uh, because Mitch is uh, slumped or thrust, I should say, back uh, against his headrest in his uh, fake Uber car, uh, which was actually uh, the vehicle for his assassination, really, courtesy of Zealot. Uh, and it's been parked in a uh, in an alleyway. Uh, and there he is, and his eyes rolled up into his head, blood and stuff sprayed out behind him on the windscreen it's it's all very sad um there are a number of people around cops uh or whether they're cops or io security i would imagine they're probably io security we 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 see them very briefly but the the narrative the the focus of the art uh is on uh miles craven uh director Biol and um, Jackie King, who uh, looks horrified by the fact that Mitch is dead. Uh, Craven and Bayol uh, are much less horrified, uh, and they're, they're talking about it in terms of what do we do next. This is obviously uh, a Skywatch hit. Uh, what do we need to do? Miles Craven says, uh, task three cats. I'm authorizing a kill order on Skywatch Ground Division in New York. Get me a plan by end of day. That's his response to this. So, uh, what's interesting about this is that 
we then go back up to Skywatch, where Bendix uh, is uh, in his dressing gown and shorts, uh, trying to make the coffee machine work, while discussing with Lauren Pennington what they're going to do next. And what's it really worrying from uh, a reader's point of view is that Bendix looks like he's in the process of underestimating Io's uh, mental fortitude, shall we say, uh, because he says uh, the very first thing actually that uh, that Pennington says is, "Do you think killing one guy will get Io in line?" And and Bendix says it might. Craven is essentially weak. And if it doesn't, we may want to consider killing his boyfriend, but I'd also like to see a plan for disabling some of his research sites. So this is, you know, it's kind of standard Bendix stuff, this. He's talking about really quite uh, disturbing and uh, sort of brutal actions in a very kind of flippant way, and that's what Bendix does. Uh, and he ultimately asks Pennington uh, to say, right, um, give me two versions of the pl- of each plan when he's talking about sort of, you know, attacking these research sites, uh, which is, of course, w- one of the things that, that Pennington says is, look, you did this uh, about 30 years ago, and it didn't go very well. And th- this is where sort of John Lynch got injured. This is where, you know, uh, Skywatch... Uh, lost some of their men as a result of their their attack on this IO base. So this is what led to the treaty. And and now sort of Bendix is is kind of w- w- sort of almost waving it away now, as I say. Well, it, it, it's time to kind of strike back, kind of thing. So so Bendix is kind of saying, right, give me give me a couple of scenarios for uh, for each plan, each base that we're going to attack. Uh, he says, one where we just disable the site, and then one where there's lots of bodies. And that's where they kind of leave it. And then uh, all of that, I guess, is is kind of pre-credit sequence stuff. Uh, because then we get the title page, and we get uh, John Lynch in a diner. And uh, I'm really not sure what the point of the <laughs> this scene is. Uh, because I, I just don't know what to make of it. The, 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 the diner is in the middle of nowhere. It's a kind of a typical sort of uh, desert diner uh, next to a, a highway that is, is essentially empty. There's a couple of pickups in there. Uh, Lynch is eating some, uh, some bacon and eggs. Um, he looks badass, Lynch. Uh, the, the, the original John Lynch is very much modelled on Clint Eastwood, I'm I'm trying to work out what what the kind of model for this version is. He, sometimes he reminds me of uh, of Sam Elliott, who uh, perhaps most famously played uh, General Ross in uh, the uh, the Eric Banner Hulk film. Um, other times he looks a little bit like Patrick Wingard, um, who. Who played Jason King back in the '60s, and is probably most famous to American uh, American fans of sci-fi uh, for playing Clytus in the uh, in the 1980 Flash Gordon film. But anyway, um, he he just looks badass. His mustache looks great, uh, and he's got scars kind of running the length of his face uh, diagonally across his face, and. He 
he has this kind of very cryptic conversation with uh, a strange, slightly deformed-looking boy who's kind of overweight. He's he, he's probably in his late teens, I would say. He's overweight. Uh, he's got sticky-out ears. His eyes are set too close together, and he's drooling spittle from his mouth. And uh, he kind of says to Lynch, they all know. And Lynch kind of looks at him and goes, is that right? They can feel you out here. Them from your basement. Us from heaven's box. You don't know what grew. And and that's it. <laughs> that's that's it. It's very cryptic. Uh, we later find out uh, we really find out a little bit about what that might be about, but but we have no idea what's going on. But it, it's spooky and creepy and uh, just a little bit strange. Anyway, Lynch then heads up to uh to visit a guy called Mark Slayton, who those of you who know anything about the original Wildstorm series will know, uh, is a former army guy, and he was known as Backlash. And um, he developed superpowers and what have you. And he, his big thing was sort of whips coming out of his uh, wrists and what have you. He's, he's, this guy's living on a farm out in the middle of nowhere. He's on his own. As... Lynch goes to talk to him. He sees these weird constructions in rows uh, in the yard, and they're like arrows. They're pointing up, and they're all pointing in exactly the same direction. So they're they're, they're kind of arrows on sticks uh, that are they're like marking something. We don't know what, but it just looks really spooky. It's really, really disturbing. And Lynch kind of looks at this. He doesn't say anything, doesn't do anything. He just he just takes it all in. And he goes in and he starts talking to Slayton. And this, uh, there's a couple of really interesting things here. First of all, uh, Slayton's watching a TV show called Challenges of the Unknown, which I, 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 I've not really said enough about this, I don't think, as, as, as the series has, has gone on. But Ellis does this a lot in this series, uh, or maybe it's Davis Hunt actually, making these sort of references to to our DC universe, and it's it's kind of they're there in the background. There are these references uh, to the wider DC universe, which is which is pretty cool. So, Challenge of the Unknown gets a mention, and uh, Slayton and Lynch have this conversation, and I, I'm, I'm not going. It, it's quite a long conversation. Uh, and what's kind of interesting is that the art makes it fairly clear that Slayton is screwed up in some way. Mentally, I'm talking about. Um, and Lynch plays it really, really cool. So it, it, it goes on for a while. And, and I, I would perhaps argue that maybe goes on a little bit too long. I don't know. It, that that would be probably my only uh, my only complaint really about this issue is that, is that this conversation goes on just a little bit too long that said it's still very very interesting and it would turn out uh that uh, john lynch has been when he was head of of io and when he was behind uh, project thunderbook he was responsible for experimenting on volunteers and giving them superpowers essentially uh, and doing that by implanting them with alien uh, technology and some of that technology was biological in origin 
And certainly that's the case with Slayton, who begins to sort of show what he can do. Uh, and he has a thing living inside him uh, that has been implanted by Lynch. And Lynch didn't know that it was going to become sort of sentient and, and what have you. And he's able to sort of generate these tentacles, these whips from his wrists. Uh, and it, it's it's pretty it's pretty gross, um, but also cool <laughs> at the same time. And uh, in the end, he ends up uh, fighting uh, Lynch. And I'm going to be honest with you, I, the Davis Hunt has he's done a number of, of fights over the over the issues, and each one is is different each one is is rendered um in in kind of interesting ways different ways and uh that's certainly the case here i mean part of this is to do with the environment that the fight takes place essentially in mark slayton's kitchen and um the the sort of a whip tendril kind of uh knocking the crockery off the off the table um sort of smashing the the plates lynch starts firing he misses and he hits the tv instead and and you, you see the little details like the 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 bullet going through uh a beer can uh it's it's very uh it's very kinetic it's very dramatic it's it's very incredibly well drawn in the sense that um one of the things i really really like about davis hunt's art is is he he lets you know where everything is. Um, so you see Slayton uh, using his whip kind of pull uh, the refrigerator off, off the wall uh, and then the next panel you see it face down with the back of the refrigerator kind of exposed uh, and you see it from above uh, while, um, while, while Lynch is firing. It, it's, it's very, I want to say cinematic, it, it's cinematic is it's a kind of a, an easy word to use it, it's very elegant is what it is uh it's very detailed it's very elegant it's 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 uh dramatic and it's kinetic you can tell that there's movement going on within the picture but there's an elegance to it and there's there's a clarity to it um that is uh is really really impressive uh lynch lynch gets out uh he runs away as good move good choice by him really because he was absolutely outmatched there uh, and you see an explosion come out the side of the farmhouse and lynch just legs it to his pickup and gets out the way and 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 uh and escapes uh we then cut to uh shen and uh jenny may sparks um finding jack hawksmoor and taking them back to their apartment jack hawksmore still looks like jared leto there's nothing wrong with that we go back uh, to slayton who starts to talk uh we think to himself but it's not it's uh to a weird kind of alien dude uh that looks a little bit like a demonite but might not be we don't know exactly what's going on here different color for, from demonites but that doesn't necessarily mean anything so he's got He's got a, a, a weapon inside him that is kind of sentient. And there's some stuff going on here about 
You sent many souls to my planet from the launch pad graves you made. The, these are the right. So he's basically he's he's a serial killer. <laughs> he's a superhero. He's a superpowered serial killer. That's what he is, and he has been how I don't know, but he's been sending. Uh, souls to uh, wherever it is this alien is from it's it's all very creepy and the 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 thing is is that Slayton is is kind of emotionally disturbed he's emotionally moved by what this creature says to him Um, the creature says you sent many souls to my planet from the launch pad graves you made it is only right that you should look after your own soul my world needs more. Take your show on the road. And he, Slayton's crying as, as if this is like a, an honor that's been bestowed upon him. And he says, thank you, Kura. That's what he calls the creature in the mirror who is staring back at him. Uh, and the creature returns his salute and says, thank you for your service, Colonel Slayton. Uh, obviously, uh, it is... It is using Slayton in some way, uh, but suddenly that the whole kind of universe, the 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 Wildstorm world, if you like, has suddenly got that little bit more complex and that little bit more interesting and that little bit more involving. Uh, then we get uh, an image of Voodoo sleeping. We need more Voodoo, by the way. We we got to we got to get some Voodoo next issue. So, proper voodoo i want to know what's going on with her um and she's asleep and there's a demonite standing over her uh which is creepy it's it's really creepy and demonites are, are, are distinctly disturbing things and uh it says dream for me dream of the world as it truly is and uh that's it uh we go back to skywatch uh lauren pennington and henry bendix are seeing uh, a ship leave for Mars. Uh, we're not entirely sure what's going on there. Um, but one of the big things that she says is, uh, "Well, I'll do. You know what? I'll read the dialogue to you because this is this is quite significant." She she basically says, "Look, you and I O, you're both scared of the big fight because you don't want the world to know that you exist." That essentially boils down to it. Um, so she says, "So yes, I have some lists." of key IO people we know about who could be usefully killed, and lists of known IO structures and locations that could be destroyed to send a message. But I also have a list of actions we can take that will radically destabilize life on Earth, break IO's control over the planet, and make it impossible for any global order to replace it. Go big or go home, right? And that's it. She leaves it with with that. So so there's, there's suddenly there's this like okay we've we've gone from right we must preserve the treaty and you know we must work within the treaty and oh somebody's violated the treaty so what we're going to do is we're going to off somebody uh, and you know see what happens kind of thing and then and we've gone from that to actually do you know what let's just completely destroy the global order and uh, that'll be cool we'll we'll do that. Uh, how does that sound? Uh, it sounds terrifying. <laughs> That's what it sounds like. So there we go. Um, final scene. 
uh, John Colt still drinking his glass of champagne, and he's sending a video message to uh, Lord Emp, uh, which is Jacob Marlow to you and me, um, and he's this thing about how um, he was sort of almost beneath Emp's notice back on uh, on Kira, uh, the home planet that they're from. Uh, but now uh, he is enjoying life on Earth, and he's saying, you know, thank you. And he takes off his uh, his suit, uh, which is uh, not his uh, his flashy three piece suit, which he usually wears because uh, he's naked already. But he means his uh, his human skin, and he reveals the creature underneath it, which looks very similar, actually, to looks very similar to the creature in the mirror that Slayton was talking to a few... Uh, I'm not saying it's the same, I'm saying it's a similar species. Uh, it's got six eyes, it looks sort of rept vaguely reptilian uh, and horrific. He's he's kind of taunting almost uh, Jacob Marlowe uh, by by sort of revealing himself in this way and and he his last thing is is happy birthday to me you evil little bastard um and that's that's it so okay what do we make of, of this issue then well um firstly there's the io and skywatch stuff uh, which which clearly is heading towards escalation of some kind um and to be fair we, we've been kind of expecting this uh, for a while, it wasn't that long ago. Uh, no, it was at the end of issue six uh, that we heard we heard Bendix uh, threaten to rain fire uh, down on Io. Uh, so we've been waiting for something sort of spectacular and and what have you for a while now, and it looks like we might get it. Then we've got the alien stuff, and the alien stuff is really interesting and also kind of genuinely disturbing. Um, so you've got... I, I'm going to assume... I, in my review, I, I was a little bit confused about this, so I, I'm going to clarify something. Uh, demonite, the demonites um, are one faction of alien on the planet, and there are also the Caribbean. Uh, who in the old the old comic uh, were the good guys, I suppose, in a way. They're, they're the guys who were the wildcats, um, or most of them were, at any rate. Uh, some of them were um, were augmented human beings, but mo but 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 the, the key players, most of the key players, uh, were actually Carabim. And it would seem that these two alien races share a similar genetic heritage. I would even venture to say they're from the same world. Uh, they look similar. Uh, the Carabim, uh, if John Colt is anything to go by and the creature in the mirror is anything to go by, then these Carabim have have six eyes. Uh, they have, but they have similar kind. I mean, they're bipedal, but they have similar kind of elongated, sort of slightly bulbous heads. Uh, they look quite sort of demonic. Uh, and I must admit, when I when I first saw uh, Colt, uh, I was a bit taken aback, and I and I thought, all oh, right, okay, is is are we saying that he's a demonite? But I think what what Ellis is going for here is. 
a common kind of genetic ancestry, um, it doesn't necessarily mean that they are the same race or the or the, or that they have the same uh, the same goals in in mind. Um, it's all very interesting, and you've also got the fact that clearly Jenny May Sparks and Shen are gathering their forces as well and i i am going to assume that voodoo is going to be tied up in that in some way as well so you've got you've got different factions uh you've got a faction i think with with jenny and uh jenny may and shen you've got a faction forming the that's a faction that's actually coalescing and 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 sort of a beginning to accrue members uh you've got io and skywatch and you've got Emps Wildcat. Uh, now you've got Mark Slayton and John Lynch in the mix as well. Uh, Lynch obviously is linked to IO, but it would seem that he has been using uh, sort of Caribbean technology and uh, genetic material. Um, and so he's kind of, but without really knowing it, without really knowing exactly what it is that he's been been using. Um, so there's all these, there's 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 a there's a few extra layers that have been have been introduced here, um, and once again, it's a very intriguing, very involving, very engaging, very well written story, and I gave this nine out of ten uh, because it remains a seriously quality product and if you're not reading the wild storm and you have um you have any kind of interest in a in a story that is kind of rich in conspiracy uh slow burn uh adult and i don't mean adults in the sense of hey let's show some naked stuff i mean adult in terms of people acting and um speaking in a generally adult way um then this is a series you really should be picking up it's the best thing that I'm aware of, anyway, that DC are producing at the moment is is the Wildstorm. It's it's a phenomenal series. Uh, so there you go. Um, nine out of ten for the Wildstorm th- issue thirteen. Can't wait for the next issue. Uh, really looking forward to it. Thank you for uh, for listening. Yeah, I, I'll I'll leave it there, and uh, I will see you soon. I hope you have a good week. And uh, I will see you next time. Take care. Bye-bye. Hello, and welcome back to another week of Vermilion's Visions. Josh Vermilion here, and you guys by now know how I like to do things over here on this segment. want to bring you guys up a review, try to stay away from the big two of DC and Marvel, uh, go with some of the smaller companies. Um, and this week, I've got a recommendation uh, from someone. It comes from the Get Fresh Crew doop doop Slack chat. Uh, my man Wheezy gave me this recommendation, so shout out to him for that. Um, and it's going to be Letter 44, Volume 1 from Oni Press. It's written by Charles Soule, art by Alberto Jimenez Albuquerque. Uh, and it's the first six issues of the Letter 44 series. Um, and I, you know, I'm just going to jump right into it. You know how I like to get things going pretty quick. So after a quick page talking about being, you know, 150 million miles away from earth, uh, just a quick shot of the stars and saying, you know, when you're that far away from earth, you don't even feel like a human anymore. 
After that, the book starts off on Presidential Inauguration Day, uh, and Stephen Blades is about to take over as the 44th president. And, you know, I don't, I'm not real big into politics, but if there was a candidate with the last name of Blades, you bet your ass I'd be voting for him. Uh, now, during the inaugural oath, he hesitates a little bit, and then we go back three hours before the ceremony. Uh, you can see him kind of running through some stuff in his brain. Uh, but three hours before, Blades is in the Oval Office about to head out. His secretary of staff, Elijah, comes to get him and bring him out. But Blades notices a letter left for him on his desk from the previous president, Francis Carroll. And the letter just has the number 44 uh, printed on the outside of it. So that's where you, you get your title there, letter 44. Uh, so Blades tells Elijah that he'll be out in a minute, and he sits down to read the letter. Now this letter from President Carroll starts out by basically saying, Hey, I know you don't like me. I know you think I did a lousy job. I know you think I'm a moron. But this job isn't what you think it is. And then he drops the bombshell. Carroll tells Blades that there is an alien operation going on in the asteroid belt uh, that has been kept from the public and almost all government officials. Seven years before, during Carroll's first term, NASA discovered this, this thing happening in the asteroid belt. They still haven't been able to make contact or learn much about what's going on but that is why Carol poured so much money into resources, into wars, into the military, all kinds of things, into the R&D department uh, for that reason, to build up our weapons in case of an invasion. Uh, he kind of explains that to Blades in the letter because, you know, Blades, that was kind of his running thing, was against Carol. Carol didn't have a very good public opinion at that point, so... Uh, he kind of explains himself a little bit of why he started wars and why so much money was being poured into R&D. Uh, so three years ago, a group of nine people was sent up into space on a ship called the Clark to investigate the situation. They haven't reached the asteroid belt or the aliens yet, uh, but they're getting close. At first, Blades thinks this is all a bunch of nonsense. You know, he even says this is bullshit. And he kind of just thinks Carol is trying to make him look like an idiot for going along with it, uh, you know, trying to almost play a little prank on him to get him off on a bad start. But uh, the next day at a meeting with the Joint Chiefs of Staff and the Secretary of Defense, they confirm the letter saying that even the CIA doesn't know. Um, so this is kept very close to the vest ever since they found out about it. Contact was attempted with these aliens, but there's some kind of curtain that blocks most signals and prevents the operation from being seen. Um, these these visitors put up almost a curtain, like they that's how they describe it anyway, is as a curtain, so you can't see past it, can't see what they're doing from Earth, and you have to move past this curtain to you know to get a peek and to communicate with them. Uh, so President Carroll decides he wants to talk to the crew aboard the Clark, and we get our first look at them. The president sends a, mission, a message up to the Clark, telling them that he has just learned of their mission. Uh, because they're so far away, each message takes about 30 minutes to relay from one to another. Uh, so talking is kind of difficult, but we are introduced to the team, including you got Dr. Charlotte Hayden, the senior mission commander. Uh, Colonel Jack Overhort is the senior military member, and then there are a total 
including those two, there are a total of four military personnel and five scientists aboard the Clark. Uh, so they chat a little bit, but basically it's just the president telling them that, you know, you guys are heroes um, and that he's going to try to make everything as comfortable as he possibly can for them. The crew is preparing a maneuver past the curtain around the asteroid belt set set up by the aliens um, so they can so they sign off uh, with the president. And when Charlotte stands up, you see that she's she's pretty damn pregnant. Uh, so a little spoiler for later on, they don't actually know who the father is until it's born. Um, being in space for three years with only nine people, they've pretty much all hooked up with with one another at some point on this trip. Uh, so they're not entirely sure who is the baby daddy in this case, uh, but she is very pregnant and nobody down on Earth knows that. Uh, now on Earth, President Blades is having a hard time digesting all of this. Dr. Portek is the man heading up all the research behind the Clark and the weapons development, so Blades wants to speak to him ASAP. And in space, the crew is preparing to cross the curtain. They're pretty certain that they won't live long after, after they pass through it, and their only goal is to get as much information out and back to the ground as possible. Um, they kind of think that once they pass it, they'll be attacked or something will happen and they won't be able to live for very long. But Charlotte hands over to the command to Jack for this mission. Uh, being the military guy, she kind of wants him to have control in case they do get into some kind of battle. And when they get do get through the curtain, they see a giant satellite-looking thing. And when I say giant, I mean giant. The thing is estimated later on in the book to be almost the size of the moon. Uh, so yeah, it's pretty big. Uh, but that is actually where this first issue ends with them crossing through this curtain and getting their first look at what is being built in this asteroid belt. Uh, the rest of this book is all about the Clark getting closer and closer to this giant alien thing that's being built. While on Earth, the president, you know, he's kind of grappling with with the dilemma of telling the general public or not telling the general public about what's going on, as well as people trying to undermine his authority, uh, attacking some of his people, and they're kind of going after their own agendas. So I know I went through that first issue pretty quick, and that is because there is a lot of talking in the first issue, and really a lot of talking in this book. It's very wordy, and there's usually a lot more of sitting around chatting than there is action or really answers about what's going on, but it's just, it's so damn intriguing that, that it's worth uh, getting through all the talky bits. This definitely feels like a book that you have to be in for the long haul if you want payoff for all the questions that it asks just in this first trade, uh, but it does make me want want to continue reading. I really like all of the all of the character work that Charles Soule gives us, uh, really building up and developing these characters that we're reading about, especially uh, Blades and Charlotte. They probably get the most development, Blades being the most, being the president, but Charlotte gets quite a bit as well. The art isn't anything really extraordinary for the most part, but it, it's all good art. Um, it didn't throw me off or anything at all, and I didn't have really any problems with it. Some of the faces were... A little weird. Some of the character character art was a little off, but it wasn't bad. And some of the panels looked really, really kick-ass, especially the shots of you know the spaceship and the alien tech and everything like that. Those were really well-drawn pages and panels. 
Um, and at, but as a trade, this first volume is kind of just it's it's okay. It is it's super intriguing and it gets me interested in seeing what comes next and later on. But it doesn't really have an ending, as I've said many many times before on this. Uh, I like a first trade of a book that sets up more stuff for later while also telling a a complete or a semi-complete story. And this is pretty much just entirely set up. Don't get me wrong, I like what it's setting up, and I am intrigued to see what comes next, but I just wish there would have been a few more answers or more action sequences or something here, just a little bit more to the story. So overall, I'd say I'd probably give this about a 7.5 out of 10. Definitely not a bad book, and it's actually it's actually a really good book. Uh, the only thing kind of holding me back from going higher is that fact that, you know, it's just a lot of setup. There's nothing wrong with the writing of the dialogue, um, even though there is a whole lot of it, and I would have liked more answers. There's actually, like, there's nothing wrong with the interactions between any of the characters, um, and I thought the writing all seemed pretty natural, uh, but there was just so much of it, and it was good and intriguing, and I want to see what comes next. I just wish there would have been a few more answers here, but, you know, if I go on to read the next trade and, you know, four questions get answered and we get some resolve and some payoff for all these questions, you know, that might make me look back on this trade and think it's, you know, an eight and a half or a nine out of 10. But as it's sitting right now, just having read this trade by itself, I'm sitting at right around a 7.5 out of 10, but it is extremely intriguing. Uh, But that pretty much wraps things up for this review. So I want to say thank you once again to Wheezy for the recommendation. And if anybody else has any other recommendations for me to give a shot, uh, you can either hit me up in the Get Fresh Crew Slack chat or uh, you can find me on Twitter at Vermillionaire3 and hit me with some suggestions over there. I want to remind everybody to head over to patreon.com slash weirdscience check out support the guys if you can i know that they put in so much work for the website and the regular show every single week but if you can support them on patreon and choose to you get a ton of extra shows um you got your boys toys your cellar dwellers you've got your uh the 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 marvel uh what do I, how do I want to say this? The Marvel Unlimited, uh, the reading club that just started with Jim and Reggie. You've got your New 52 review, getting it early. You've got Jim's other review show. Oh, man, just so many other shows on that Patreon. So if you can support, definitely go support. Well worth the money, and all the shows are great. Um, so I want to thank everybody for tuning in and listening to me this week, but that pretty much wraps things up for me. So I'm going to send it on back over to Jim and Eric. Thanks a lot, guys. Here's a letter for you, but the words get confused. And the call- Yo, it's mail call.
Oh, me, oh, I am. <laughs> Here he is, out of a cannon, Eric Shea as I hope that the smell section finds everybody in uh, good spirits and health, Eric, and I hope that you I don't lose your I mind. Agree. Well, you'll never be, but I hope that you don't lose your mind like you always do. It just calm down. So what happens? You, you need to calm down. It always happens. Everything's off the rail because of one Eric Shea. That's what always happens. I am a nuisance. Yes, you are. You are. But here we go with All New Dave. All New Dave says, hi, Jim Eric, Reggie, and the entire Get Fresh crew. Boop, boop. Get Fresh crew. Boom, boom, It's old school. Action Comics has been the only comic I've stayed with since Rebirth, and I'd like to get your opinions on a few things. I'll admit I'm more worried than excited about Brian Michael Bendis taking over. That's what we want to know. I'm not too bothered about him changing continuity as such, because I don't think either of the big events were handled perfectly by the Superman creative teams. Superman Reborn. Superman Reborn. What? Superman Reborn. Must be Superman Reborn. (laughs) And the Oz effect must be Oz effect reborn left way too many questions that were never settled for reborn. I bought all the tie in issues. The worst being the Trinity one, which had the tagline reborn aftermath. The truth about Superman. Yeah, they, they, they tried to remember that. Yeah, really? The, that book? I, thank God that's over. I was all, it was all a lie. I think I remember a panel where even Lois herself tries to talk about Reborn to Clark, who replies saying basically, don't worry about it. We'll deal with it later. Now, I do remember that After part. Math. Which seemed like the writer, aftermath, <laughs> which seemed like the writers were saying, have patience, we'll get to the answers, but they never did. Do you guys think the writers were not allowed to reveal certain answers because of Doomsday Clock, for example, or was it just that they wrote themselves in a corner? I would like to oh, say, oh, I, I aftermath. Totally think into the, I really think they wrote themselves into a corner with a lot of it where they weren't allowed. Actually, I think it's a column A, column B situation where they did write themselves into a corner, but they also weren't allowed to explore that corner. Yeah. So you got to stand there with your eyes closed in Dental the corner. plan. Is that a good Dental one? plan. Dental plan. Lisa needs braces. Either way, I, I think Bendis should be able to put his own stamp on things going forward. But I hope he doesn't mess about with the Clark Lois and John dynamic too much. That might backfire on him. And uh, I did the news this morning. I don't know if you realize that, Eric. I've only mentioned it I, who 20 hasn't times realized that? <laughs> Nobody's listened, but they realize it. Uh, and I talked, and one of the things that uh, my man T-Funk had set up was Bendis did a bit of an interview about this. And it was weird because they said to him, hey, a lot of people are worried that you're going to change things up with John and Lois. And, and basically Bendis' response, no listen, no, listen, everybody loves Lois. I would never mess with Lois. Believe you me. Son of a bitch. Lois. And never mentions John. And I was like, ooh, ooh, aftermath, I said. And, and it was weird. <laughs> and my wife looked at me like I was insane. I don't know why I would have said that then, but I, I had an epiphany. Uh, but yeah. I found your new favorite thing. Yes, <laughs> I think so. What worries me is that I've been reading some of Bendis' trades from his Marvel runs, mainly Iron Man, and they haven't exactly been great for me. I know that doesn't mean that action will be bad. It just worries. Uh, the thing about it is I think that a lot of the things that I've run into with Bendis, and I've read a bunch, and that Iron Man deal, he seems to start real strong. And I don't know if people would agree with me with this, but it seems to me that he starts strong and then kind of just loses his way a bit or just, you know, gets excited about just something like else me. maybe. 
And then what you're left with is aftermath, and that's it. I'm hoping the rumors are created to a refresh or new jumping on points at DC are true, and then I can drop action if it comes to it and start with a new character that I haven't ever read, like Wonder Woman or Flash. At the moment, everything at DC seems a bit stale or hard to jump into. Now, we're going to say, uh, number one... That there's New Age of Heroes, huh? You're getting a new team coming up on Wonder Woman anyway. That's down the line. Flash seems... Williamson seems pretty solid being on that, but you may get a different Flash book. I mean, the rumor is David F. Walker is coming on a Flash book my theory which i told people on twitter eric and then somebody said nice try and i did punch him in the face uh <laughs> is that after this flash war you will have wally going off with his family and having an, a, a wally west flash book possibly or a kid flash book with the other wallace as they call him if i was wally west kid flash i'd be so angry that out of nowhere they started calling me wallace i wish that in one i wish somebody would angry address, if anybody called me wallace or wallace wish, they're both I'm terrible tell, names i'm telling you i wish somebody would address this at one point in these books because out of nowhere when wally fully was starting to be featured in the flash book they realized okay we have two wallies we have two, so we better call the younger one wallace and i wanted just one time is like you call me wallace again i'll, I'll slice you and you oh, touch God. my you touch my stuff i'll kill you that's what he'd say. Why I was going to flash Francis all of a Francis. I was going to collect all the New Age of Heroes comics, but I've dropped them now, especially as it seemed they're heading the same direction as the Young Animals line, and I can't be bothered wasting my money on any more of these comics heading in no direction except cancellation. At the moment, my DC pull list is. You ready for his DC pull list, Eric? Do it up. Here's the thing. I, I know that we never yell or scream about like things that are long and, and emails. I, I'll never do that. I read an email that was over an hour and a half long. And I did get mad at the end. I might yell because I bailed on that one. So I'm, I'm going to tell you all new, Dave. You're pushing it here with this this pull list. Action and Hellblazer, Eric. That's it. He has two books. That's all. And one's Hellblazer, which I'm Actually, telling you. I'm not you, happy about the Hellblazer. That, well, it, it's fine. He likes it. He, he gets mad yeah. when I throw shade at it. But I know. It's I not, wanted to throw shade. I <laughs> wanted to be included. It's not going to last that long. He's going to have one book in his pool list, and he's, you know, and he has a book that he may not even go with because of Bendis. It's trouble. Hey, where's Anna to tell him to get out of it, too? Him and Akeem and Anna, they're going to hang out. Have you guys heard anything about any new jumping on points down the line? I would like to get I, – I did hear of one – I think Green Lantern's number 50. Oh, I thought you were going to say the uh, Weird Science Marvel Comics podcast, but that's uh, – yeah, I, I actually – Aftermath. <laughs> dental plan. I, I actually think that a lot of these – just wait and see. Uh, I know that – well, No Justice was Very kind bold, of – Very move taking the wait and see policy. <laughs> yes, well, there. you know No Justice is kind of a jumping on point. Unfortunately, you're already on one of the books, Action. That will be kind of a good one with Brian Michael Bendis. Other than that – I don't know. I, I really don't know. You're going to have to wait. Hopefully some new books will be announced. You can grab on that Plastic Man. Plastic Mini, that Man. Fuck, man. I don't mind getting a few trades while I'm waiting for something new down the line. Hope you guys have had a good week. Thanks again for all that you do. And that's getting very close to getting me angry. Swanee says, <laughs> keep doing what you're doing, Eric. do. Did I mention that the the other day I walked outside? I I didn't mention this because I I walked outside. Outside? Crazy. Really. And it took me probably about an hour to adjust to the light. I'm not really used Uh to that. 
And, and also the walking. It was very tiresome. Uh, yeah, one foot in Better front of the other. Jazzy for that is nonsense. Uh, no, I walked out and I was talking to, I believe it was Logan. He's usually my man at my side nowadays. He's sitting there on the stoop. I got you. We're walking and I'm talking to him and I, two, two, seven over I there. ran into somebody. Okay. And I'm not talking ran into like I, I met an old friend. I, I physically ran into somebody. Can you guess who it was? No. <laughs> you can't guess. It, it was that retard that beat me up as a kid. That lady. I ran right into her. I, I, I ran that. right into her off the porch because she walks by a lot. I ran and into she her. She looked at me, looked at me with a crazy ass look. Less. It yeah. was the look of her memories. Yeah, it was. It really seemed to be. And I got scared. I did. I got scared. I thought oh, she was going to go to town. And then I thought to myself, listen, if she throws a punch, you know, there's no winning this. You know is, that, right? Is there the law usually is if somebody throws a punch, you can defend yourself, right? The problem is it's a woman. She's also retarded. So I'm thinking to myself, yeah, there's no winning but this. is there any way that I could use the past? The Kobayashi, can I, can I, can I use the past that this woman on the rake beat the shit out of me every week? <laughs> the weeks that I didn't go get beat up by my retarded uncle, she was there beating me up. Could I use that as an excuse of why I may have late? I didn't. And, and she just looked and I Thank said, God. I said, oh, I'm well, so sorry. I, I can understand that you didn't. You're not in handcuffs and not doing the podcast right now. <laughs> you, know, you know what the real problem was, though? This is where I, I went a little too far and I might have set up You watch where the fuck you're going. Well, that I should. That is true. That's number one. Can I ding that? No. The, the real problem is I ended up I, – I kind of put my hands on her shoulders and said, oh, I'm sorry. Debbie, I used her name, and she she looked at me. I thought she was going to slice my throat because then it really freaked her out because that's her name. I know her name. I know her. And she looked at me, and then she got the fuck out of town. She ran, Eric, as fast as she could and ran, and then I felt kind of better. So she's like a spider. Y yeah. It, it was well, no, no. You got, hold on, follow me. Here. I, I'm Turns just gonna. Out, they're more afraid of you than you are of it. No, I think that she heard her name and it, it really threw her off, and she ran the hell out. And then I started yelling. That's, well, that's what like you get. Demon. No, I once, didn't yell. Anything. Once you know their name, you have power over I, them. No, well, I said yeah, really. Is that, is that true? <laughs> uh, she yeah. ran away, kind of waddling. She's she's a big lady right now, and she's running away. And then there's Logan, the my my sweet innocent little son. And, and Logan goes, is that that retard that used to beat the shit out of you? I said, yeah. And he goes, well, she's running right now. I'm like, you damn right. Let's go. I felt good for a little bit. Then Looks like after all the battles, Jim Warner finally won yes, the war. I finally won the war. It was very odd. I didn't know that it, you have power over them with the name. Swanee's But next. now you're off to the sanctuary because you have PTSD. I am. I was actually thinking of the sanctuary then when I was talking about that. But I, I forgot. I guess that was Thursday. Uh, and it was weird. And I see her all the time. Now I don't want to see her because now she might be after me. But Swanee says, hey, Jim, Eric, and Reggie. Oh, yeah, we're doing mail. Yes, we are. I'm pretty excited as this is the last week of school. I teach seventh and eighth grade, which is tough, as is without adding end of your attitudes. They got tudes, Eric. Yeah, kids are terrible. Yeah, they are. I finished my books from a couple weeks back. And I know, Jim, we already argued about this, but I like Percy's first issue of Nightwing. It seems Simon and I may be the minority here. I I really like Mean Swoboda. And yes, the dictating technology thing is strange, but it doesn't throw me off as much as it did you guys. And it did. And I hate the Mean Swoboda because this is what we started the whole series on 40-some issues ago, and it's nonsense. It is complete nonsense. No, we didn't get Swoboda until later on until he got yeah, the Yeah, but even Haven. still, it's nonsense. 
Green Lanterns is really good. I just heard on your news podcast he is off the book now. Did they kick him off then? I also have to disagree with you guys about Brimstone. I enjoyed, really, if you're going to hit your wagon he on a book, Joey. don't you hit your wagon on the brimstones. I enjoyed the second issue. My only complaint was it seemed to be about two issues worth of story shoved into one, <laughs> says you. <laughs> Tell, I feel like we missed two issues I, of story I, to go I, into I that one. What? I dropped Damage, Silencer, and Immortal Men. But but the Immortal Men, Eric, That's what's that story about? The War of the Immortals, <laughs> Jim. <laughs> I know your name too, so you watch it and have no interest in whatever the hell Orlando is doing. <laughs> so this and the Terrifics are really my only two New Age books I am enjoying. I also know Reggie's name. I'll kill you. Silencer wasn't bad, but not good enough to keep buying. Uh, how can you how <laughs> how can you like Brimstone and not like uh, I might get the trade for that, but I didn't enjoy damage enough to care at all. I also disagree with your thoughts on DC Nation number zero. I hate Tom King as much as you guys, but enjoyed the Joker story. Yeah, it was nothing. What was it for? Yeah. Why did you have that? That, that was just there because it had to be involved because Batman had to be one of the three stories. Nonsense. I actually laughed at the joke. I never learned the alphabet and never got why. I also get excited for JL No I, Justice. I just wish you would have actually said had the letter Y instead of spelling yeah. out W-H-Y. Instead. Yeah. So maybe I Dummies would like not feel like a dummy after the fact yeah. realizing I didn't get the joke. I'm telling you, he, he, with him and those riddles and the jokes, I swear to God, I know he has younger kids. They obviously are part of a book club and they get the shitty book of the week of the joke book and that's where you get these riddles that he had before nonsense and these jokes well he even jokes. had the joker do a riddle when this started i know i know what was it like bark or something i had no it's brown and uh, like sticky a stick, a stick. oh great i do agree then now i'm depressed i do agree the bender story didn't well, hook did me swanny. at all i really want to read jl no justice number one but i keep checking the tracking on my book and they have been sitting in the denver post office for four days now Not damn denver it's a one-day trip from denver to my they're probably town. in those catacombs underneath probably. those crazy it murals yes those murals everybody's just stopping watching those goddamn murals and things uh, and that that statue outside of that Ugh. demon thing Southwest Colorado, so it's really pissing me off. I stopped reading Batman after I saw Booster Gold get off at Hal Jordan killing himself, so I'm excited to read issue 50, not for the story, but so I can never buy this crap again. I've rambled on enough for today, so sorry for a long email. I appreciate everything you guys do and hope you get and have a great week. Thank you, Everybody is talking about the issue number 50 and how they're waiting for that to drop the title. I, like, you know... Is it one of those things like for everybody who talks to us, every one person for the comic book world that equals a thousand other people? I don't because know. Because for that. everyone we talk to, I want to see this drop in sales at 51. Like I just want it to be a fucking monster of a drop. That's why you have art germ variants down down the line. True. I, I said though, uh, and I'll talk about it again on the Patreon Batman, I'm, I'm sure, this week. But uh, just so that people who aren't on the Patreon can hear, I got, I got very mad when I think about the whole idea of you have this number 50 and you have – have, you know, you have Swanee saying that. We have a lot of people saying, I'm, I'm on till 50. I'm on till 50. Yeah. And what gets me mad is, yeah, you have that idea and you have Tom King sitting there. But Tom King, and I said it on the news, so I apologize if you listen to that. He's taking advantage of that. He knows that people are waiting till 50, so he pretty much thinks he has free reign to have six issues of setting up Ivy and Booster Gold to go off to the sanctuary. He is, he has people hostage until that 50. So if people drop it after 50, you know, all the power to you because he is now using that to his advantage to make you read his setup for his other goddamn book. 
And that's ridiculous. Give us – if you have these people who are waiting for this wedding, give us something about the family. Give us something where you have a whole issue of Batman. Have them all one-shots. I don't care. And don't give me these, well, you have the one-shots with, with uh, you know, Damien and Rachel Ghoul. First off, that's not what I'm talking about. And Tim Seeley's writing those. Have it in the regular book where you have Batman sit down and talk to his son. Have him sit down and talk to Dick Grayson. Talk have to him. the boy, Bruce. I talk said, to I him. said to one person who's like, I really like this because about we're, we're seeing – this Batman who we've never seen before. And I said, listen, listen, you buddy. Nice try, I nice said. Nice try, buddy. No, what I told him is, hey, buddy, tell me since you – and this person, I think this person had been reading the book, actually had jumped on after Jokes and Riddles. It jumped right. on this book just for the Selena and Bruce you know, wedding and said, oh, this is so refreshing. We're getting a Batman that I never, I've never seen before. We're really getting into the nitty-gritty of the man. And I said, please, I said, please, tell me – what Batman thinks about this upcoming wedding. Tell me what he is going through his head at any point in any of these issues because <clears throat> you get nothing. You get nothing at all. You, he is a backseat driver in his own book, and we don't even get anything. He's, huh, mm, no, huh, I don't know. What? I don't know. I don't know. That, that's it. He gets nothing. And so happy so we don't talk about Batman. Where on this is the, but anymore. where is this human version of yeah, he's a human version of Batman. He's me. He doesn't talk to anybody. He just sits there he's and not minds in his, his own book he's because he's not a superhero. <laughs> he's minding just his like Jim P's and Q's. He knows that if he talks, he might get his throat sliced in his own home. But really, what have you learned about Batman? Then he does this booster gold deal where we said that you you have the opportunity to show what a Batman would be like who isn't, you know, a Bruce without a Batman. But you tell me, you read these three issues. Tell me anything about this alt-timeline Bruce Wayne. We never learn anything he about him. He loves his mama and his papa. Tom King is writing a book where he could care less about the main character. He doesn't go. But yet I see people saying, this is so refreshing. We're learning all this stuff about the man. No. This is so refreshing. What? A Catwoman yeah, book. Yeah, but what are we learning about him? I don't know why they're calling it Batman. I don't know. I, I just want to know what you're learning about him. I, I don't know. I don't know. Here we go. The next mail. Now I'm really depressed. Thanks a lot, Swatty. It's just everybody down the line. Swatty, thanks, I don't even know thanks anymore. Thanks a lot, Swatty. Thanks a lot, Akeem. Goes down the line. The next one is John Wayne. Howdy, Krillgroom. John Wayne says, howdy to Jim, Eric, Reggie, Chris, Trevor, Brandon, Aaron, Andrew, Alex, Anthony, Luke, Jeremy, Hussein, Dallas, Dancing Mike, and every single one of the fantastic pilgrims at the Get Fresh Crew. Poop, poop. Poop, poop. Poop, poop, Eric. Pilgrims. How's the side? <laughs> Johnny didn't do nothing. Hey, I know yet. John didn't do anything. It, I'm under an avalanche. Have you ever hear that, that song, Landslide? That's what I feel like. I'm under a landslide. Nonsense. Pilgrims. How oh, are you? I felt like you're performing the song Landslide and it wasn't going well. I'm just going to sing it now. Pilgrims, how are things? I'm pulling a Brandon right now because I'm quite drunk as I write this. Oh, God. Okay. I thought the fucking spelling and fucking punctuation No, no. Was he, he's still better than Brandon. No, I, <laughs> here's the deal. I have to step aside a minute, Eric. Brandon really didn't have anything wrong with this email. He definitely spell-checked it and, and went through the whole deal. I, I didn't even notice it. Thank you for we bringing that up. We do grow as people. Yes, we do. And I wonder if you are – if John is like Brandon, I need to know the time that he's writing this because really, time matters or does it? Because in Buffalo, every every second is beer 30. Beer 30. As they say. It's beer Buffalo. 
It's really what Except goes for that on. Four hours of mandatory sleep before you start drinking you, the, again. The, this week there was the whole deal where that lady went nuts and that Tim Hortons and shit on the floor and yeah, threw it. That was it. in Buffalo, right? I, I'm assuming it is. I don't even care if it was or wasn't. <laughs> it isn't my mind. Somehow Brandon was in the background in that goddamn vest, just sitting there. And actually, you don't know in Buffalo. That's just how you order. And when they say, yeah. "Hey, order me shit," they mean it. You go to the Tim Hortons, hey. you throw hey, shit. Hey, give me. Give me what I got last time. What'd you get last time? Hold on. Yeah, they just shit. They're throwing shit, that means Timbits. Uh, you piss on the counter, that means you want a coffee. That's just how they do things in there. They don't like to talk a lot. Uh, he Savages. says, Jim, how are the kids? Uh, I'm going to kill them. It's really, you want to bring this up. Uh, earlier, I was ready to, I was ready to start doing did, this. Johnny? I was ready to start, see, it's everybody. I was about to start recording and I went down and I said, triggered. guys, you, I said, you triggered. guys, you gotta, you gotta be quiet. I, I'm going to do the podcast and then I get just arguments. And really, the, the things that they were saying, they are lucky that I'm not allowed to lay hands on them. Like, oh, you bullshit podcast. I'm like, what's, what's going on here? I'm your father. And yeah, you do this. How about this? I'll stop doing this podcast and then I'll just get a second job. So I don't have to see any of your faces. And they like that idea. And then I said, to hell with you. I got so mad. I came up. We started the podcast. I was depressed. I needed them pills, Eric. I needed them. Have you started working out that issue with the pills? Yes, I have. Yes. Yes, I have. It's called cold turkey. And really. Cold withdrawal. You want to speak about that? I have a broken refrigerator downstairs, too. Thanks for reminding me. Now, is it actually broken? No, no, but we're getting a new one. It was a false alarm. I don't know. It's I'm not broken. You, you had a chance to send that no, new one back. Tanya ordered it, but the, the thing is, she ordered this thing, and it, it's one with the, the freezer on the bottom. I hate those. Yeah. I hate those. That's just nonsense. But Eric, how is Jess? How's Lady Jessica, Eric? He asked. She's all right. She's done crying from the royal wedding because now they're just doing, like, you know, past the ceremony aspect mm. and just doing the formalities of walking around to the people of England. You, you stupid. I think. You, I, I kind of just jumped in a little in between breaks there. You have no idea that she's crying because you won't marry her. You are blinder than blind, Eric. It's not just your glasses. It's your heart. She's just sitting there. Why can't I have a royal wedding? I'm Lady Jessica. It's never going to happen, Jess. It's never happening. You better be quiet. Don't say anything. If I'm right, Eric, wink. All right. I knew it. I knew it. (laughs) (laughs) Have you made the switch from cigarettes to vapes, Eric? Absolutely not. Don't you think e-cigarettes come first? That's... Don't. I don't like that progression. I really don't. I'm not, I know Jessica tried e-cigarettes for a little while. Oh, there, did she? And oh, I thought Stephen Dorff over there. And vaping. Look at her hanging out with Stephen Dorff. Is she? You had there. He That'd said, be so cool. Oh, it would be cool. You know, what would you say to Stephen Dorff? Really? You, you would say hey, nothing. Stephen, loved you. Loved remember, you and Blade. Remember the gate. <laughs> the gate. Yeah. Don't let it hit you in the ass when you leave, Stephen Dorff. Get the fuck out of my now, house, Stephen. When they did the gate two, is it that you had moved on to bigger and better things, or did they that's just not you, ask you to do the gate two? That's what you'd ask him. I'd be like, Stephen, yeah. why are you hiding in my my garage here? Get the hell out. Go find yourself an apartment. Recently learned he's talking about vape. Recently learned that shit is aluminum based. Oh my goodness. Am I gonna have to tell Wrong Turn that he was wrong when he told me that vape will never be found to be harmful at all? I can't believe that Wrong Turn is wrong. I just don't know. One anything that Wrong Turn says. He just you know that it's the opposite. So he's like, eh. well, it's it's all in his name right there. Well, it is. The other day I came back from break. He's vaping up a storm, and he stands right next to the door. And we talked about this yeah. before. And we have a lot of ladies that we work with, and they're all walking in. They're all old ladies too. They they are one step from the goddamn grave, and they walk through. He, fucking wrong turn. Just blows the smoke right in their face. And what did he say? 
he he said something. He said it to us before. What did he say when they said but wrong turn? Which they used to think, wrong turn. Why did you do that? What did he say? I don't know. It wasn't me. It was the winds. That's what he yelled. <laughs> <laughs> it made me and laugh. And the worst part is he has been banned from that before. He got yep. yelled at. He's going to get banned again. Back, He's in big trouble. Went, big trouble. Kind of like any perspirants and sweating. This crap. I'd like to imagine, though, even before we go on, the whole thing is, it's not the win. It's that he had this idea in his mind where he was going to have this cool shot if there was a camera inside oh, yeah. where they're walking through the smoke Just all the in smoke. slow motion. He, he th- He's setting up the special effects to their he, lives. He thinks they're in a, a goddamn Motley Crue video as they walk back to <laughs> clock back in. Yeah, he says, this crap could clog up your lungs, Eric. It's like antiperspirants and sweating. It clogs you up. Up. That's why I don't use antiperspirant, right? I need some more aluminum <laughs> in mine because I just fucking sweat right yeah, through this really. shit. I do too. I do too. Luckily, I wear a lot of layers there because there's sometimes I am ripe. And really, you know, because I run up to the front of the uh, the ah, deal and where we have our uh, our time clock, they have the disinfectant, the uh, any – what is it? The antibacterial gel yeah. or whatever. And I use that. I get it, put it on Hand my sanitizer. pits. Yeah, put it on my pits and away and I get it. sanitizer. so funny too because when I do that, I get my pits and then I just go and I'm like Rick Rude where I'm rubbing it all over my chest and my stomach and then I flick it and then I go – Oh, you ladies, get your man to clean. Actually, I don't do that, Eric. That would be very odd. And then somehow I rip off my pants and I have these these uh, tight shorts things with a uh, lips on the front. It's very odd. I'm glad you don't have to see that. Anyways, just wanted to I talk do. some. <laughs> you want to see it or you do? Man, I'm. I, I did. Enjoy... He's enjoying his Marvel books. Boy, this is this is starting to be a trend. We're a DC podcast, Eric. What's going on? We better start to be cheerleaders. Shish kumba, ra ra ra. I was waiting for you I to jump die. in. I was waiting for you to jump in. Uh, hey hey, we know why you ain't got no alibi. You you ugly. Tom Taylor is killing it over ugly. there. Getting uh, uh, you ugly, you ugly. Uh uh uh, you ugly. See now you're picking me up. Tom Taylor is killing it over there with X Men Red and the All New Wolverine. Don't tell Brandon that. It's so funny. Right there, you triggered one Brandon Murray, but you also <laughs> triggered one Eric Shea by saying he's killing it. He does not like that. I hate he that hates term. That. That, he, actually, you hate it just because it's been ruined for you. That oh, layer, no, I'm telling you, every time that somebody says that somebody's killing it, that book is usually garbage <laughs> in my mind. That's what Brandon will tell you. The later of which ended this week, which is sad, but it went out on a great note with a thematic flip of the original Old Man Logan story. Avengers was a spoiler alert. Avengers was good. Ditto for Daredevil. I read Avengers. We'll be talking about that on our Marvel podcast. I may or may not agree with John Wayne. How about that? How about that for going out on the limb? Well, I am enjoying Mark Wade's run on Cap. I'm really looking forward to Tanishi Tanishi Coates taking over the fresh start. I'm sorry, who was that? I'm not going to. Coates. Mr. Coates. Q. Eric's Whispers. Mr. Coates. Uh, I said fresh starter. Come on. Damn right. He's had a great run on Black Panther, and I love his work outside of comics and seeing his views on modern America through the eyes of Cap in a political thriller book has it ranked as my most anticipated comic of the summer over anything DC is putting out. I'll tell you, Mr. Coates, Ta-Nahisi Coates, Eric. The problem is I don't sit and look at the words. I I just let them blurt out. Uh, He is a smart man, and I told you about this. He's like, he's not a smart man. He's a genius. And sometimes. You know, I have a problem with smart men because they're always talking over my head. I know. And that's the weirdest thing because you did tell me it's weird 
that I am such a, a small fella, but yet can still talk over your head at times. You told me this, and I thought, Ooh. oh my goodness, Eric Shea. Uh, I st- sometimes thinks that that coats. I sometimes thinks that's the coats <laughs> <laughs> that he tends to maybe write a little over some people's heads as well. He's very he's smart. For you he now. is a genius, and I'm not. I'm not going to say he knows it, but sometimes he writes like it, and I find it a little off-putting sometimes. So we'll see how it goes. Uh, no, I'm telling you, all I'm imagining is Christopher Priest's Justice League with this. There you go, Eric. You don't have to get into that. Speaking of our other favorite big two company, no justice has been fun. And I'll read Snyder's new Justice League book, but I can't say I'm excited about anything DC right now. And that makes Besides me that. really sad. Why, why aren't people liking Brian Michael Bendis? You, you have to be. I know John Wayne is very, very cautiously upset that he thinks that Brian Michael Bendis is going to ruin John and Lois and all that. But I, I still – excitement doesn't Not necessarily – Lois. He loves Lois. I people know. love Lois. Yeah, and I wouldn't do anything about Lois. People would kill me if I did that about Lois, and I'm going to prove them when they're going to have to apologize on Twitter about Lois. This is basically what he was saying. Uh, where's John? Uh, but with that, just – I, you can be excited and still be worried. I mean, you should be excited. But as I said in my Rant and Rave debut a couple weeks back, when you cancel two of my favorite books, Super Sons and New Superman, and New Superman hasn't been officially canceled, so hold on on that. But it totally is. Yeah, it is. It is. Why? Well, whisper. <laughs> don't tell anybody. While changing up everything on two of my other favorites, Action and Superman, I don't know. They, they never said they're going to change anything. They are. And can't get your shit together on my other books. <laughs> Batman, Wonder Woman, Flash, etc. Those, those books are all killing it. No, they're not. All you really had to say to me was killing it. <laughs> what, I don't know what you're saying. What is there I to be excited about? Maybe Jurgens and Morrison on the Lantern books? No. But that's a stretch, LOL. It is. I like Terrifics and Silencer. Bullshit. I'm definitely going to give Hawkman. Yeah, we like Silencer. I know. You throw that. The Terrifics is not one I hate. It's just nothing's going on. I'm not, right now. I don't care. Oh, don't you? You like this Battle of the Immortals, do you? But you don't like the Terrifics. The War of the Immortals. Oh, my goodness. You, you, I don't know which way is up and down with you. I, I don't. <laughs> Ow, I can't snap. I'm so sweaty. There you go. I'm out. There See, you, you can't go. do it. You can't do it and against we're back, me. folks. Uh, if I snap again, does that make me louder? And I'm definitely going to give Hawkman and Catwoman solo books a shot. I actually, I'm glad he put uh, that out there. I'm actually very excited about the Catwoman book. I can't wait for that. It's I'm been, actually really excited. Yeah, yeah, okay. But I can't say I'm actually stoked for any of <laughs> no, that. I can't tell you what. I'm sure I am. About You're just nothing. excited. You're excited that they're going to make that new uh, Predator movie. Real, You're all really into cool that Predator movie. I went to bed last oh, night. did you? But somehow I got the rights to remake the Phantasm films, and I was really excited that, about that, that daydream. That, really? That was your daydream, Eric? Yeah. Now you just you sucked every bit of excitement. Out Howdy, of I ruined my entire night last night by watching that last Phantasm film again because I bought it when it came out. Watched it, have not watched it again. Watched it again last night for the first time since then, and I hated it even more. And I just was in a fucking pissed off mood the rest of the night. I just went to bed then. You, you know what? I, I'm I'm thinking we're tapping into something here. It's getting near the witching hour, Eric. And uh, back in the day, one of the original things was me just losing my mind and not having any patience with anything you're saying. It's getting back to that. Maybe it's because we don't we don't record past midnight a lot, and we have some recording left to do. You better watch yourself. Oh, you better you. watch your P's and Q's, my friend. I, I think we're going to see the sun come up. We're going to. Uh, it's just nonsense. Okay. 
And now I lost my, my space. And then there's the doomsday clock. News to entertain us. Generally, it's delays. But Double A Ron mentioned on the Slack that there may be some conflict between Bendis Superman and Jeff Johns Superman and Doomsday. I think it's highly possible there will be conflict. And it's unclear who would oh, win no, in my you, mind. You're telling me that Bendis and Superman has nightmares? Uh, yeah, no. Yeah, he never had nightmares, even though he did have nightmares in that story that we went back and did for the uh, the back issues. He definitely mentioned yep. he had, there's a continuity problem there. Sure, Bendis is hot right now. He's so hot, Eric. Hot as crap. But what if he flops? Belly flops. He's he's. Here's the thing. I, flop to try. <laughs> I don't think he's gonna flop. Uh, and really, it, it's one of those things. It's Superman and action do not sell as good as they should. They really don't. I think they'll sell as much with him, but I think it'll go up. So that's all they care about. So we'll see. To me, it seems like those old rumors of the Dio versus Johns may have some truth to them. Specifically, Jeff never won at New 52. It flopped. He got to do a rebirth. It, it didn't flop. It flopped. It did not flop. No, it, didn't. it went on for a long time. It ended up wonky. And then here's the thing. You want to say flop. Pretty much what I hear and what I could tell and what went on was Dan DeDio stepped in and said, oh, I'm going to do this DCYOU. That flopped. But yeah, you look back at, at sales during the New 52, they're way better than anything we're getting now, which was initially yeah. a hit, and then it started treading water with Rebirth, and that is true. And then DeDio pushes New Age, which Jeff never talks about in interviews or tweets about, etc. Each of them gets to do their thing. Now also, Dan DeDio has the, you know, he has the unenviable uh, task of pretty much hyping everything. Uh, whether we know he likes it or not, but it does seem like he's involved. He's on, you know, the book. He's on the what's it called, the Immortals. Uh, yeah, so the Immortal the Man. The I don't even know what it's called anymore. Uh, but yeah, each of them get to do their thing till it peters out. I think if Jeff ever wants to exert his muscle, he can. Just look at Rebirth, but him not being involved with comics much after that and dropping the ball on Doomsday has led to a cascade of line-wide issues that the GFC discusses all the time. And yeah, if you're going to be mad at somebody, take a little cue from Akeem because this Doomsday clock is, is just nonsense. And this is what was supposed to set up. So anything that you're talking about. Oh, is that still a thing? Nah, I, I forgot I don't, about that. Everybody that forgot about clock? it. Well, is that what well it's here's the thing. You, you have them in, and I, I imagine they all sit in the lunchroom together. That's what happens over at the DC offices. And they're there, and you have Jeff Johnson. He's, he's heard word, gotten scripts of some of this stuff going down with Brian Michael Bendis. And he's like, hey, you know. Uh, Bendis, get over here. Uh, the shit that you're doing, it don't jive with my stuff. And Bendis all he has to do, what, what do we get? Let's worry about that in 2030, buddy, when, when this <laughs> fucking thing comes out. Burn. Yeah. And then say, the reason why I'm on these books is because you're fucking delays. We need something. So uh, shut your mouth, and you and Gary Frank, go get out of the lunchroom. No lunch for you. Go and start working on your book. And they all, in the end, they're all probably going to hurt because of it. Nothing's going to come out of this smelling better because of this nonsense. It just, it's nonsense and everybody's to blame, including us, Eric, me and you. Oh. With Jeff now focused on film and TV, who is there to balance out the deal's bad ideas? Jim Lee never does. Snyder is too green. Priest would never get involved like that. And he, he wouldn't. He's just a writer. He, he didn't want to get involved. They wanted him to be the Batman editor. He said no. Uh, plus the WB people. Batman editors get fired. Yeah, the WB people love Dan because he comes from TV. I don't, I don't know anything about that unless my pipe dream of tomasi as new cco comes to life it's jeff or dan's vision for dc and i will always choose jeff 
but he needs to get his head out of his ass and back into the game. CCO, is that one of those canned corn organizations? Yeah, <laughs> not sure that'll ever happen, which means we're stuck with the deal forever. FML. Aftermath! And and you say about Jeff Johns, he was on a lot of books in the beginning of that New 52, so he benefited oh, yeah. as well. Oh, well. Life goes on anyways, and it's almost summer. Not like that means uh, what it used to. LOL. Again, I apologize for any grammar and spelling mistakes. I'm drunk at some party. I don't really want to be at anyways. There you go. Despite my negative feelings this week, the news that Tomasi is getting a maxi series with the Super Sons tells me that all hope is not lost. I still I have to look this up. I'm telling you, I looked it up for my uh, my news program. Super Sons couldn't, aftermath. Couldn't find anything. I'm anxious to see the next round of solicits because I want to know, A, that Steve Orlando is not the full time writer on Wonder Woman. I don't think we'll find out in these solicits. I think that oh. these will be his books until September, but and be the future of New Superman the JLC, which I think will be done. Sorry again for the drunken rantiness of this mail, but you all know it uh, it's all drunken love. Sending all the best to you and your families and talk to you both in the Slack this week. Much love, John Wayne, and thank you, John. And that thank is you, the end of the mail sections this time around and for the entire night. And Eric in a weird twist of events we're going to be back with the rant raves welcome to the podcast you know it's gonna be a long one the winner is your one you know it's gonna be a strong one If you're thinking it's a nonsense Then it's time to phone it in If you wanna share your problems Then you can tell them on the gym You can bitch about your car, bitch and bitch about your job You can bitch about a hood, it just ain't just a slug You're right You're calling in the website, CC, you ain't raving, raving, you ain't raving, you gotta hear some real nonsense, look out! Look out, Eric. Are you there? Out. You there, Eric? You, you ready for the what you now do approach there? What you do there with your rant and the raves and what do you, what would you call this? <laughs> what would you call that, Eric? What would you, that's called would you like ketchup is what that's called. Do you, do you agree? Why? Why is it called that? <laughs> what would you call this one? That's BMX Lex. BMX Lex, Eric. That, that, that was a little, we're, we're on Mixler right now, live. That was a little shout out. A little request. I always like to do requests. Never thought in my life that it would be fart sounds, Eric, but I'll take whatever I can get. What one's this one? That's called Night Moves. Everyone leaving the podcast. I got that, you. <laughs> that's the sound of podcast over. That's what it is, Eric. And once again, free time. Welcome to the welcome to my life again. But yeah, we're gonna go on. We do have a rat and rave line, and no more fart sounds. No more, Eric. Not not even this one. 
That's I'm the glad we didn't get that one. That's the rusty hinge, and I can see why that would be called that. But we have a rant and rave line. You can call 641-715. Yes, you can't see it. It's like, hey there, hey there, Jezebel. I'm going to be leaving now. i got to go out to my car and watch out. I hope you fix this, this fence here. Guess you didn't. Steal the rusty hinge. See, it works. It works for me. Hey, hey, tell Junior, is he working on that instrument that he's doing? (laughs) Yep, he's using that slide trombone, all right. There you go. It works. It works in all sorts of ways, Eric. You didn't realize (laughs) the fart board is so versatile. We have a rant and rave line. You can call us at 641-715-3900, enter extension 452328, followed by the pound sign, Eric. It's just that easy, folks. I almost did a fart sound for that, but I will not. And we have one rent and rave tonight. And the one rent and rave is from Mr. Rent and Rave himself. No, not Eric Shea. The Mr. Rent and Rave? <laughs> Mr. Tonight rent and on rave. This show? Tonight on this show only. And it is dancing. My it's, it's dancing Mike. Hi, Jim. Greetings, Eric. And hello. Hello. Mother. Mother. First of all, oh, Mike. I want to give a shout out to the Get First crew. Whoop! Whoop! <laughs> and of I think course, he hurt himself. A very Whoop. special shout out to the king of the Get First crew. He is universally beloved. It is one Richard Richardson. No, Toby. Long may he reign. <laughs> anyway, um, want to talk about some nonsense before I talk about my comic books. So the nonsense being um, the current line of the book. Oh, the nonsense coming first. Of the village people is the original singer and founding member, Victor Willis, who comes out as the cop and changes right. into the admiral costume yes. for in the Navy. Exactly. Nice. Does. That is true. I told Eric this this week. I said that the best thing before Mike goes on, I, I was talking a lot about the village people this week with Eric and I was dancing around and, you know, prancing around like I yeah, will. Yeah, and I said that in the Navy's the best song. Because if you listen, he is really pushing. He's almost a recruiter through the whole song till the end when it seems like he wakes up and realizes that what he's been saying is sending him off to the Navy. Oh, wait. Wait a second. Then, no. What? Wait. What? I, I, I'm in what I get, now? He starts going, I get seasick in the bathtub. He starts getting all upset because he thought it was just lip service, I guess. And instead, he's off and to the Navy. Yes. Show-stopping moment there. And uh, let's see, there's the Native American, there's the GI, but the, Victor Willis is the, is one of the original members, the, all, the other ones have changed. This is deep cut, Eric. <laughs> this is deep cut village. Throughout the years, et cetera, et cetera. I wonder if he saw, uh, Can't Stop the Music. He better turn his chair around and talk to me real quick. I wonder if, village he, people if he lore. saw the movie Can't Stop the Music, starring the village people. Great movie. And, uh, there's, and there's the village people fe- featuring Victor Willis. So, um, there is a, the, the Native American, the GI, the cowboy, the construction worker, let me tell you, when that construction worker came on stage, he oh, was boy. doing this little dance. and yeah. He does a lot of hip thrusting. Make a little love. Worker, down I'm telling you, that guy's got a tool belt on him, Eric, that'll make you blush. And then his shirt was halfway off. And yeah. It took me way back to the days way to wear the shirt? Rainbow Club or the, no, the Rainbow uh, or Carousel. The, the, those are two of the gay clubs in 
Knoxville, probably more of the carousel that had the, the more dance and show kind of things. It, it looked like it came straight from a show at. I actually, I actually thought, thought of that as more of the Rainbow Club, Eric. But at that's more just of the me. Gay clubs, it was funny, and the crowd went wild. And boy, that guy that's was really buff. Funny. If I had a body yeah. like that, I would be showing it off. Damn too. right, I would be too. But anyway, why is it that you go down the street and ninety nine percent of the people that don't have shirts on are just fat slobs mowing the lawn, and it's in the because middle of winter? Because they have self esteem, Jim. I guess. And they're, they don't judge. They don't judge, Eric. It's a judgment-free like zone you. in their yard. No, I'm never – yeah, really. There's another guy. If I could wear a fur coat in the summer, I would. Guy who I always refer fur, – Fur isn't proper, though, Eric. I, I no, have to tell no. You. <laughs> to <him as> <laughs> but apparently I uh, went to Wikipedia, and apparently he is the leather man. So yeah. you have a – you have the uh, cop it's slash like admiral, Native American GI cowboy construction worker and leather man. Leather man, but Makes um, sense. yeah, I did. We did want to see leather the village Daddy. people just one show basically because I mean you hear one show they got the three. You've seen them all. That I know maybe a fourth one that, that I've heard before, but um, we and and the third that he's mentioning is Macho Manor. Listened mostly. I did get up close enough to snap a picture, but. And see a little bit because it was very, very crowded standing room only. They were, nice. it was Friday night and all the locals were out and it was, it was packed to the rafters in, uh, that, that, that theater. So, um, yeah, so we didn't get to see it all up close, but we got to hear the music and, uh, it was, yeah, it was that was the village people. And we did not get to go back to see Peter Noon again because it uh. decided to become a monsoon that, um, Sunday, so that was disappointing. We did not Gorilla get to see him again. I wish. But, and um, speaking of being at Walt Disney World, I lied oh, to you inadvertently a couple of weeks ago. I said that Walt Disney what World gets about 20 million visitors per year. Apparently, I was wrong because I was reading an article and boom, it's like, wait a minute, that's different. And I went through... Apparently, That's with an average annual attendance of over 52 million, Jeez. 52 million visitors, one never Walt Disney World is the most visited vacation resort Aww. in the world. So, God, I want to go. 20, I was only off by like 30 million or so, so about 50 million people. And they had a, That's way too many people show. for me. It was all flower show. And um, this is something because there was a lot of John Wayne clips. I believe that was oh. last week, maybe the last week, the week before, maybe. Yep. Um, and. Wyatt Earp actually um, was on the. He befriended oh, a young actor wrong. named Marion Morrison, who would later change sure his did. name to John Wayne and become an American acting icon. This is from a website I saw because I knew that I Wyatt know. Earp had been had a friendship with John Wayne know. of some sort, and I just uh, I wanted to look it up, so I actually kind of copied this little paragraph just to remind you. I guess director oh. John Ford hired John Wayne as a prop boy, and he had the opportunity to meet Wyatt Earp, and he. Made Prop boy sounds sexy, doesn't it? Made an impact no. on the young actor oh. who later credited his walk-talking persona to his acquaintance <laughs> with Wyatt Earp. And on one occasion, John Wayne reportedly said, Earp was a man who had actually done the things in his life that I was trying to do in a movie. I imitated him. Say Pilgrim eight million times? Is that, is that actually, it? I actually really like the story. Throw, a, kid, throw a boy into a lake? Uh, we saw that part this week. His walk, I imitated his talk. Howdy, nice. Pilgrims. Uh, yeah, so I just knew that I think that is neat and probably it's the really reason neat. why John Wayne was so yeah. successful playing the Western, uh, Howdy, the Western genre and then having that persona because he uh, had talked and befriended Wyatt Earp. And I just My grandfather told this story as a young man. I'm a big fan of Wyatt Earp and a, a pretty big fan of Westerns in general. And Jim mentioned 19 by Paul Hardcastle. Uh, that's the one, of course, that has that the Gatsby. He's going to go, no, 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 19, please. And he keeps repeating the line. 
and the average age of a soldier serving in Vietnam was 19. And, oh. it, of course, it turned out later that stat was bullshit, but it made for yeah. a catchy little dance song, didn't it? And I did not Say like the song. Like I always thought it was an over-dramatic, ridiculous, having a dance so beat ridiculous. to that. But no, 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 it's no, no, funny no, no, to listen 19. to. No. And yeah, while that song right. was out back in 88, oh. 89, whatever, I had a friend who went overseas when that song was out. And he was 18, Eric. And he came back with some import 18. music. And he was in England. He came back with some music that we didn't have over here. One of them was a comedy rap song that had a great, it, one of the Let's lines go. in it, it was great. It was like, from the age of 14. Oh, there you go. That was funny at the time because if you know the song, that's hilarious, isn't it? It is. That is. And it's another thing. He went overseas and came back with that music. Chlamydia. See, kids, back in the day before you had your fancy Napsters, Napsters, or your or your yeah. YouTubes or your iTunes. Or even napkins, fancy napkins. If you wanted to hear music from overseas, you had to stumble upon an import album. I'd call my aunt and say, put that phone next to the radio. You bitch. That's what I'd call say. She'd, she'd get mad at me. In a record store. Or maybe... Uh, we actually had a uh, pretty good record store growing up in the in the flea revival? market. Yeah, yeah, they had a lot of like bootlegs and stuff like that. So I'll have to give them credit. Special order it if uh, you know if you were a big enough fan of the artist store. I guess maybe Jim he he went overseas. He damn right he, I he did. I came back with no 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 came back a man no 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 fear of everything is what I came back with. Yeah, we didn't have access to everything at the click of a button. I mean, let's say I wanted to hear that song. Uh, toy by that sexy Israeli artist Netta. If I wanted to hear Toy by Netta, if I wanted to hear Toy by Netta, I don't know why you would. She won Eurovision, Eric. Shut I up. wouldn't be able to just bring it up at and you know the click of a mouse back then. No, you kids. What's today a mouse back then? Like. A mouse was a mouse. I ended up coming back from England. I told you this all the time. When I mice came back were from mice England, and men and were men. The, the summer that I was in England, the big song here in the States, Eric, as we called it when I was overseas, the States, we called it. It oh, was very, very the fancy. Pond. Oh, the, the States it was. Uh, the big song was the Ghostbusters theme. Yeah. So when I came back at the end of that summer, all I wanted to do was listen to that Ghostbusters theme and all of a nobody sudden, wanted all you to play to do it is anymore. have a new drug. Yeah, no, no, yeah, really, but everybody was sick of it. And so I had to call into radio stations to request it. And yeah, and really, I was scared. You didn't want people to know you're still in that ghost. And then stuff. I ended up having to tape it off the radio. And finally, I got so my and then I and then I got sick of it very quickly. And continuity, I believe the states we called it, Eric. Jeremy was talking about a continuity. Charlene Harris, if I don't know if you ever read the Sookie Stackhouse books. If you don't know, that's that's True Blood. True the, Blood. The series yes. is based well. The first season, the rest of it was bullshit, but that was based on the Sookie Stackhouse novels. And she had a continuity, some continuity editors that would help her out with, you know, she's writing a series of books. They would help her out and let her know, you know, this goes here, All right, this takes off the place, you know, that, that kind of keeps her continuity going. That was one author, one series of books with, you know, different characters, but, but a continuing story. George R. R. Martin, who is never going to finish the sixth book, that's nope. neither here nor there. He has continuity people that help him out. Big fella. Where's a cap? Big guy. time. I repeat, he wears a cap. Oh, you know, it's like if we am riding. He, he reminds me of that uh, Cajun chef a little, uh, George R. I guarantee. Yeah, he does guarantee. This, but wait, I this guarantee I'm going to finish his meal. There. This, and, you know, yeah, he's going to finish a lot of meals before that book. It's, it's um, yeah, so he has... 
He's fat, Eric, is what we're saying. <laughs> and that's one series. Lots of characters. Most of them have died. but um, Lots of characters, but, you know, that is one series of books. He An obesely fat man he is, Eric. He has continuity editors. DC has all of these different titles, all these different books. Not one fucking person to, to look over continuity nope. to help with the – you couldn't just hire a continuity editor. You, you, Here's the other thing. I, I want to say to Mike, too, I agree. I agree 150% if that was possible. Uh, but it's the not. problem is, is just imagine some – just say it's it, – not even Eric Shea. Or it's Eric Shea, 18-year-old Eric Shea. There All he right. is, freaking it. And he has to call Tom King and say, but Tom – uh, Poison Ivy has done this stuff in this, you know, in the Birds of Prey, whatever. Basically, if he doesn't get told to go fuck himself, I'd be very shocked. And or it would just How be like, he? yeah, I'll look into that and hang up. They're, they're not going to pay attention anyway. We are getting into the point where I, I do like to like a large this. man. They're going to pay attention to me. No, they're not. They realize they, they end up going to itch their head and you fucking cower like a two year old. They, they will learn very quickly. You can't see either. So, but the thing is, I think that we're getting along the lines of the fact that, like I said, I like to liken it to the NBA. These writers are the NBA players with their guaranteed contracts and nonsense money. The coaches are going to be the ones that get the flack and get fired. If there is something that goes down to the line of an editor versus a writer, who is right, who is wrong, they're always going to go with the writer. And these editors know it, so they're not going to cause any problems. Instead, they have to try to get involved and be buddy-buddy with certain writers so that when those guys go to another book, they get more work because it seems like these guys get to pick and choose who their editor is. That's number one. That's nonsense. To be able to choose your editor, a guy who's supposed to be there and tell you what you need to do and what you did wrong, right, or whatever, to be able to choose it, you're, you're choosing a yes man, and that's all they are. And I know a couple guys, and we talked to on Twitter, that are editors, and they're good guys. And I don't think that, but the, a lot of these new rebirth writers and these big guys that they had to pay and get exclusive and things like that, they don't have to fight. For, it's also like a guaranteed contract, again, in the NBA. This is what it's like. It's the what's NBA. This NBA be, what's it's this the, NBA you keep talking about? It's the NBA, Eric. The National Ballistics Act. It, it, it's the, the writers are running the show, and you don't have anybody guiding them, so they're, they're not going to care. They, they don't care. You have a guy who wrote and he created Booster Gold, Dan Jurgens, who has an arc with it. And then a month later, Tom King just goes in and just completely wrecks the character and doesn't care. Nobody's there to even say, like, you can't do this. And then, you know, it doesn't seem like in my mind, wink, wink, Eric, that Dan Jurgens is very happy with what's happening to his character. The problem is, if he gets mad or does something, then he's out of a job. They, they're, they're running scared, Eric. The NBA. You, 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 you are Steve Orlando. He's a fat man, Eric. He's big. Orlando, but you can't Three hire star. a continuity editor. It makes no sense and infuriates me that they don't have a continuity editor or team of editors no. to keep some of these stories straight. And even when some of the individual it, books but, try, like the, I guess the Birds of Prey people, which I don't read it, but I've heard you guys talking about it, they try to at least trying. try to incorporate some of the... Uh, yeah, and it's Benson Sisters, and I will give them as much kudos as I can give that they tried to play along with what was going on in the continuity at points when nobody else was paying any attention to any of this nonsense in the Batman book. They, they started with that and tried to help out, tried to go, and then they get crapped on. But Tom King's fun, and Tom King doesn't care. It's like, no. I'll and I don't, I don't even necessarily think it's Tom King. It's just, you know, I don't even think it gets that far. 
I think there's this hierarchy, and it doesn't even get to his ears, the things. Just screw with them, too. Fuck them. I'm going to change it up here and make them look like assholes because yeah, no I one cares about just, continuity anymore. I don't think he, and he's trying to make them look like assholes. I think he just doesn't even realize. And, and maybe that's one of the things. Maybe what they should do is say, listen, you guys are writing at DC. Here's part of your job description. You have to read every book. You know, these fans do, and they're going to be the ones that point out the, these inconsistencies. So if we don't have editors who are going to guide you, who I don't think read every book either, I think that all of them should. I think they should read every book. Uh, maybe they can even help each other out and say like, oh, man, I see you mentioned Atomic Skull here. Well, you know, this is happening over here, or I'm planning in a month. For a, a thing I've already submitted or, or kind of kicked around. So I just want you to know that this may cause a little problem. Maybe we can get together and make both of our stories better. But it they, does they don't seem detract to do from the overall enjoyment. And the other thing, I'm just interrupting. What the Dad's fuck is like, going no, on? I'm saying, even with that, more people like you have a Tom King, you have all the, I'm not even going to center on him, anyone. You also have this weird deal where these guys, even if they're exclusive to DC, they're still working on themselves being the brand that they want to push aren't forward. Aren't we all throughout. just working on ourselves? Aren't we? Aren't we all on this rocket ship called Earth? But with that, you're you're not worrying about anything else. And you know what happens? I have to admit, one guy who I think doesn't do this and plays by the rules and helps other people is Tomasi. He keeps getting shit on. So maybe they're right. Maybe he's the one who should wise up because he seems to take the bullet for everything and always gets crapped on. So there. of the books. He was an editor at one point, Eric. Maybe he should go back to editing. I, I love him as a writer, but maybe he could kick some ass. And one more thing. Jim, Jim, Jim. I'm going to interrupt him again. I did not know I was a fancy person. Thank you for letting me know I was a fancy person because I enjoy boar's head meat. Because every... <laughs> Rockefeller over there. Jesus Christ. Wednesday, I go to the Kroger Deli and they oh. serve boar's head meat. And I get the oven gold. <laughs> Only on Wednesday? Turkey sandwich, and they put on <laughs> a lot more than Subway ever thought about it, and it's a special that day, and it is so good. So it apparently, is. I'm a fancy pal, a fancy person, a fancy Eat lad, because I like there, the boar's head meat. Yes. And one other thing, Hello, I Mr. was fancy driving pair. last week, and I was actually driving while uh, the rap move was being recorded, and I handed the phone off to my wife to send it in and type everything and all that, because I'm not one of those asshole texting while driving people and I had to make sure I did it. I thought he was going to go, I'm not one of them assholes that lets my woman drive. I'm in charge here. <laughs> in northern Florida before I got to Georgia because I don't know if you've ever been on Interstate 40 going through Georgia. Believe me. Rough, Who rough, has rough, it? And you would not have been able to hear anything except yeah, basically. So that's what it would have sounded like, which might have been better for some people who don't like the sound of my oh, jerk off voice. I like your jerk off voice, Mike. Anyway, Soothing books, books, books. I got uh, some books over the last couple of weeks. I have not read Dejah Thoris or Rom yet because Me I don't have time to read everything yet, but I made sure I got all my DC books read. Uh, I did not read one DC book uh. I picked up. Green Lantern number 135. With the cover, uh, inks and pencils by Joe Staten. I did not oh, read that one. I will be explaining that one. It was signed and it was sign uh, wonderful. And apparently, uh, I would love to meet him. They said he was a really nice guy, and they said he actually took the note with him that I wrote him and said he enjoyed it. So nice. my wife, of course, asked, "What well, did he throw it away?" I said, "Well, I said if he did, he was nice enough not to throw it away in yeah, front of really. them." So they said he That's enjoyed nice. that. Just a little note I wrote him to let him know, and I appreciate you know, him his work. On and, his uh, case. You know, 
Now I can and present that to the police for sharing of his calls. <laughs> and uh, was, sorry, I didn't want to meet him in the future, which I hope he gets to come back. And, number I do get one. and by all accounts, he is a really nice guy. And That's I need cool. to watch. There was a big interview with him on the Golden Age Facebook, on Not Golden really. Age 1942 Facebook page. So the other comics I actually did read. Um, let's, last week it was Detective, Batman Detective Comics number 980. Now, Two things about this book. First of all, I it, it was seeing Stephanie as spoiler. I mean, as a Robin and Batgirl, and seeing Cassandra as Batgirl makes me sad because it reminds me of how much better things were before the New Fifty Two came and fucked everyone up, especially those two characters. And there's another part where this podcast has become a New Fifty Two hate fest. <laughs> Everybody's down. No more New Fifty Two review. Hang I up. think it's um. One of the one of the is either as real. We have men at war next. <laughs> oh God! Me. If we're, if we're gonna end it, we picked a good time. Or uh, Batwing is fighting uh, Bruce and says, "You stand in the way of your own potential. I will relieve you of that postian. I will relieve you of that postian. P O S T I O N. Postian. Postion. Misspelled another word, yes. DC. You yep. Misspelled another word. Sounds like a fancy word. I don't know what he's talking chicken. about. Forget. Sounds like something you'd wear, like as a shawl. My potion. I'm going to relieve you of that potion. Not my shawl. Are there any fucking editors there? Just Not my fuck shawl. I just got, I got it out of my mother's closet. Grammar and spelling editors. It's They're, they're all hanging out. Wearing sashes and, and vests. It's oh, it all turned around. It all came into play, Eric. Yeah. They're wearing the postions. Anyway, um, and Wonder Woman. Wonder Woman number 46. I it actually, like so I was reading ago. that and I was like, wow, I actually had a little bit of, you yeah. know, backstory, but they actually showed the stuff happening when they were talking about what happened. Imagine that. That's, that's amazing. That so, um, I don't know why everyone's not affected by the, whole thing about the dark gods because the, the Steve Trevor's guys didn't seem to be and um, maybe maybe they don't believe in gods that's I don't what I was gonna say maybe that's what it is no but anyway it, it was it was they are odd I wasn't seeing the big twist at the end it's like wow okay well there's supergirl yeah emphasis on the fellows Aaron so that was I don't know what's going on. that was surprising and, and <laughs> I excited to see where this goes it's so, late so now. Wonder Woman a bit better than it has been Batman the Brave and the Bold number three, I was I was getting into. I was like, well, this is better. This is, you know, hey, I'm going. Number four. Yeah. It's like a lecture with. It was so tough. And I was so upset because I know some people in the Slack chat like it. And they were kind of saying, I think Simon was one of them, like, I, I hope you guys really like it. It might have been Andrew, too, but I hope you guys like this one. Whoever really you like Irish it. folks are out one there. One of them guys over there, he, you know, we're in the States, they call it, Eric. They're over there. Cross and, the uh, pond. <laughs> and uh, with that, I actually really was looking forward to reading so that. I. And once I started, I realized why I never look forward to it. And I love Liam Sharp, too, and he seems like such well, That's the thing, is guy. I actually said to you, I'm, that's a bit of a lie where I said I, like, you know, I was yeah. as well, where I, I wanted was. to be I, into the whole idea of the story, but... After we got done issue number three, I'm like, it's going to be more of this heavy, like, overwritten yeah, explanation it, of stuff. Even issue it's three boring. had that cliffhanger that I thought we'd get some action. Yeah, that's where I thought we were going. I thought we were going to get the action. The action. The evil eye. Gallery, I don't, I 
there's just so much stuff and now I don't know who's the, the king like, and what the king and who's above her. It's I it's know. like I I hope that people I don't even they they realize all the time. But boy, uh, my head was spinning. Even uh, that's why you you listen to me talk about that. I'll never bring up a name because I can't remember them. I get them all mixed up. I don't know who's the like king of pauper. I think it's like I'm I'm singing songs there. The kings to me are kind of like boxing champions. You've got the WBO heavyweight champ. You've got the IBF heavyweight champ. You've got the WBA heavyweight champ. And you've got the other NWB. You know, it's, you got the NWA. It's, I mean, NWA. How many kings? And this king was over that king. And then this king took in that king. And then the king and the king. I don't know. Are you playing checkers? Always with each other. I, I don't know. So always, who's going to win that, uh, you know, must-see Friday? We never know. We're not going to find out. Oh, I I don't – I'm confused and don't – yeah, they – it's not – yeah, I was – It's not great. The heart's good, but good. I'm getting – I don't know. I Hopefully he'll – I didn't expect this for issue four. It's I like how the CIA I, was once the OSS. CSI, I, Miami, C thing, Miami. Yow! I, I actually, I wish that they would have <laughs> Liam. Like I said, I said it before. I actually forgot where we're going for a second. I just realized. We're just naming shit. Uh, I wish they would have had somebody else with him writing this. Uh, and also, if he is going to write the next thing here, it, it's a weird deal because they are getting a book and they wanted Liam to do art. So you're going to let him do this because the art is always going to be incredible. But maybe if he wants to continue on as a writer, he has to get somebody to kind of go with him and let somebody else do the art and just focus on the writing and try to, you know, have to trust the artist to show things. It's odd that he's an artist, but he's writing this overly written i would think that an artist going to write would tend but then again he's just not a writer so maybe he's doing what you know a rookie writer would do uh i just wish that he would let his awesome art tell more of the story than just give heavy narration i don't know if it's gonna come around and make something but it it was a lot of a lot of it was very wordy and and i didn't enjoy it so i was i was disappointed in batman the brave and the bold number four i'm going to keep for the last i'm gonna get the last two issues but I mean, it's not, it's not, you know, as bad as White Knight where I just had to oh, drop it. Oh, son it's, of it's, a it's bitch. Bad. It's bad. And then this week, Batman. Yeah. So Batman only appears on two pages in the whole comic book. Two pages. Oh, is it two? I That's thought Batman, he had one. Damn it. It is fucking awesome. Great, great story. Um, some history telling week. in it. I mean, it's, Keep it's weird. Uh, we'll see you in Batman seven. only appeared in two pages and I cannot, the, the dialogue was spot on. Party's um, over. The character's said voice the girl. was really good. It was, of course, I'm talking about Batman sins of the father number four. Oh, okay. Um, like I said, Batman all appears come together, in, in a flashback scene and then at the, the very end of the, but it's a lot of Bruce Wayne and Floyd Lawton and it is, you know, a history lesson and it, and it gives you, you know, it's, it's this version of Deadshot and it is really, Interesting, well-paced, great dialogue. Of course, it's a uh, Christos Gage who, you know, like he, can, Chris, he can write in the book. And, uh, I do too. This Batman Sins of Father Number Four. Uh, if you haven't been reading Bruh. that series, don't you know? It's not. There's no good jumping on point. It's just start from the first. But yeah, I that's mean, good it's, jumping it's, on um, point. it's it's really yeah. good. So I'm and enjoying Batman Sins of Father. I think that's my <laughs> Batman shit. right now. And then there was Batman and Band Number um, Forty-Seven. Um, Forty-Seven indeed. Yeah. Batman appeared in two pages in that one too, and it it was it was bullshit, and the dialogue was bullshit, and Booster Gold looks like I like that he won't even make a joke about it. Usually, nope. he, he would string it on. It's bullshit. Like a retard. It is. Hard. 
Is that the way to say A fat man, you say? Retard. Retard. He's a retard. He is. Yes. Um, yeah. Yeah. It, it, I'm dropping it after 50. That's, I mean, I felt like I was, I felt like I was Boom. reading about Mr. Bloom and Robo Gordon. That's how bad it was. Oh, it was that was level of madness. Anyway, it was, uh, yeah, that was, that was, yeah, that was, I, I don't like it when people screw up the characters and guess mm. what? Tom King's doing that too. So Tom King's in the same book as Scott Snyder with me as oh, far as it no. comes to messing up characters. That is ultimate shit. Now. So there you go. And yeah, so and how you like them apples, reading, Jim? I'm not reading the fresh start. I don't, I don't Marvel know. fucked me enough in the past, oh and then with all the reboots they did, and the, I, I think the fresh start will last for maybe a year, maybe fresh six start. months. I don't know. Marvel cool. will reboot well, and it's all new like number ones on. again. I, I trust them even less than DC when it comes to that now. And the reason I dropped Marvel back in the day, back when I was a big Marvel fan, subscribing like I said to Hulk, Iron Man, they never and gave you the depth Captain of classes, America did back they? in the day when they did yeah, some kind of stupid reboot and fucked everything and I was like well uh, but after they they spent so many years ragging on DC about the reboot of uh, the crisis so they spent so many years oh, we restart all of our characters <laughs> we don't have to resort to cheap tactics like that and and then they went and fucked and then they just keep doing it over and over so there you go I'm not going to get into Marvel so they, uh, I love the movies. Don't care much for the comics, Marvel and uh, that's about canceled. all. So, yeah, I will keep dwindling until eventually. Um, maybe I won't have any DC comics, and you won't have to hear my jerk off voice ever again. And I know there's cheering going crazy no. about uh, all over the the people who are still listening. We haven't skipped ahead. <laughs> so anyway, that's about all I've got for this week. So, yeah, I wasn't really really too positive about any of my books except well, Wonder Woman. Like I said, Wonder Woman was better. Yeah. Batman Detective Comics wasn't absolutely horrible, but Yep. Reminded me of how much better things were before the new 52 came and fucked a bunch of characters, including Tim Drake, who got really fucked in the new yep. 52. And, but yeah, Hard. but Batman sends the father, even though it's out of continuity, it's really good. And, um, um, and Wonder Woman wasn't horrible, making me look forward to what is coming in that because nice. it Dark does Pantheon, feel baby. a lot more like Ruckus stuff, which I enjoy. So anyway, um, yeah, that's about all I've got for right now. So until next week. Let's see, you gotta turn off that spotlight, uh, power off that Patreon spotlight. Now remember everyone, you need to go to Patreon at patreon.com slash weird science. Patreon.com slash weird science. You will hear a plethora of cornucopia oh. of wonderful, wonderful shows featuring people like Eric Shea. And a postion of shows. Guy Kid Jimmy Alvin. Yeah. The Man Child Eric Lee. The Phantom Reviewer. The Cellar Dweller. We need him doing more Friday the 13th. There's lots more Friday the 13th. Oh, I agree. I was thinking of it earlier. The Cellar Dweller talking about this is just for the Cellar Dweller. Oh, you were thinking of it. Were you, Eric? Oh, my goodness. The game is over. Am I allowed to think of stuff that's going on on the Patreon? The game is over. Let's lift the veil. I think about you doing the new show all the time. Oh, do you? Yeah, you do. You're like, that sucker is probably doing a new show now while I'm laying in bed. Oh, Jim can't hear me. Uh-huh. I can't. And um, let's see. So, and of course, I didn't mention the star, the, the shining star of the Weird Science um, family, of the Weird Science uh, podcasting family Richard, or group. Richard, here. The, the, the driving force, the, the man behind the wheel, our fearless captain, 
Jim Warner. Lots of shows from Jim Warner, including the wonderful Sales Podcast, which oh. I'm not through yet. Still oh catching up on stuff. Oh, my God, kid, Jimmy and, uh, and How could you not get through that two and a half hours of nonsense? <laughs> it took so long. <laughs> and let's, That's when you're thinking of me. Look at that sucker. Let's just go on all those podcasts with, with people like Jim Warner. Ooh. And so that's the Patreon spotlight. Oh um, and speaking of that, you never know. Well, actually, I do know. It's every other Monday. Oh, yeah, it is. This Monday, I believe. It is this Monday. The guys from the Pop Culture Podcast will pop up and culture that ass. Yeah. Boom. Keep it weird well, and there. see you in seven. See you. See you on the seven. See you on the seven, Eric. Yeah, I have on all the, the pop culture. We have a lot of uh, <laughs> crazy. We have a lot of crazy uh, news stories. Still there, a lady? I don't know, including a lady who uh, had a very interesting dog that had some problems. That'll be on the Weird. pop culture podcast this coming up Monday. Ah, yes, Eric, but that is it with the so rant race. the pop culture podcast one? We have a story about a lady with an interesting dog, everyone. Stay tuned. <laughs> an interesting dog. But will you understand why she went for a walk? I don't know. <laughs> I don't know how to push things here, Eric. She has a very interesting quirk in the bedroom, Eric. Uh, but we're going to go off now to finish up the podcast. Now's the time to hear reviews and listen to what Jim will say. We'll find out if he thinks the books are good or bad or just okay. Now's the time to hear reviews and listen to what Jim will say. We're waiting to hear all Jim's scores. We I want to hear Eric Shea. No, I you always don't. do. You're correct. I don't. I don't want to hear you ever again. You lied ever. right to my ear holes. I did. But yeah, here we are. We're going to finish up this podcast, Eric. We have a, a one book left on the podcast. Uh, only we're, one. We're going out with the big stuff, right? We're going out in style, baby. It's one of your favorite books Best that you've ever. Best for last. Oh, my goodness. Everybody who's listened to this podcast more than once or twice hey, knows. You've been playing you, at home. You are a stinking liar. But before we go on, Eric, I'm going to make an exception because I got an email in while we were doing this break, and I am going to read it. And I don't care what you say. I am reading it, Eric, and it is from Ted May. What and am I going to say? Ted uh, recently just joined the Patreon. He says, hey, Jim. Thank you. Not Eric. No, he doesn't say anything to Eric. He says, oh, hey, Jim. I'm the, out. the thing is, th this was not meant for the podcast, but I liked it so much. Uh, I wanted to, uh, to put this here. Hi, Jim. I wanted, I signed up for the WS Patreon a few weeks ago. I got my money back. It's funny. I'm reading this as I'm walking up the stairs on my phone, and he says, I signed up for the WS Patreon a few weeks ago. I got my money back right off the bat. I'm like, oh, no. What happened? He heard us, and he quit. But he says, I got my money back right off the bat when you guys convinced me not to buy Immortal Men number one. Uh, Ted, you're welcome. Don't listen to Eric. You're welcome. Woo! Last week's show was particularly good. I had to listen to the bitter end to see if either of you guys ended up getting moited 
or possibly tickled, Eric. I figured it might be like a game of Clue, right? It was Mr. King in the conservatory with some nonsense. Anyway, I just wanted to drop a note saying how much I enjoyed the shows. I hope you were able to straighten out that toilet situation. It says, catch you later, Ted. So I really like that. I wanted to add that in, and thank you for joining thank up you, Ted. on the Patreon. That's awesome. And yeah, uh, every time I sit on that toilet, I expect something to go wrong because usually I'm not on the money with fixing things like that. I think I, I did it. I think I ended up. I, I'm waiting for okay. you to fall through the goddamn floor. That's what I'm waiting for. And that's what my family's waiting for. I think they've set that up. But in the meantime, we had the toilet go down. Now all of a sudden, and we sued it. I, I went down to make a coffee <laughs> during this break. And, and with that, I ended up going into the refrigerator. That's supposed to be broken, Eric. It's, it's broken. With the milk in there, grab it, ice cold. Putting in my coffee, and I'm like, I'm tasting the bitter taste of ice cold milk because we have the new refrigerator coming on Monday. In the meantime, on Monday, we also have to get the roof fixed because some of the slates were like the only people left with a slate roof. And some of the slates went wrong, so the guy came today, kind of checked that out. I mean, that's going to go on, and what I'm saying is I'm done, Eric. I, I don't know what th – this thing called life, it's expensive. Sure is. I, I don't know what's going on. Then there's my kids. They, they expect to get fed. We, we went food Bunch shopping today, uh, and really, with going food shopping when you're actually waiting for a new refrigerator is nonsense anyway. Yeah. But we're there, and there's Tanya, like, we, we need to get – everything she's picking out is something. Now, again, I understand that the fridge isn't really broken, but I, I don't need it thrown in my face. So she's like, we, we need eggs. I'm like, we're not getting eggs till Monday. You, you with this nonsense. You told me that the refrigerator was broke. You called work and made me order this thing, or she ordered it, but still, I'm not getting eggs. You're waiting till Monday. No eggs for you. Yeah, baby. And yeah. then she said, okay, take that, lady. And then she's like, okay, we need chips. I said, listen, you, I told the you. Yolk's the yolk's on you. I said, the refrigerator's broke. We ain't getting no chips. I mean, we're not getting that, Eric, because, uh, again, uh, um, my mom's British. She meant fries. I, I twisted it on you. No, she didn't. She I, I want to know what that means about a refrigerator, even with that. Hey, you got to use the freezer. You can't have refrigerated, you know, what are you going to do with the fries? You're not going to let them sit out? It's I am so. So you're going to buy French fries, uh -huh. frozen French fries, and let them sit in your Oh, counter. no, I'm just thinking about regular French fries. I got no, for some reason, see, they're already made. You. I'm not putting them away. No, you, you idiot. See, this is what happens. I don't I, buy frozen after, fruit. After 12, fruit. the fucking carriage, the carriage turns into a pumpkin, and you turn into a goddamn retard. That's what happens. <laughs> this is why we never record after 12. Now I remember. Uh, uh, you're the I'm one who bought a new fridge for no reason. I'm going to come over there and tell Who's the, the retard now? You. I'm going to tickle the hell. I am. I'm going to tickle the hell out of you. I remember it's funny, too, because it, there was a question of, is the refrigerator broken or are the kids not closing the door to the fridge? I said, well, let's go with this. They're not closing the door because every time I walk in, it's open. Oh, yeah, but everything's warm in there. Yeah, that's kind of what happens when the door's open. I don't know if you realize this. Baby. That's when I end everything with baby. She, Since she when? doesn't like that. Since now. What's up, Since, babe? Since 12. Oh, don't say that. That's what she calls the cats. I hear her going around talking to those cats as if they're, you know, the loves of her life. And then she's like, oh, oh, what's the matter, babe? You're mad at me? I look, and the cat's just sitting there like a cat. It, what is it doing? It's just sitting there. Oh, my. What did I do, babe? So I mean, the answer I, is yes, the cat is mad and, at you. And then I come in, and I'm like, hey, uh, you know, I, I got you lunch. What? I didn't want this fucking shit. And then, and then she's trying to convince me that this cat eats broccoli. I, I see the cat sitting there looking at this broccoli like, what the fuck is this? It's like me with broccoli. I sit and I go, I know what you're talking about, babe. 
That's what I say, Eric. That's that. Let's get on with this podcast. Let's finish it up, Eric. Where are the, you got the pills then? You of course got I got the pills, pills man. I need, here, I need the pills. Daddy needs maybe, a quick pick-me-up. Daddy needs a pick-me-up, indeed. So I'm going to give us a little pick-me-up. I got two pick-me-ups. Here we go. That is number one, Eric. Now it's time to dance. All right. Here we go, Eric. We're going to go to the stretch run. We have one book left, and it is a book that we have not like. i got to yell over the song now. This is Batwoman's. I wait till the song ends, Eric. I'm not in a good mood. Here we go. We're going to talk about a book that we have uh, wondered why it continues. And in the meantime, I lose my mind and argue with Isaac on the site every time Dan reviews it. And this time I said, I, I actually backed off. I, I thought that I was getting to be more of a, uh, you know, nice try guy. A hater, uh, not so, an appreciator. Yeah, I'm a hater when I should be an educator. But here we go. I'm going to educate Tony, you, Eric. Bat- I found myself saying I'm a hater when I don't care enough to hate. Oh, you're a hater, not an entertainer. Oh. I'll have what she's having there on the menu. Batwoman number 15, written by Marguerite Benet, art by Fernando Blanco, John Rausch, and D. Ron Bennett. Eric, listen now to what I'm going to spin you a yarn that I think that you are going to say to yourself. You'll never admit it on the podcast, but you'll say, you know what? Jim is so on with this blurb that we may not even have to talk about this book. We could just end the podcast. I, oh, my God. Is that, that. is that a possibility? Holy it shit. It is a Do possibility. It. Listen to this. This book stinks. There you go. The end now. It's time for Batwoman again. I know Isaac loves this book. I'm giving a shout out, but I am not a fan of the series or this issue. This month, Kate has to fight the bats her sister let loose in Gotham. And the simple solution was pretty lame. But the overabundance of narration to tell the story is what drove me the most nuts. It all looked great, but even the art layout seems to be fighting against the story itself. And in the end, I just have a hard time caring. If rumors are correct, this week's solicits will announce the series ending. And there are a couple people who won't be complaining about that. And I would say it is one Eric Shea, Jim Werner, and Dan. I'm not going to release his name. Dan. And here we go. We're going to talk about this book, and really there's not a lot to talk about. Uh, you get some nonsense. You get a lot of art. But really the whole thing boils down to these bats were released. You're going to have this plague in Gotham. It's so overly explained and so heavy-handed with what's going on that I don't even know really. It, it ends up too much. It wraps around to make me feel like an idiot because really you have this book. It's a superhero book, and at this point you get – Bats that have a disease that are going to bite one person and go on. We get the idea. I'm not even of bite. We, That's the thing yeah, is, half the time it seems shit. like this is airborne from anywhere. Like a, yeah. some, their bats are flying by. A lady's inside of her apartment just listening to music, whatnot, and you see this green mist come down through the fireplace. But, but Eric, we see liquid gas and heat and prion attached. Prion from the uh, mo- uh, microverse. That's what it says. It says prion. Oh, I know. I'm looking at these bubbles here. I don't know I what that know. means. I know and it's some kind of scientific thing. That's like the thing. whole thing that it looks like it's like the attachment of the disease spores that go down into a fireplace. You got somebody hugging and now they're sick. One guy's feeling the back of his neck. You got a dog. You got the birds and the bats and the bees. But, but really what this is – but really like I have – we have a superhero book. We have, we have Kate. We have Batwoman. I want to see some Batwoman and now we're going to be told – this nonsense about bats and this thing, and I get the symbolism. It's not clever. It's not fun. It's not even good. It's boring as hell. And, and really, I said a lot of times that the, the, the biggest sin of a superhero book 
is is boring. There's no reason. You are in a world where you could do whatever you want, and this is what you're going to give us? And then with that, it, you know, you have Kate there and like, oh, man, Tuxedo One, sorry that I wasn't paying attention to you too much, but you're up there. But and, I oh love my God, you, baby. You know, yeah, I love you, baby, and, you know, I really want to help my sister here, but all these bats, so what we should do is I don't know if this makes sense or all. And this, I know this is a superhero book where you do some crazy stuff, but instead of any of that – Let's just fly around and shoot off a sonic deal that the bats will follow. Well, even we'll we get to, to that explode. whole thing where these bats are the, like these plague bringers and whatnot to be unleashed on Gotham City. But we need an antidote to this whole thing. But it turns out that Batwoman is a typhoid Mary. She's a carrier and she's immune to this whole plague. Yeah. So I guess we can get everything we need from her. But the idea to me is ever since we've been in you know Scarecrow's lab where this happened, shouldn't she be giving people this you know this disease, this plague? Yeah. I don't know. I don't know. And then we're, you know, we get the whole, hey, sorry about that last year and the last year. I'm like, say sorry to this us. This last year should have been the last year. Am I right? Yeah, really. Am I right? And then you just have jets flying around Gotham. Which is weird, too, because it starts out with, you know, we have Batwoman telling this to Joy about her being the carrier and her being immune and whatnot. She jumps off a building, has a bat jetpack, which is cool as hell, and then somehow yeah. we're inside of a giant airship the airship konos or Kanos, and then a smaller jet flies out of that which batwoman's in so yeah. we jumped then we, off jetpack and then we just have that. a sh- airship with a smaller ship coming out of the airship with the ultrasonic sound to lead all the bats to them we got you know julia uh, tuxedo one leaving she goes out in her own little ship outside of her yeah. airship so that batwoman <laughs> can go and fly through their airship with her smaller ship and she keep all the bats inside and blow up the airship sequoia yeah. And when we do that, happens. I have no idea because it seems that this small ship somehow fits in the airship nicely and the interior yeah. to the airship is all pink and I'm confused as shit as what the fuck yeah, I'm looking I, at. I don't know what's going on. And then as this happens and you have all this stuff going on and they do blow up the bats. I mean, really, it's kind of goofy to even think that that's every one, but it seems to spell that out. And then you have Alice. Oh, my goodness. Where am I? Oh, I'm sorry. Oh, my goodness gracious. And the then, Batman's. Oh, yeah, and I'm telling you, we're done. Because then they're like, oh my god, what's that bat? It's the Batmans who's come in. And you have next issue, Batman versus Batman. Well, number one, how about this Batman? Show up an issue before and help stop this nonsense. And just, just whatever. And the thing is, and, in this, I have no idea where this sh- takes place. Because as Batwoman's trying to find the, like, the idea of how she's going to stop all this going on, she's being talked to by you know Red Alice about, hey, you're going to do me like you did Clayface? And I'm yeah. like, is this – okay, so this, this is after this, but where we yeah, are yeah. right now in Detective Comics, Batwoman's kind of a pariah, and we found out that this happened a year ago where we started this whole yeah. hunt for the monster, like, you know, Venom. So what is going on with the continuity I where – this is – I'm saying that I don't even care what the con- – it's after what we're getting in Detective, I guess. Uh, but really – it doesn't jive. Like you said, it's just this weird tie-in with that. But even so – do me like I you just, did the clay I faces. Said, I just said I, I don't even care. It's just – and also you, you have this idea where you do have this continuity and stuff like that. And it's just weird for when she says that. And yeah, it could tie in even to the New 52 end where you know we had Clayface, Kate, and Alice as a team. And the, But even so, it, nothing's interesting to me. And I know, I, like I said, I don't know if Isaac listens to the podcast. I doubt he would because he likes Batwoman. And, and Dan on the site just you know does not like it. Uh, uh, we had a progression that we were kind of – 
liking the book a little more. I never say that I loved it or even thought it was good, but I was starting to like it a little more. But then you get this issue and it's nothing. I mean, it looks nice, like I said, but even that, you have that part where you got confused, but you have these big panels and nothing. And really at the end, nothing really happens. The only thing that happens is they use a sonic device to draw these bats into a, you know, in a, a ship into another ship, blow it up, and boom, done. And then Batman shows up. Oh, you you got some problems. Oh, no. And that's it. And it's just – it's not even infuriating. It's just boring, and I, I hate talking about it. I hate reading it because I know that I'm just not interested. And maybe this is another one of these books that if it doesn't get canceled soon, we'll just stop talking about because I don't know that anybody's that interested in this book except Isaac, and he would not like what we say anyway. So – and that's the whole rumor is it is ending in 18, which would come out in the solicits that come out this week because that would be August's issue. We'll see. We'll see if that's the final issue. But when this is said and done, like I was arguing with him and then finally just said, I respect that you like it. I don't want to shit on it because uh, you like it. But I don't know what you take from this. Like you have now, you'd have 18 issues. And what are you going to leave with like, oh, man, I really like that run. Oh, really? You like that run of the, in Rebirth? What was it about? What are you going to say? Oh, they fuck with Kate. It was the War oh, of the goodness. Immortals. Yeah, yeah, really. It's the it's the war of nonsense, and it's just it's nothing, and I I just don't like it. Uh, well, I'm telling do, you, we're done. Do you remember remember Anything Bat? Else? Do you remember Batwoman Rebirth when she was a plague carrying monster? Yeah, that was terrible. Yeah, and You're even right. that was just the end. You remember they had that lost year, and then she got the well, the fox is sick because of the coral. You remember that? You remember I, that? I, I'm awesome talking about now superhero storylines. I'm saying I'm trying to think of what else went on. Remember when they were they, they were in they, they were in uh you know the needles dreams. But then somehow they interacted with the needle himself outside oh, the needle, of the, the dreams of the scarecrow, beer, just so you know. and and then they had the needle get upset in the dreams, but he wasn't in them. And oh, then the lost knife. year, and, huh, a lost fucking you know. It's a honey I don't know. I don't know where she at right now. I don't recall what, what happened to Tahani. Yeah, I think she did. Yeah, okay. I'm, just, I'm so just, not interested in this I'll story where I read this whole goddamn yeah. thing. I want to have something just, that I just, can really grab a hold of. Just remember that we, we try to research things and take pride in knowing some stuff. I don't know, and I don't want to know. I don't want something important to get pushed out of my head. I'm a feeble, stupid man. I do not need <laughs> something important. Next thing I remember that Tahani got killed, I don't remember my oldest son's name. Who's that? I, I don't know because now I told you that – no, it's Alex. See, I, I'm not going to do anything with this book. I'm backing off. I'm done. But we'll talk about it in the next couple issues. I just this is one of those that when, when it's announced that it's over, I will sigh uh, or, you know, a big uh, sigh of relief is what I will do because it's just nothing. And I'm done. Well, what did you give it? I think I'll give this issue a five point one out of ten. Yeah, I'm giving it a four. Uh, I did like the art, but like I said, I don't think the art helps the story either. And again, I, we didn't even go that much into it. If you're reading this and like it, then, you, you know, I apologize. But this book is all narration. You have every – I'm looking at it right now. I'm going through, and when – unless Kate is talking to Penny One, really – Tuxedo uh, 99, One. Or, yeah, it, yeah, Tuxedo One. 99% of the rest of it is just narration you know, blocks and, uh, you know, hey, we're doing – it's just ridiculous. So I'm done. But, yeah, I'll give it a four and go on from there. But that's it. What is your book of the week? Here? My book of the week is Green Lanterns number 47. Yeah, I don't remember what mine was. Good. <laughs> I really don't. I'm going to say that as well. 
Green Lanterns number 47 with a bullet, I'll say. Uh, we haven't done this podcast like this, and it was a long time ago. I also want to say that uh, having doing the podcast all at once in one night, like we're doing this for the first time in a long time, I realized that the, the devil's hand of that is if one of us gets upset at the beginning – it kind of continues throughout the podcast. Well, when we do, yeah, really, when I'm looking at you, uh, when we do other days, there's always going to be like, oh, then we come back from mail and all of a sudden Eric is happy. And you're like, oh, my God, the guy's never happy. This is a nice deal. Uh, but, yeah, that that is the devil's hand that we're playing doing this. I don't think that we're going to do this many times, though. No. It does take a long time. But here's what we're going to talk about next week, Eric. We have Batgirl number 23, Batman Beyond number 20, Detective Comics number 981, James Tynan's final issue on the series. We'll see how that wraps up. First and victim. see if we find out who the first victim is. Hal Jordan, the Green Lantern uh, Corps number 45, Justice League, no justice number three. We have Mara, Queen of Atlantis number four. Uh, down the deal, Suicide Squad number 42, The Flash number 47, The Hellblazer number 22, The Silencer number five, The Shh. Terrifics number four. And Wonder Woman number 47. I do want to point out that if DC's listening, uh, I don't know why they'd be listening this long and probably they'd be infuriated with us if they did. Don't name all your books with the at the beginning. We were talking about that with podcasts where you say the and then somebody, you, you know, you're going to try to find Hellblazer number 22 and you're going to be looking in the H's and it's under the T's, Eric. You don't need to do that. Don't do it. Don't call it – just call it Hellblazer, Silencer. Ter- I guess the Terrifics maybe. I don't know. I don't know, Eric. I just don't like seeing all those thes there. But they really it. trigger that's you. It. They do. Uh, but I will mention that two of those books will be Patreon exclusive picked by the badasses of the Get Fresh crew. Ooh, ooh. And if you want to listen to that or even be a badass, go over to our Patreon account at patreon.com slash weird science. You'll get the Patreon exclusive uh, spotlights, all the other shows that we've mentioned a million times before. So I won't bore you with those details, but also one, at least one of those will also be on the regular spotlight that comes out Thursday as well. But that's it, Eric. That is it. I'm not going to start talking about Transformers or anything. I'm getting tired, but that is it. What do we say at the end? Everyone have a great week. Keep it weird, and we'll see you in seven. Seven. Seven.